Talk Brunch, served hot. Talk Brunch, hi. Happy 420, everybody, for those that are still in the time zone for it. Episode 571, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, with co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. This episode of Talk Brunch was brought to you by the Munchies. The Munchies, you know you got them, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're a challenging thing to overcome. You know, Ain't that a make, bitch, though? <laughs> just make sure that you get that tax return spread, you know? <laughs> make sure you get the good shit. Oh, my God. I don't know if that was supposed to go where my brain took it, but it did. So here we are. Probably it was. Tonight, <laughs> tonight we get to talk more about CM Punk. More about CM Punk. Rumors regarding CM Punk. People who are angry at CM Punk. People who are happy with CM Punk. People defending CM Punk. As well as other stuff in the world of wrestling. As well as the weeklies. Rhea Ripley makes a mark take a quick L with a one shot. Johnny Morrison's boxing debut. Some retirements, some injuries, some returns, all things in the world of wrestling. I am so happy that we have a VOD-based demographic that will catch this on demand, because I know we are late. I did not want to do this on a Friday. I don't care. You guys will catch it on demand, whoever's in bed or ready for work the following day. So shout out to all of that, those people. Because I know we always get those messages. Hey, guys, record the replay and so on and so forth. So hopefully it is a fun episode. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about NXT because this upcoming week is their, uh, what's it called? Spring Breaking? Yep, spring Breaking. Terrible name. Terrible name. And it's just a two- <sighs> It's just a Tuesday show as well. Don't become like Tony Khan. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have they, they, they done this in, like, mid-December and then called it, like, Party in the Panama or some kind of shit. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. Give it time. I'm sure that's where we're headed. <laughs> no, they have bosses there, not just a friend with money. No. <laughs> a boss friend with money. <laughs> that's what he is. He's your boss friend. It's boss friend. Time. Yeah, but Khan's been good lately. Somebody must have told him. It's just been like, hey, man, you know, you're spending way too much time in the spotlight. What's up, Quest? Will there be a, a pop locking match on spring break and no you gotta need, you gotta drop the all G, I'm man. Quest, you all I'm saying quest, you know where we live. You get a couple brothers out there and it's a rap. No <laughs> Yeah, you gotta drop that G though. It's spring breaking. Right. <laughs> like the movie breaking, right? <laughs> you know I stumbled past that movie the other day. Holy shit. It is like breaking, but it is spring breaking. They don't have a G. You got to remember they're trying to be uh, all inclusive, and in order to be all inclusive, every now and then you got to exclude a G. Am I right? I'm so mad how right that is. It's the reality. You want to be all inclusive, you drop the <laughs> G every now and then. If you want to be all exclusive, you you <laughs> you carry the N. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or the R for that matter. Don't do oh, that. Oh God! Don't do that. Don't do that. People are gonna be like, "I don't get that joke. I can't spell." Anyway. That ass whooping has no responsibility to me. Like you have to deal with it. Yeah, right. I think it's almost. Oh, I think it's almost worth there being words that we're not allowed to say that we can only say the le- the first letter of, just so that when people do say it, 
like there's always these drastic ramifications the ramification is almost better than the sin of the word right right (laughs) you said what i don't even care about the explosion i want to see the shockwave after your life is over now you forfeit your life sir you are fucked Mm -hmm. a word that we can say is universal for everyone anyway i don't know where we should go you know what let's talk about punk let's just start with punk yeah, let's get Phil's bullshit out of the way quick. So basically, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast was saying that AEW Collision, the Saturday show, is going to be premiering June as a two-hour show from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're going to make the announcement next month. It's going to be June 17th in Chicago. Very special place to start a show like that. Chicago's big wrestling city, home of a lot of big wrestlers, too of a lot of annoying ones as well um and they said that uh it's gonna be on saturdays from now on and uh it might be preempted some days according to him i would imagine it's gonna be preempted a lot you know why because it's on saturday saturday evening one of the worst times only only time i can think of worse than saturday would be friday and rampage Uh, already got that covered so yeah they should do one like at sunday at three in the morning you know, just cover every single shitty time slot that you could think of. Then ECW have a time slot like that before. It's like they want to be everywhere wrestling isn't. Ugh. How do they have worse time slots than us? I don't know. It's impossible, right? It's so crazy. I don't, I don't understand. But then again, I guess it's because we at least consider everybody who would be listening and or viewing if you're live or on Twitch where they're just like, what? Night is they're not wrestling Saturday. Let's fucking do it. That's what people do. The kids are home on Saturdays, right? Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker, this isn't a pandemic. Like we are outside on Saturday. So I wanted to take a minute and address the kick thing because I know obviously it's not really the elephant in the room. We brought it up like a couple of weeks ago. I know a lot of you guys don't watch the game streams throughout the week where I've talked about it a little bit more on there, but I figured now was a good opportunity to address the kick thing because people were asking us, "Hey, Rick, are you guys going to kick?" You know, you, we know you're from Mixer, you're from MixLR, and you're on a lot of platforms. Would you go to the Kick platform? What is your opinion of it versus Twitch as a live platform? What's your opinion of the creators? I believe they get 90% of the cut, 10% of the cut goes to Kick as opposed to here, where it's, what is it? Is it 50 50 here still? 60 40? I don't know, whatever it is, people. Something like that. It, it's, some, it's close to even, if not even. To be clear, when they talk about that, for anyone that's not in the streaming business, they're not talking about like sponsorships. They're not talking about like if you have any kind of Twitch contracts. Uh, they're talking specifically about subs, the subscriptions when someone subs to you. That is the split that they're talking about. All of the other splits are, are like between you and Twitch. Uh, now, that being said, in the case of kick.com, it's in beta. Here, there's a number one issue it's in beta. That does, is there anything wrong with it being in beta? No. But as a result of it being in beta, there's a lot of things that will make that platform inconvenient, not to me, but to my community. And I told you guys before that I'm a community-driven person when it comes to my content. Whenever we've moved platforms or done something else, the first question I always ask is, how does it affect the community positively? In what ways does it convenience them? And unfortunately, the answer right now is that it doesn't it conveniences me 
if I was a dopamine addict, because a lot of people who are having a hard time on Twitch are going over there and they're getting that dopamine fix from getting the same follows and watching the numbers rise that they initially got on Twitch. Is it more convenient for the creator? I mean, for the for the uh, community? No. I mean, a lot of people in communities are too nice to say it, but there's nobody out here who's thinking, man, I really hope that another service comes out for me to have to sign up and give my information to click a verification <laughs> email and then learn all of the shit all over again. Have you thought about that? Like in all your time of being involved in content, have you ever hoped to go through that process so even if someone says it doesn't bother them it certainly isn't like the highlight of their day and i love our community and you know that i don't see another platform as a solution i just see it as an excuse like obviously if we took like a mid carter from wwe and we put them in gcw they would be a big star that's because of the fact that gcw obviously is a lesser known less popular platform so there are still a small fish but they're in a fish bowl now instead of a fish tank. I'd rather be a tiny freaking goldfish in the ocean than like a large fish in a small bowl. Because regardless of the fact that there's larger predators out there, there's also more room to move. You know what I mean? And that's sort of the way that I look at it. You know, that doesn't mean I wouldn't say for people to try it. It's not for everyone, though. But it's like I have I always put my community first. And it's it's like. I've always said to you guys, we're not our platform. Whatever platforms we're available on doesn't define who we are or any of that. And uh, I'm not really looking to go somewhere else and then explain to everybody else how awesome it is, but not be able to explain why it's awesome or what makes it awesome or what makes it better for them. You know, I don't need momentary. I told you guys before, I'm not I'm not a dopamine guy. I don't give a shit about those momentary. Oh, look, we got a thing. Oh, look, there's another thing. It's good for the community, but I'm not someone looking for superficial. And right now, I feel like anything that's smaller is going to be superficial for a while. You know, it's just making people look desperate in some cases. Again, this doesn't apply to everybody, but it's like in a lot of situations, like if streaming doesn't work, it's not the fucking platform, because no matter what platform you're on, you're on a platform. <laughs> you know it's like it doesn't really change too much if wwe was to move from the usa network back to spike tv next week we wouldn't be affected by a change in programming it would still be raw you guys probably wouldn't be able to tell me specifically the episodes that were on spike versus the usa network because the change of the of the network shouldn't mean anything when it's strong content when the ufc went from being on freaking uh fox sports to being on espn you guys didn't notice a difference in quality or a change because that's how something that's strong should present itself if it moves it should be something that feels seamless for everybody involved whenever something that we've watched or supported has changed networks it's felt seamless all you got to do is flip to a different number channel and to me that's essentially the responsible way to hold the community i want you guys to uh try to move everybody it has to feel seamless not all oh, well this isn't working now hopefully they feel, oh like like you couldn't even so much as as ban words over there before like they did a patch note recently where it was like patch can now ban banned words oh well, good. <laughs> Let's be fucking anarchy before that match. Good, 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 man. You know, really, really good. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, did an update to this nine millimeter gun now fires. Excellent. I really was uncomfortable <laughs> when it wasn't. You know, I really didn't feel comfortable having this gun on me before you guys fixed the whole bug, quote unquote bug, where I couldn't shoot. I was worried about that. Glad I got addressed. That's sort of how I'm like. It's still going through growing. And I know a lot of people saying get in there while it's early before everybody else does. If your content's good enough, you shouldn't have to do the early bird gets the worm fucking thing. I'm not saying mine is. I'm not saying anybody's is. But I'm just saying that me going there wouldn't make it better or worse. So. And not for nothing with a brand new 
platform, that logic is a little bit too dangerous because, like, we've done stuff where, like, we've been there in, like, the early days. Like, we talk about sometimes on stream, PUBG, we were there for the early days. Remember how hectic that year was? Some of us don't want to go through that again. Yeah. And it's, it's not like Twitch is dying, unlike some people always like to say, just because they don't like it over here. Like, things are like, things are just another day in the neighborhood for us here. Like, there's no reason to just be like, ooh, new platform, jump. Like, no. You don't know how many people I have heard say, oh, this is this has reinvigorated me. It's brought me to life. It's resurrected my passion. Oh, but, I can only imagine that. <laughs> but the question becomes, Why? What specifically, and no one likes to have to answer or be asked that question, but what specifically, besides your your stream key that you had to enter in, changed anything? I've never felt like a like a neuron connection with the platform I'm on to that level. You know, where it's like I can feel the difference in the platform. Like it's still the same mic, still the same place, still the same everything. And again, I'm not trying to bear it, but I'm just saying if there was a reason or an advantage. When we there was a point where we moved to Mixer and the advantage to moving to Mixer was the fact that they had low latency. Practically zero latency. So you guys would be in sync if we did game shows or if we did trivia, everyone's answers and reactions was within the real time. It was an advantage to everybody. So there was a justification there. Normally the first question I ask before I move platforms or try another platform is what is the advantage going to be? If someone tells me, well, because it's smaller, you'll grow faster. Think about what a contradiction in terminology that is. Let's take these words now. And unfortunately, I hate having to do this in this new world. But let's put them all together and see if they can possibly exist in the same sentence. Because it's smaller, you'll grow more and faster. Do you know any other aspect of life where something can be smaller and as a result, you grow more and faster? The only thing I've ever experienced in my life where something's smaller and it does something faster is hit the wall and stop. <laughs> and what is that? Is this a fucking riddle? No, I'm just like, it's, I'm just saying like, you, like, you put anything that grows in like a smaller space, it's going to hit the wall a lot quicker and it's just going to stop expanding. Like, yeah. I like, mean, those yeah. like shrinky things, any of those things you put in a small space, what, what happens? What? Boom. Like if somebody wears little shoes, don't their feet stop growing or something? Or if they tie their feet or something, you could stop somebody's feet from growing? Or like, aren't there certain oh, yeah, animals? I think, oh, yeah, I think they do across the pond, yeah. And, are, and aren't there certain animals that if you put them in a certain container, they will only grow to the size that fits what they're in? That's like part of nature. Yeah, right? I think that's, um, interestingly enough, like, uh, I can't remember, I don't know why this fact popped into my head. That's why you never see great white sharks in aquariums. They, they it, That environment's too small for them to grow. Right. Some environments might be too small for you to grow. You'll seem bigger because everything around is smaller, but you're smaller too. You're just bigger and relative to the size yeah. of the thing you're in. So that's not really Reality, growing. You actually have to struggle more in the smaller space. That's not really growing. That's, that's actually shrinking, but it's an illusion. I don't want to do something like that. You know, like, hey, thanks for the follow, Willie. Again, on a different platform. The same thing <laughs> from the last platform. And over here on this platform, our numbers are going up, guys. Same Willie fucking V3, people. This time it's personal. No. Same, same fucking numbers. Same numbers, but we're on another platform. So I'm going to count it again with the same level of enthusiasm. We are growing, guys. We get may fight in the shade for a third time. We're growers. Look at us. I'm going to take our pants off. We're growers. It may not be the same dick every time, but we're growers either way. <laughs> not going to do that. Not going to do that. I'm sorry. It's just not my thing. Not See, I tried time. to avoid that part. I was like, 
There has to be incentive. The incentive can't oh. be that I feel better. A blowjob will make me feel better. Candy will make me feel better. A nice warm summer breeze will make me feel better. This isn't about feeling better. It's progression. <laughs> so, you know, for anyone who's wondering, I'm not giving up on the platform, but I'm saying when it's at an early phase, I'm not going to herd my community over there and be like, all right, guys, here you are. Simp for me softly. Like, no, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I've been seeing it because all over I recommend it when we're on YouTube or any other platform. Uh, you know, there's things about why this platform's good, what this platform do. I'm sure it will be over time. But for us, it doesn't make sense. I get DM'd about it. People have been like, let me guess, you're going to kick. Let me guess you're doing this. It's kind of like, again, is it lucrative for you guys? If I can't come to you guys and say, hey, here are the features that you're going to have in the chat room that is going to make your experience better, then what am I doing? I'm going to ultimately be stroking my own ego. You know, we've talked about this in the back for those of you that are in the lounge. And like any other platform, we've been analyzing it from the beginning. That's not the only platform that's manifested itself. That's just one of the ones that's gotten attention. We're the biggest practitioners of keeping an eye on these things. But it doesn't seem like something. It seems self-serving. That's the best way to put it. It just seems a little bit self-serving. Uh that, uh, that there's a community out there. There's so many communities. There's a, I don't want to say community. There's a demographic out there that's just saying that going onto that platform makes them feel better, but can't explain statistically, logistically why, what it is about it. Why do they feel better? You know, to me, I always feel better when I don't really feel any different, no matter what platform I'm on. That's a sign that we're doing our own thing and we're doing it correctly. You know, that being said, if there was if it wasn't in beta anymore and it did provide the same features to you in the chat room that, it, that that this provides. And if there was a reason to go there, as you guys know, having been in this since 2014, we wouldn't hesitate. It's not the first time that we've moved, but I'm not going to do it just for me as the creator. I've always put myself last and Destin will tell you that we don't we don't get to both entertain you guys and feel shitty at the same time and i know that's not it sounds unfair it sounds a little rough but so is life you know we don't get to be on both sides of the spectrum i can't both simultaneously be on here providing you guys with content and entertaining you and at the same time feel shitty or be shitty or am shitty no shit <laughs> you know what i mean overall <laughs> That, and I've told you guys this before, but Destin's come on here. He's lost people in his life. And on the same episode, he's come on here and he's entertained. I've lost people. You know, I've been sick to my stomach. There was a time that I had like a flu so bad I should have been in the emergency room. I came on here and none of you would have ever known that I was sick. I didn't show it. I didn't sell it. You know, there's been many a time that I've come on. You guys have heard me come on here with no voice. Have not one time in the entire four hour broadcast of me having no voice that I go, I got no voice. It was obvious that I didn't. But I didn't let you guys bear the burden of that. That being said, I can't let you bear the burdens of the growth of a smaller platform while I hear people tell me, oh, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. The app doesn't work on my phone. It's giving me this issue. I got disconnected. We got disconnected. You can't hear me. Just like so I feel good every now and then when the follow button in the double digits goes off another time. That is not us. That has never been us. That will not be us. So when I mentioned this platform and I said we were thinking of trying it, of course, we're thinking of trying it. Not in the beta, though. Oh, no. And like I said before, the majority of our community as being a podcast originally, we have a good amount of people that are fine with VODs. So I'm not really looking at the live numbers or really at anything for that matter live, because like I said, Talk Brunch is taped in front of a live chat room audience. It's to become a podcast. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I know I've been asked a lot, too, too much. You've been here. I've been asked too much over the week about what we're going to do with Kick. And like I said, I'm not here to feel good. 
I'm not here for you guys to make me feel good. That this is this is a backwards world we live in where the host and the person providing the content is waiting for the community or for the platform to make him feel good. You think WWE waits for the USA network to make them feel good? <laughs> it's a fucking network. Uh-huh. You know, that's just not how this works. That's that's like reverse psychology. Not even worse. I can't say reverse. It's backward psychology. So for me, that doesn't work. I'm perfectly fine where I am. And when there's lucrative reasons for you guys to be there and for it to work for everybody, not just me, then we'll do it. I'm not going to give you that give it time shit and that soon they'll have. No. Why should you have to wait if there are platforms that have it? You know? Because I'm having relevancy issues? I don't think so. Anyway, I figured I'd address that early because people keep asking me, and I addressed it on other streams, but I guess because it comes up randomly in the middle, we keep getting asked about it by you guys and keep getting DM'd about it. So it's kind of like, all right, now we'll address it in the stream that we know that's the most listened to so that there's no question about it. No, we're not giving up the idea of trying another platform, but it's not going to be at the expense of it being even 1% more inconvenient for you guys. I don't need to feel good. I'm going to come on here if the world's ending. You know what they say? I was reading a book recently by Mark Manon, I believe is the guy's name. We'll talk about them over another time. But one of the most interesting things, and I'm paraphrasing here, but is that it takes just as much. There's a lot of people in this world that will go on social media. And, you know, we've talked about it here before. People go on social media and on their Instagram accounts and everything. And you, they always tell you that you see them having the perfect life. They're never real with you. You know, they say you always see people with their best pictures and their best filters or the stuff they're doing with their friends and family. Like we live in a world that's basically designed to show you the best and the worst of people, but never just the, the, the generic, the, the, the middle, you know. And as a result, a lot of people get a false impression of what life is supposed to be like, and they really expect their life to be filled with all of these highs and lows, when really the mediocrity that we consider life is essentially the core of what is the most important things in life. You know, spending time with friends and loved ones and things that seem generic. It was it was implied that maybe these things feel generic because they are the most important things. Not the other way around. You know what I mean? And uh, but what I was getting to with this was that it was also pointed out. And I've said this before. We've always talked about the quote. It's, it's a Manson quote where it says a person's worth isn't measured by how much people love them, but by how much people hate them as well. You know, energy is energy, which I 100 percent wholeheartedly agree with that being said it it was it was said that it takes just as much energy and effort to sustain the facade of you being a person with a perfect life and that everything's going well as it takes to sustain the facade that everything's going bad and that you're a victim and that you're in trouble and that life's just being really hard right now it takes just as much energy energy on that other side of the spectrum whether you're on here going oh i'm great and i'm happy and life's perfect and look at my perfect pictures or you're on here going oh man just another thing it just feels like life won't give me a break and everything no matter which one of those things you're you're outputting the same level of energy it's the same kamehameha you're just aiming it at a different mountain you understand what I'm saying? So that as a result yeah, of that, it's like I want to it's like I kind of feel like a community leader. Not that I consider myself a leader because I've always said it's our community. But as I guess the representative, you want to show like a strong, a, a strong front at all times. I don't want to lean towards, oh, you know, we're great and everything. Because, no, we're human. I'm just not going to come on here and bitch to you guys. But I'm also not going to say, ah, oh, everything's uh, everything's wrong or everything's wonderful. Nothing like that, you know. And like, again, I feel like jumping platforms based on how I feel doesn't work. Not for me. Anyway, anything you want to add to that before we move on to some sort of a wrestling news so we can stop being asked about this damn thing? We ain't going nowhere! No. 
<laughs> I had to Eddie Kingston at the end of fun battle. We didn't talk about it, but that was my favorite thing. I swear to God, I don't care what event it is. I need Eddie Kingston to just show up in like the last minute and a half. This motherfucker said, I got 25 seconds. I ain't going no fucking way. They just left. What I've come to realize is that one more thing about the kick, then we'll move on, is that a lot of people are going there to make them feel better from, I guess, feeling, I guess, rejected from Twitch in some way. And what winds up happening is a lot of them ultimately just get a delayed sense of rejection. And what I mean by this is let's just say I'm making hypothetical because if I don't, everybody's going to think it's about them. Let's say you have 8000 followers on Twitch. Right. And then you go to um, kick because you feel I don't know, dejected, or you, you, you're in a, ru- a rut, or whatever the case may be. And on there, you get 2,000 followers. And that's it. You kind of throttle out there, and you stop getting followers. So you, your value was now, based on Twitch's um, math, it's a fourth of the value of what it was before. I seen a streamer, we don't mention any names, but they put out a tweet where they were like, Let's see how fast we can get to 85 or some shit like that. Like they were opening the account and they were like, let's see how fast we can get to 85. And I read the tweet out loud to say, I was like, can you believe it? And then she was like, why would they say that? The, the point, and, and um, spoiler alert, they, they, they didn't get to 18, let alone 85. But the point is that I think sometimes people aren't self-aware because like she said, why would you say that? Like, I would never just assume, let's see how fast we could get to this. Or let's see. But they literally went, let's see. I guess by saying the number I'm calling, but they were like, let's see how fast we could get to 85 or whatever. They didn't say, let's try to get to 85 or we're all going to come. They were like, let's see how fast. To me, that's kind of like a flex when you word it that way. You know what I mean? Like, that's like if I went up yeah. to somebody and I said, let me fight this guy versus watch how fast I kick his ass. You see what I mean? Like one of them's a little bit more cocky than the other one. It's kind of like, let's all try to get to 85, do your best sounds, but but they were like, let's see how fast we can get to 85. And they didn't make it to fucking 18. You assume when we get in 85. They didn't make it to 18. It's like you gotta be a little bit more self-aware. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going there thinking that it's gonna show a bigger flex and it's like becoming an eye-opener. It's kind of like, no, Twitch is showing where you were based on years of accumulation. Kick, in my opinion, is showing where you are now which can be a little bit more demoralizing if somebody's going there for a dopamine fix. And I'm not saying that's everybody, but that's definitely a lot of communities. But that's the one that I saw that made me laugh, where it, it was a bit, I know I know the people enough to know there was a bit of arrogance and just to watch how fast we make it, which thankfully, it's nobody that we know personally or, 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 or deal with personally, none of our communities. But I just remember seeing it and thinking, what the fuck? What do you mean watch how fast? That's the flex? Never put watch how fast in anything that you're trying to do unless you're sure you could do it. Watch how fast is not a good way to start anything, including sex. That's a terrible one. (laughs) You could do, I'm not saying don't try to get to 85, but when you motherfuckers going, watch how fast I do this, it's almost like the person assumed that since this is a lesser platform that the numbers were just going to shoot up and they didn't. It was like, you should enter with an open mind, but don't enter your first introduction to it, your first tweet about it being, watch how fast, watch how fast I do. (laughs) Like, what the hell? I was so tempted, Destin, to respond and just be like, how fast do you do it? And it was like, did you do it yet? Come on, man. How fast? It was like 12 or 13 because, you know, it's hard to grow nowadays. It's not about the platform you're on. Post pandemic, it's very hard to grow. It has nothing to do with the platform. There's way more people creating content, there's way more shit going on. It's a lot harder to grow nowadays. We caught the tail end of, I said this before, we caught the tail end of everybody and their grandmother having a podcast. We came in just before that wave, you know? 
So it's just hard to grow. But I think that what happened is that Kit gave people like a, a false sense of that it's Twitch's fault that they're not growing. But if they go here, they're going to grow more. And hearing that, they drank the Kool-Aid before testing it out themselves and then just went, hey, watch how fast. Like to think that it was going to didn't turn out that way, man. It's going to be different for everybody. But don't believe one person's experience over another's as far as, oh, you'll grow faster and you'll feel better. Because for those that don't, that shit is really demoralizing. I've seen both sides. I've seen people who've gone there and have, have gone, done better and have grown beyond. There's this one streamer essentially who talks about his name's Big Big E, ironically, but not the Big E you're thinking of, that's the wrestler that I sort of been following on YouTube. There's a plug for him that he talks a lot about his experiences there. And that's where I'm drawing a lot of the different comparisons between uh, the stuff that uh, happens. And I have to say where I get a lot of this shit from, because automatically, as Destin knows, everybody in the world thinks that everything that we say is specifically about that we came on here one time and we talked about how we didn't give a shit about people posting pictures of their eggs and what kind of eggs they made and sure enough so many people i won't mention name but so many people that made eggs recently and put pictures that i didn't even it was a completely random fucking example where we got heat with egg making people that took everyone well i made egg you guys were here for that well i must be talking that motherfuckers talking about my egg and i specifically Relax. reached and i specifically went to something out there like that so that we wouldn't target and hit anybody we wound up hitting tons of people because <laughs> I, I know there's so many people posted their fucking eggs you know and i was and i remember i got off the air and i and i felt myself turn pale because that's like we got finished the show and i just pressed on social media and sure enough i don't know why it was almost like that's why i believe in god because of these weird ass coincidences one of the top posts was somebody that we know here are my eggs and i was like fuck Fuck, 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 fuck. They're going to think it's them. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, not your eggs, bro. Your eggs that are cool. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> your eggs are cool. Quote it. <laughs> <laughs> I it almost is. started to say it, but I was like, there it is. Is no. it Nah. Hell no, it's not a read. Here we go now. <laughs> your eggs are cool. <laughs> But anyway, oh, this shit. is just an analysis. I have to get people have to get used to me because again, we've only been on Twitch a little over a year. This is just an analysis from a from a completely unbiased and just subjective point of view. It's not about because I know again, and I have to disclaim this because I know a lot of people, a lot of our peers, a lot of our friends are trying to kick. It's not about any one of you. I've seen a collective. You know, and that's one of the things because of the fact that we've blurred out mediocrity in our society. This automatically makes everybody think that they're the unique and special flower. That's the only one that you're talking about that are that they could only be the ones having these thoughts about doing this thing. You're the only person in the world who tried kick or felt better going to kick or thinks that we were invigorated. No, this is a universal fucking thing. And I'm just saying, just be careful. As far as that kind of stuff goes, because for me, as a community first person, I see you guys losing features if I go over there and uh, don't worry, we'll get them eventually doesn't suffice because you guys have every right to ask, well, why don't we have them now? What the fuck are we doing here? And I don't have an answer to that question. And it certainly can't be that I feel better. Now. We can jump off of this. (laughs) Oh, man. So what are your thoughts in general before we get into like a specific program? Because lately we've been watching a lot of New Japan and Discord in the lounge. We've been watching a lot of Ring of Honor, stuff that we don't normally review on a weekly basis. What are your thoughts on that in general? Oh, the wrestling or the kick? The wrestling, man. The, the, okay, the, I just had to make sure. I had to make sure we wouldn't go back there one more time. Right? No, no, we're not <laughs> going back there one more time. Trust me. Oh, God. But um, especially after what we just uh, recently watched. I think Aussie Open might be my new favorite tag team. They have such good music, right? 
Dude, their music is awesome, isn't it? I feel comfortable <laughs> coming like Ozzy Ozzy open oi, oi, and, and oi, it's great because like oi, they're genuine oi. badasses too like they don't just they don't just like talk it up and it's like oh but they're hard. like no they're literally as good as they say they are and like yeah. right now like they're like when it comes to New Japan they run the tag team division because right now they're IWGP heavyweight tag champions and they're uh ne- they're um New Japan strong openweight tag team champions so they have Japan's they have New Japan pro wrestling's American and Japanese heavyweight titles. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's pulled that off in any way, shape, or form in New Japan Pro Wrestling since Strong has been around. It's funny how one thing I like about when we watch Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and things like that is that it does feel like it's its own. It's in its own unique bubble, where like they're not referencing too much outside of the content that they're doing, which I think is very smart. You know. Yeah, they kind of just keep to themselves. Like when it comes to like ROH and New Japan, not too many times if it doesn't involve one of those two, not too many times do we really hear about it. The only reason we've been hearing about some of the other stuff lately is because uh, AEW is in the mix with them now. Exactly. But uh, that that's like there's a direct crossover. Like I kind of get burnt out with all of the obscure references. Like once everyone's doing obscure references about other companies, the references then in turn no longer become obscure. You know. Yeah, but anyway, there's a lot of wrestling. There's spring breaking. I love that it's called spring breaking. <laughs> like, what is happening, man? Why is it called spring breaking? <sighs> what do you want to cover first in these weeklies? Because I want to get a weekly out of the way so we could talk shit about news. Oh God, SmackDown. Want to start with SmackDown? Ah, no, I'm kidding. I don't really care. I have no <laughs> cares whatsoever. Happy 420 once again. <laughs> Happy 420 once again, everybody. I hope you got nice and high. Hope you made a high ninja pie. <laughs> Somebody clip that, please. <laughs> to steal a line oh, from shit. to steal a line from the Chris Tucker of slightly modified oh, version. All right, SmackDown. Smackdown episode one, two, three, four. Smackdown episode 1234 awesome. <laughs> comes to you from Lincoln, Nebraska's Pinnacle Bank Arena. This is the pinnacle of banks. I'm not going to start that gag anymore. Don't, don't worry about we'll it. That. I, it. It was a, it, 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 I think we exhausted that one as long as we could. together from nothing we closed out the show as champions all this stuff that's going on with the bloodline and it's an exciting time but it's also a time of uncertainty the unpredictability always makes for a certain atmosphere and as hard as we've worked to win these titles the usos are coming for a rematch i told you Uso! yeah look how fast they got there they wasted like no time <laughs> Yeet. You guys are the one who have to report back every single week empty-handed to your daddy Roman Reigns. No cracks in the bloodline. You want to act like everything's cool, like Roman Reigns is just fine? I don't think you guys came out here just to talk, did you? Have their eyes set on the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And here we go. That's Riddle. Riddle's here. Going right up to Solo Sokoa. Is getting explosive right off the bat. Got physical right away. No waste of movement. 
deal with now, and his name is Matt Riddle. Find Matt Riddle, find Solo Sokola. Let them know if they want a solo history, well, they're gonna have a chance to do just that. In our main event, one-on-one, -on -one, tonight. It's official. Thank you. It's a new Thank you, random ref. Anyway, our next matchup, first match of the night, rather, singles match, LA Knight against Xavier Woods. Yeah! What happened, LA Knight, man? They're not really pushing this guy anymore the way that they used to, right? What the fuck is going on? Yo, y'all better fix this shit. Yeah, like they finally, I guess not that Vince is sort of overlooking everything. He wants him to go back to being Max Dupree. <laughs> no? Well, somebody needs to send Vince Ash back to the home because, uh, no. Vincent, what the, the fuck, home. man? Like, the... yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's know. aggravating. Not not even just because I like the whole yeah thing. This guy is genuinely talented enough to if you just play your cards right, he could be the he could be the man in the whole freaking company. Yeah, I don't think that they're looking for the man in the whole company right now. Unfortunately, I think for this, it might just be a matter of timing. That's one of the things that's hurting him. You know, yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah, he but, definitely um, has all the capability to pull himself out of this rut, though. I'm just hoping it, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. But it's not like he lost to a slouch, though. I at least give him that. But... Yeah, but Woods doesn't have many credentials. There's someone else who they missed the opportunity to push. They pushed two New Day members and not Woods. Probably the most successful of the three outside of wrestling. Right. <laughs> Ah, I got the tights back. I wish you would have backwards them, but that works anyway. <laughs> it's it's backwards too. Still to come, it's our main event tonight. Matt Riddle wants payback. Wichtig ist, dass der Fokus auf dem großen Bild bleibt. Lass uns von Kleinigkeiten nicht aus der Ruhe bringen. Das heißt, von jetzt an vollen Fokus auf das große. That was so disrespectful. Don't you see that Imperium is trying to work here? Oh, please continue. Okay. You should approach me in a respectful manner. You're a goof. You don't know what respect is. And I'm gonna beat the respect into you. See, good. Now we're talking. Because you've been Intercontinental Champion for a long time. And me, me, I've never even had a shot to win that thing. What show I'm going on because I'm the hottest free agent in a few weeks. I'm beyond ready to step in the ring with you so I can take that title back to my place. Look, man, I just want to say this before you go out, but I want to thank you, first of all, for stepping up with us these last few weeks against the bloodline. But look, Solo, true what they're saying, he is dangerous because this guy did take you out before. And to be honest, look, I was a part of it. I was on that side of the fence when that happened. And then last week, Kevin gets hurt. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of my fault too. And I just don't want, I, I would feel awful if something bad happened to you tonight. So just, I don't know, just, just be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be well, careful. What are you telling him? To be not, careful for Solo took you out for what? Three I know, months? I know. Three months. I know, be careful. You gotta go out. You gotta go at him with everything you have. You gotta take him out, like just like he did to you. You gotta go in there and give it your all. And I can't control if the bloodline wants to bust my head open with a chair. One thing I can control is how prepared I am for tonight. How much pain I inflict on Solo. The 118 days I was gone, bro. Yeah. Damian Priest. Oh, the heat. <laughs> a victory over
over Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Zelina, kind of embarrassing Rhea. But... Excuse me, Kayla? Embarrassed? Are you kidding me right now? Really? Just stop, okay? You don't want to make mommy mad. Santos Escobar, we all know he can go. Rey Mysterio, the LWO, they should have been getting involved in our business. And I know you're going to ask me about Bad Bunny, but I'm going to address that in the ring. The Judgment Day! Impact crowd tonight at the University of Nebraska. Backlash is in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And the host, Bad Bunny. Yeah, okay. But if you put your hands on my family again, we all know what can happen. And he was treated like... That was a rough choke slam. He didn't jump with it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, here comes Bad Bunny for revenge. Nope. Surprise, it's the LWO. Of the LWO. Escobar go one -on -one next. Some of the most Which includes your weekly sighting of Zima Ion. Exactly. Next matchup, Santos Escobar against Damian Priest in singles action. And yes, this has been your weekly sighting of Zima Ion at ringside. As an LWO member, he <laughs> made it like Breaking news, news report drops for that shit. What did we do? <laughs> I can't wait till the day he wins the championship or something. Oh fuck! <laughs> if it ever comes, he probably doesn't. Vince probably doesn't know Zima. Somebody tell him quick. Zima, who? Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, Zima. Like, fuck it. Selena managed to sell him on Naruto. Fuck it. Go for it. Zima, I don't drink on the job, pal. <laughs> That's a lie, Vince. <laughs> Ion, we have a better deal with the USA Network. Oh my god, that oh that works so much better than I thought it would. Oh <laughs> That's really a network. Oh shit. Who needs Zima Ion when we can have Coors USA Network? <laughs> oh. There you go, go Zelina. King Quest is like, do they still make Zima? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I heard that they do, man. Zima here is in a better spot than Bud Light right now. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Zima's the thing. They didn't. They didn't try to take the balls off of their beer. Oh God. I love how Ray's just like no hesitation whooping his son's ass now. Mommy saved him. Mommy saved him. Riddle didn't just embarrass you. No, when when someone embarrasses you, that person embarrasses. Your entire family, everybody, your lineage, they embarrassed the Usos. So did oh. they embarrass Appa. Hell no. When they embarrass you, they disgrace the memory of Yokozuna. Smash them. I cannot imagine Somebody. what's going through the mind. An Hawaii Uso Batu. <laughs> he had to use his. <laughs> Yo, I love him. He used his real name to show how real that shit is. Tell the tribal chief. I got this. Hold on, hold on. We gotta go back and play right here. Look at look at Jay. Chief. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew where to find it again, but I shit you not. I think I saw like a compilation. It had to be a few minutes long of just Jay breaking. I didn't realize that man has been cracking since he still had long hair. Yeah, and you know what? Solo is a cool character, man. Aside from being a bad Dude, they've been pushing Solo like a monster. 
I like that he doesn't sound like the other Usos. He has like a more soft-spoken, raspy voice. Oh, wait, we got. And he doesn't. Here. He he's not really as much a talker. It's just about handling business. Yeah, exactly. personal weapon i will always let you throw me into people <laughs> sometimes incredible things happen when you least expect it i'm sorry to interrupt this little yeah like this team dumber and dumber. <laughs> you agree? i'm here to address the elephant in the room lita miraculously got beat up and attacked right before your match you know who it was sonia it was that pea brain adam pierce where's our celebration where's our pyro do you know who we are I think you guys are going to be Karen's. our next new challengers. Oh, Liv and Raquel. Seems like they're going to be tag team champions. And Liv went for oblivion. And the crowd goes mild to these two thrown together teams. I blame Sonya. That's the Nat Nebraska football coach. Now we have some celebrity in this motherfucker. Speaking of celebrities, he's back. And they gave him his full face music again, like the, like the intro and everything. I like the lyrical heel one. Yeah, that one was nice. And then I guess these two are heels now. Watch. They should be cheering for you out there. He's never won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. He doesn't have your looks. He doesn't have your strength. We need this. Tonight, you're going to go out there and prove why you will be top pick in this year's draft. Top Finally, somebody realized that the two of them are too obnoxious to be baby faces. Yeah, they work better as heels. Mm -hmm. Singles match. Just naturally from mm -hmm. Sing Singles match against Nakamura versus Madcap Moss. Uh, I mean, I'm glad Nakamura's back. You know, the, uh, the match literally did nothing for me. It just felt like a squash match where he got all of his shit and then went home. You know, here's all of his shit, and there's him going right. home. <laughs> Madcap was a bullet monkey. Good to have him back, though. Uh-oh. Imagine if that card would have came up and he didn't return. What would you guys have done? <laughs> Is this coming up? Ooh, shit. <laughs> Look at that, you got Viking raided. What a shame one of you is small. Like you getting jumped in the back. We're jumping now. Like I said, what a shame one of you is small. You know, if it wasn't for how small Strowman is, Ricochet would have taken them out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I tried. I had nothing. I had nothing to follow that. Main event. Is this the main event? It is. Yeah, Matt Riddle versus Solo Sokoa. Man, it shoots by, right? Not just because it's highlights, but just because there wasn't really much going on on the card. Oh, this was as enjoyable as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, mean, I like I'm, that like, when Riddle came back, it was like no wasted time. Like, okay, these guys took me out. We're going right back at it. Yeah, like the old WWE would have made him have to like pay his dues again. Yeah, he would have had to go through like six or seven squash matches and then just happen to run back to him. It's like, no, they're on the same, they're on the other fucking show. Like, let's go. Then after the six or seven squash matches, people would be like, why aren't you pushing Riddle? And they'd be like, ah, he has no momentum. He always loses. Because of the issues 
Then when they start pushing him, he just got back. What the fuck are you doing? Pretty much. Need to send Rhea Ripley for every last one of y'all. I swear to God. The floating brawl before the Usos come out. Straight up war. Just so that this match can happen. Samoan Spike, buddy. Yo, Solo is a beast and a half. Like he, he's lost once since he's been on the main roster. And now he's. I love that he has to bury Riddle. Like why? For you know what? it's some serious feud, serious hatred when they flip the fucking table on you. Yeah, but you're not big enough to need to be buried. You know what I mean? I love how like everybody's looking at him like, "Yup, he's buried." Look at that! You pull him and made him speak in his native tongue from all that Anoa'i shit he said. Man, I don't know if start coming out with face paint. It's a wrap for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, everybody dying. Everybody dying. Everybody dying. Unfreaking believable. Yeah, overall good SmackDown though. And uh Oh yeah. Really good. Give me a second here because we still have the Nakamura thing afterwards. Hey guys, I'm so excited that I'm standing backstage with the returning Shinsuke Nakamura who went up there and kicked some butt on your return. How did it feel to be back? Not enough. But uh <laughs> I'm glad to be back, you know. Yeah, these days now. Actually, uh, I've been to Japan. All right. Then, uh, so I had a great victory against Great Muda. Yeah. That was a uh, historical thing in WWE's long yeah. history. Yeah. Then, yeah, I recharged, <laughs> I rebooted. Yeah. And now you're back. And obviously, the fans here uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, are really excited to hear your music hit, see you run out. So, again, you're victorious tonight. You said you had some great time off, had some uh, rejuvenation time. What do you plan on doing now that you're back here in WWE, though? Yeah. I need some meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I need a great opponent. Also, I aim, I aim the world title yeah, from day one. You know. All right. Well, Shinsuke, thank what? you so much. Let's go sell Hold on. Something about the world title, I think. I'm off, had some uh, rejuvenation time. What do you plan on doing now that you're back here in WWE, though? Yeah. I need some meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I need a great opponent. Also, I aim, I aim the world title yeah, from day one. You know. Oh, okay. He basically said I've been aiming for the world title since day one. That's what he meant to say. Good Lord. You know what that kind of reminds me of? That is, it reminds me every time I go to South Carolina and I come back and for like the first day or two, you still hear the accent. So I'm not as easy to understand. <laughs> he just got back from Japan. You got to wait for more of the English to kick back. You know, I like Nakamura. I, was, I told you he was my favorite New Japan pro wrestler. That being said, with the amount of time that he took off, I think the only reason why they don't push him is because of the fact that he doesn't speak proper enough English to be able to hold down like a good promo during like a big WrestleMania or something. And even with that, yeah. they still featured him in WrestleMania for the World Championship. You would just think with the amount of time that he had off that he would have tried not necessarily to learn better English, but to be able to do better promos. 
because that's really holding him back. This isn't me disliking or hating on the guy. But clearly, the issue with pushing a wrestler this talented is that there's no promo there. And even if they're not asking it of him, if I would have taken that much time off and missed the whole WrestleMania, I would have prioritized promos, whether that means learning it better English or just delivering differently. Like, I almost couldn't. I had to rewind his promo. And rewinding it just yeah. made me understand it. It didn't make it grammatically correct. And I think that in itself is an issue. You know? So I think that it's a shame. I think that's unfortunate. He said Shin Solo comes out with the old Samoa Joe TNA face paint. Is it? I barely remember no, what Samoa no, Joe no, face no, paint no, looks no, like. No. SmackDown drew in 2.135 million viewers with a point fifty three in the 18 to 49 demographic. This is slightly down from the 2.291 million that they drew uh, a couple of weeks ago or rather not even a couple of weeks ago but on the week on the raw after the smackdown after wrestlemania this was the seventh and so uh yeah you know yeah i mean at the end of the day with ratings like this this is about as good as it's going to get they're always over two million no other wrestling shows over two million so i think they're doing an excellent job Amen to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, a little bit more about the CM Punk situation. So apparently, yeah, there's going to be a, supposedly this is a rumor. Matt Man Andrew Zarian reported it, but June seventeenth, Chicago Saturday night will be the first two hour show. Like I said before, uh, what was it called again? AEW Collision. Collision. Hope hopefully it's not called AEW Trainwreck by the end of it. You know, like I said, Saturday is like a terrible spot. Uh, I mean, hey, with their plans, that's probably where they're going. They're going to do a Saturday show in, in the same building and then go back on Dynamite. And uh, and he, it's been reported that Punk is being very humble and that he really wants to make this work and that he realizes what an absurd moment this was for them. And he knows the importance of the wrestling business and the success of AEW and how important this is for the entire industry. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, my friend, whether he's CM Punk or not. Um, he knew all of that before because that's all that he was talking about in his promos. Why are we acting like he realized he now knows that this is a great place? Wait, and that, you, know, you knew and now. You just, want, what do you you just want a piece of the pie. You you weren't but feuding. You don't actually give a shit. You weren't feuding with anyone for the past for the first few months. You were just giving promos about how much you realize what a what a great important wrestling business and how important the just wrestling on every show. Yeah, you know what we went from that. I I think honestly, and I'm, I know it'll be lucrative temporarily. I don't think that these young guys need a CM Punk there. You know what I mean? I like, think that they need to find their own way in life, the same way that CM Punk did. The same way CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and, and Christopher Daniels were all faces of Ring of Honor at one point and they paved their own way. That I think that that's very important that this new generation has that. We don't need CM Punk there. And and not it's for nothing, not, but like, current people CM Punk talk is about it like it's going to turn things around. It's going to make everything great. No, it's going to do the same fucking thing it did last time. But this time, hopefully, without brawl out. And like I said, current CM Punky, he's an older guy. He's a little overrated at this point in his career. He's slowed down significantly. And anytime he seems to pick back up the pace, he's getting injured. He's out there with guys half his age. You know what I mean? He's getting injuries and he's having to do surgeries and stuff. Keep in mind that as grueling as the WWE schedule is, 
WWE is very adamant about discouraging wrestlers from going out there and giving it 100% and burning themselves out and blowing out their lungs and doing nothing but cardio moves and going 100 miles an hour. They discourage that in WWE. They tell you to go out there and to pace yourself and to do less because they don't want you injured. They don't want you hurt. Not because they care, but because you're worth more money to them on the road than you are sitting at home with either a frozen contract or running out your contract. It's just proper business. As a result, they tell people not because, you know, hey, slow down, you know, don't do as much in the ring, have more of a psychological match. And CM Punk was on Z-Packs and shitting his pants and all kinds of shit was going on. Now we're fast forwarding seven, eight years later down the road. And this is not a company telling you to slow down. They're telling you to do a fucking sunset flip powerbomb through three stacked tables and twist your leg around your whole fucking body and then giving you a thumbs up for a good job. This company is not telling you to, to, to slow down at all. And as a result of him being out there with these young guys, he's going through hell, you know? I feel like he's been injured more than he's been angry. And that says a lot because he's always angry. You won't like him when he's angry, but you like him less when he's injured. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, so I, I, I give a fuck when he's angry. The problem is when he's injured. I think if you need to create a separate show to house talent, then that's part of the problem there. You shouldn't need a separate show for that. Everybody should just be able to get along. Well, to if me, they that's can't get with the program, similar. they can just get out. It's that simple. You don't mm-hmm. need to keep CM Punk your company that bad. No, no, you don't. Like, no, for nothing, I'd be more prioritizing. Because, nothing like, because, like, what, what did CM Punk really do for AEW? What? He get, pop, he get, rampage over a million once? One time, yeah. No, Whereas no, I would rather keep. The guys like, yeah, we sometimes may criticize his, his style, but the guys like the Darby Allens who borderline try to kill themselves for this place for day on day one. The guys like the MJFs, the Moxley, the guys who have helped build this place up. Not freaking Phil from Chicago who showed up, popped Rampage one time, and then got in a fight backstage. After two shitty world title runs. like Because like, the one thing I think we keep hearing is like, all oh, these want to keep him and the elite separate they don't freaking bring them back that that works out perfectly fine that, that'll keep everybody separate brandon cutler he tweeted and deleted i guess he regretted after but he said certainly punk knows the draw that any feud with him and any combination of the young bucks kenny omega and adam page would be and it certainly looks like he's playing on that to get his return without having to own up to anything he did or said and to try to make the others the real villains in this he'll turn the aw fans against those who created aw in the first place if he has to or he'll die trying before just saying he's responsible in any way for his own exile it's really classic punk and then he deleted that apparently the reason he deleted that was because all of the punk fans started jumping all over him i think he actually made his twitter account private afterwards but uh you know what this is this is a guy on the inside why would he just say that? Like, like, he, like, like, like somebody out there tells me one thing he said that was wrong in that. I'll wait. But whether or not it's wrong, this is a guy on the inside. The fact that he was able to form that opinion from his perspective indicates that there is some truth to some of the things in there, at least. You know what I mean? And then he was in the locker room. He's one of the elite. He's around the elite all the time. He talks to them on a regular basis. They're he was there when it happened. They do being the elite together. So knowing that, I don't think that he would, that by now they haven't talked about it. And I don't think he would say anything that goes against their opinion of it. You know, to me, his response says more about what the general opinion of Punk is in that locker room than anything. Because I don't think Brandon Cutler would comfortably go to business for himself. Like, do you think that Brandon Cutler would have tweeted that right now if Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and everybody else on the inside was going, you know what, guys? 
we really should give Punk another chance. I mean, you know, we're all, <laughs> no. he's a good guy. We all were hot-headed that day, and hopefully we could get him back. For Cutler to be comfortable enough to tweet that shit means that people close to him agree with it. And I think the reason why he deleted it is because of that. Not only because the fans were harassing him, but because it sort of exposes the general consensus in the locker room. Brandon Cutler's part of the elite. And he said something that from the sound of the way it was structured comes off like if this is what was discussed. I, do I think it's true? Yeah, I fucking definitely think it's true. I know it's a man. That's my opinion, though. We don't have evidence. But do I believe Brandon Cutler? 100%. And I don't think Brandon Cutler doesn't believe Brandon Cutler because he has an opinion there. He says that he's thinking of, of turning AEW fans against those who created AEW in the first place if he has to. And I think that uh, he has done that already. It's not like he's just saying, I think this is what's going to happen. People have turned on the Young Bucks and on Kenny Omega, even though they're responsible for the foundation of AEW, they have favored CM Punk. He's not saying that he's going to, even though he is saying he's going to. The proof of his words is the fact that it's happened to some extent. The fact that he was harassed after putting this out there as one of the elite. There are people in this world that are so stupid that they're prioritizing Punk because he's a bigger star over the people that have actually laid down the foundation for Punk to have a place to work in the first place. And I do feel that Punk is sort of playing a game because I'm kind of, I told you last week that I feel like we're dealing with Bumblebee, but instead of with fucking the radio it's with memes and shit because punk talks in memes and screenshots and encrypted words here and there and it's like doing all this code shit when it's convenient to him but he has no problem going on like a public show on a, on a television network that's global and talking shit and doing a promo right there and although it was a retaliation to someone why not just do why not be public i don't get it i don't like that i'm a, I'm a public guy 100 of the time whether i have a grievance with you or whether i don't i'm just a public guy i talk I air my shit out, whatever. But I don't like people who conveniently are public for half of the fucking situation and then are backstage for the other half and then they come forward and they poke, they say things every now and then, but they're not showing their full hand here. Like, look, if he has something to say and there's a way that things went, all this tweeting and deleting and this everybody acting like little girls, that shit needs to stop. Hold your ground and stand by your fucking words. That's all that you should really do. There's too many people, not just Cutler, but Punk. Everybody's talking in code, being very cryptic. It's almost like everybody has something to say, but they're too scared to say it. You know? And then they'll say it and then go back to hiding. You know? You ever seen two cats fight, two strays? They'll like fuck each other. It's the weirdest thing. They'll fuck each other up really badly. And then the two of them will like go to separate corners of wherever they are for a little while. And then they'll seem like that they're doing their own thing for like a few minutes. And then they'll go back to fucking each other up. Then they'll just separate again and they'll be just doing, <laughs> start, looking, start looking through garbage and shit. And then like, you know, all of a sudden they'll just see each other. Oh yeah, you again. And they'll fuck each other up again. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> just fight. What is this shit? You guys, I thought it was squash. That's the real shit <laughs> You know what I mean? I thought this fucking shit was squash. You guys walked a little bit away and you came back for more? That's what it feels like here. Like, these guys are just kind of, they'll go all out and say, pun intended, they'll go all out and they'll say all the shit about each other. And then a little while later, it's like, hey, how do you feel? Cryptid, like a screenshot of a piece of cheese or something. Like, what the fuck? You guys were just talking shit about each other with a, with a live hot mic in your face. And now you're going to mean <laughs> a piece of cheese? What does that piece of cheese mean? I don't give a fuck what that piece of cheese means. Where are your balls? <laughs> Go out there and say what you have to say and get it over with already. Stop memeing cheese and jokes and shit and puns. Say it or don't say it or shut the fuck up. And especially with somebody like Punk, who the longer he holds what he has to say in, the more he explodes and can't contain himself when it finally comes out. Because Punk, when he left WWE, didn't talk for almost a year. And when he finally did talk at Cabana's podcast from that point forward, we couldn't get him to shut up. He would talk every day. It made my job on here twice as fucking difficult because all he did was talk 
talked shit every fucking where that he went. He talked shit for the rest of his existence. Punk's still talking shit right now. He's just using different targets. I respect Moxley because you know what? Moxley didn't say anything. And then when he did speak on it, he spoke on it one fucking time. One time about the Vince McMahon with the this is good shit. And you know what Moxley did after that? He went and banged a hot blonde, married her, and then went and moved on with his fucking life. Had a he whole child and then just proceeded to carry a company on his back. For a while. about the other place since. For a while with Punk, I respected him. I was saying to myself, man, you know, I got to give this guy credit. He left WWE. You could tell he really is just over it. Like, just a, he made a real statement by leaving and he's not even dignifying it with an explanation. That's like a real, even if we'll never know what happens, that was like a man's move. Like, fuck them. I'm just moving on. I'm not even important enough to address. And then when he did the Cole Cabana thing, it was like, all right, cool. You did the Cole Cabana podcast? Well, you know what I want to have? But then I was like, oh, my God, Punk, please. Please, Punk, no more. And I feel like that's what's going to happen here. Like, he's going from somebody who's silent. And it's almost to the point that the only way that they're going to stop him from doing what he did to WWE is if they do come to an agreement and bring him back. Because the moment that it's solidified that he's not coming back, which from what I hear, it sounds like he is coming back. But if it would have went the other way, then he would have buried them. There's no way he wouldn't have buried them. I've never seen him not bury somebody before. He buried, name me a person he hasn't buried that he's had an issue with. Where well, he's just said mum's the word. He buried Ryback. He buried WWE. He's buried fucking Triple H. He's buried Stephanie. He's buried Vince. He's buried everybody. He's buried Tony Khan as a fucking promoter. You know, he's buried all of the elite. There's a lot of burn, burn bridges here, man, for us to be still doing this shit. Yeah, he's still married to AJ Lee. What's up, Spartan? How you doing, buddy? That's a, lot, that's a lot of bridges burned. And like I said, I don't give a fuck if he burns bridges, but I'm, I'm, I'm on one or the other side of the spectrum. Either you be of the mindset that you don't back down from anything, or you be of the mindset that you let your silence speak for you, as Moxley said. You don't do both. You can't keep jumping between the two. On this channel, you know how it is. We don't call anybody out by name as far as socially. We might say, hey, there are some people who feel this way about us, but fuck them. We don't call anybody out by name unless somebody calls us out by name. And then it's like, all right, you mentioned Rick, you mentioned Destiny, you mentioned Talk Brunch. It's been elevated. Now we're allowed to go onto our own platform and be like, hey, you, with the name, this person said such and such. But you know what I mean? Have it one way or the other. Either be ready to have the entire situation out in public or keep it behind closed doors. Don't do it half and half. That really gets on my nerves, man. Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous, which is mean, oh, I'm not going to be straight up and say it, AEW, that is not a good idea bringing him back, because all it's going to do is give is give him the sense of having some kind of power. A sense of value, yeah, a sense of value, like they needed me. Like, like if you anything, need to check him and make him understand we've hit a million multiple times without you, so we don't need you here. We'd rather keep the guys who actually built this company on blood and sweat and tears and broken fucking bodies than have your fragile ass here causing the drama. I heard Eric Bischoff say that if he was going to bring Punk back, back, he wouldn't do it at Wembley. It would be a big mistake. And even knowing that Punk would help the numbers, he would rather go through Wembley without him just to show that they don't need the guy. You know, and then after exactly. that, business is business. But I wouldn't bring him back for Wembley. Hell no. You bring that motherfucker back on a dark and patookic and, and fucking bumfuck nowhere. That's when you bring him back. <laughs> Nobody has very positive things to say about the guy, unfortunately. Because lately there's nothing positive to say. There was positive thing to say. Like when he decided to take the when he decided to take the leap in the UFC, it's like, hey, he's trying something he's never done before, having fun, seeing how it goes. It was positive when he first came back to Rampage because it was like, oh, this is gonna be cool because like, hey, he finally found a place where he was comfortable coming back with. But now it's just become negativity, negativity, negativity because that's all there is associated with him. 
Yeah, and we shouldn't. It should like, be like, like, it's to the point where it's like, if you don't lick the crease in between his toes, he has a bunch of shit to say about you. Like, dude, goes, you're not CM Punk from Ring of Honor. You're Phil Brooks who fought in the UFC a couple of times and popped a rampage one time. Understand your value before you start talking shit. And this goes back to our earlier conversation at the beginning of the show about kick. When you're focusing on just an obscure, arbitrary number that really doesn't have as much value or meaning, you're not looking at the more important things that are underneath the, the, the blatant number. And I kind of feel like that's a mistake that AEW, Tony Khan, will do if they're more worried about what's the number we're going to pop in Wembley. Worry about the long term and not the short term. I think that that's a lot smarter. And we're doing good, Spartan. We're doing really good. We actually got on here late, but I don't feel like doing a Friday show. I know most of you guys will catch the VOD if you can't catch the whole thing, and everybody else catches the podcast on a week delay. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather get it out of the way and have the weekend to myself. Plus, there's a lot to cover. So here we are, covering it. And uh, on the other side of this is the Dax and Cash, who are always involved, you know, who keep defending him. Oh, because he's they telling really me like why Punk guy. should come back, right, Dax? Yeah, and then apparently, uh, at some point, Cash had to go on Twitter to defend Dax, and he was like, Dax is one of the best people you could ever meet, passionate about wrestling and family, protective over his friends, especially when people don't know everything. He's not afraid to speak up and not do it anonymously. Honest to a fault. We all need to do better to fix this situation. Everyone involved. No fingers pointed. No one is completely innocent. I respect everyone involved and want the best for AEW. I'm tired of reading negativity from both sides, fans and wrestlers. Real life is more important enough. He's right about that. And as much as I don't really enjoy the the, the Dax uh, podcast, I got to give credit for at least he is an open book as far as that. I don't like the direction that it's going in, and I don't think he should have been the person to do it. But, you know, at least at least we see where it's going. You know, at least he's honest. And, and he, you know what? You're going to get criticism. Yeah. It's just it's just so funny. This world we live in where we got the wrestlers freaking arguing with the uh, fans and the fans arguing with the wrestlers. It's almost like everybody's on an even playing field now. You know what I mean? It's just I never thought that I would see a situation like that. This is what happens when everybody could just buy a blue check mark now. You know what, man? If you buy your blue check mark, I don't respect you. I don't care what your reason is. I could have heat with you. If you bought a blue check mark and your excuse was, well, I have a business and I got to promote, I don't respect you. I have no respect for you. How fucking insecure do you have to be to buy a blue check mark to validate yourself? If you're paying monthly for a blue check month, lose my fucking contact information. Like at that point, that's a sad thing. I'm glad that you brought that up, even though it's like a dirty segue. I'm glad you brought that up. Because that buy a blue check mark, I, I'd have to really be embedded into this social media shit. You know what I mean? People think that I'm just being like a freaking, uh, what's the word, a fascist or a chauvinist or stuff when I mention getting laid on a regular basis. And I guess the main reason why, why I use that metaphorically and sometimes literally is just because of the fact that it's like simply an aspect of our culture that everyone aspires to as much as people say the sexes and everything find me a person who got here a different way if you got here through a fucking portal like the ones that that wong makes then sure sex might not be everything but most people biologically would say that it is very important but i digress the point being that i feel and i've said this before that a lot of people use things whether it be kick whether it be blue check marks whether it be green hats whatever your poison is people are using things to compensate for aspects of their life 
that they're not being fulfilled in. And on the top of my list, 90% of the time, one of my suspects would be sex. Happiness, sex, health, fucking, I don't know, candies, rainbows, Pop-Tarts that are heated. Dolan, if he ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> but I just kind of feel, whatever the thing is. But I just feel like a lot of people, when they're trying to get a check mark or they need some sort of a validation, hey, guys, we became we became a partner of this or we became recognized in that. These are all superficial things. You know what I mean? When was the last time you 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 got the recognition ban for giving your partner multiples? Brag about that. I'll be more proud of you. I give a fuck about what check mark you paid for or what thing you aspire to. You know? <laughs> That's real life there. You know, and there is the heat. <laughs> there is the heat that Rick's gonna get pretty much for the rest of the stream. Did you hear what he said? You hear what he said? Maybe I. Don't I- know. Will you though? Will you? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, we both still eight bucks richer than them. So hey, we we out here, we doing it. Oh, are we fair enough? I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, eight bucks a month richer. Yeah, I'm not gonna give. I'm gonna pay for any fucking check marks here. You know what I mean? You can't. It's weird. You can't be on both sides of the spectrum. It's like you both. A lot of people want to both believe that they have great communities, but also need resources. If you already have an established great community, you don't need resources like a check mark to show what. So you appear on a playlist for people that you haven't met yet. Too much of this shit they going on everywhere. You. Too much superficial shit going on everywhere. And I'm just getting sick of it across the board. Not just in wrestling, but it's transcending entertainment too. You know? A lot of people have asked me, another example would be our Discord. A lot of people have asked me, hey, like, not really asked me. What actually happens though, exclamation point Discord in the chat room. And if you disc exclamation point Discord in our chat room, unlike other chat rooms, most other chat rooms, the bot doesn't tell you our Discord link. Because I just don't want random motherfuckers in there. I like to know everybody in Discord and so have a common thing. What use are you to me if there's 200 of you, but I don't really know who you are? If I can't look at your name and be like, this person, this person, this person, they play this, this, it's like, hi, who are you again? Fuck that. <laughs> no. The fuck is this? I don't need superficial numbers and superficial recognition. I want to know everybody. Anyone who's been you know, here long enough They got 20,000 people in the Discord and you know seven. We used to play this game, and you guys know this long term. We used to play this game called MMO. Not MMO. That'd be dumb. Imagine if it was called MMO. We used to play this MMO that was a game called Terra. And we had hundreds of people in the Discord. And when I went in there and started, another girl used to take care of it for us, and, and I just kind of ignored it. But when I finally took it over and repurposed it, we removed everybody that we didn't know. We weren't just going to keep people. Well, this makes it look like there's a lot of people in here. For fucking what? So do I have to scroll through to find the people I actually want to reach out for? It's all superficial, man. Numbers, the point is numbers are superficial across the board. And numbers need to mean something. You know? Now, in the, case of, now in the case of Dax here, the good news is that he announced that he's going to be ending his podcast and I hate to say, I know some people like it. You don't have good taste. But the good news for the rest of us is that he's going to be ending it because it really doesn't. He should just shut up and wrestle. You know? Right. I'm, I'm not invested in you for your opinions on if CM Punk, you come back. I'm invested in you because at one point you had three fucking tag team titles. Like, I want to see you defend those. Like, I want to see you wrestle. <laughs> uh, being a detriment to wrestling, to wrestling fans, to coworkers, people who used to be my coworkers, don't want that. People that I respect, people that I love, uh, like, dude, I got cash so much heat. 
for for because I said CM Punk was my friend and I wanted to wrestle with him. I got cash heat, uh, and I don't want that. He doesn't deserve that. I I don't deserve that. You know, Punk doesn't deserve that. No one deserves that. Um, and it was all because of me. And so now uh, I think the best course of action is to just stop the podcast. Um, and I always said I wanted to leave wrestling, as cliche as it sounds, as like I always say, I wanted to leave wrestling better than I found it. Uh, being a detriment. Yeah. So good for him. You know, as a matter of fact, we don't really use this too often, but. You know, that's what we call a fucking moment of clairvoyance, a mental breakthrough. He figured out what the problem was and he fucking eliminated it. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm fucking stupid. Cause my brain went when you said, and that's what we call my brain went a victory for <laughs> Right back would never leave. He'd make a poll. <laughs> he would make a poll, and then we would have to have. And then uh, get mad when everybody told him to retire. And then we would have to put the poll up in the turnbuckle and have a poll on a poll match. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you basically said that when he went on because it was a long thing. But he went on to talk about how when he first started the podcast, he wanted to do good for wrestling, uh, and he wanted to bring his thoughts on psychology, ring action. And that's fine, but the problem is he didn't leave it there. It became about CM Punk and what he thought was good wrestling, his love for Bret Hart, his breakdown of some of the things that they had done in their career and some of their biggest moments. And he never thought that he would ruffle a few feathers. He says never in a million years did he think that he would ruffle a few feathers. How? You brought up CM Punk. How would that not have ruffled a few feathers? You had to have known that that was going to ruffle a few feathers. What else could he have done? I had no idea that talking about that would ruffle feathers. All right. He says the only thing that he feels he should apologize for is how the journalists and the news sites took a section of something that he said and made it seem like it, he was such a bad human being. I don't think that they did. As much as I don't like the dirt and as much as I don't like the journalists, a lot of the experienced people like me who have been doing this for almost a decade, we look past all of that shit and we just look for the transcript of your exact words. We ignore all of the paragraphs that are not that transcript and we read only your God-given words and then we make our assessment based on that alone. And me as somebody who just looks beyond all the bullshit and just reads your quotes just found it to be something that would be triggering to some. You know what I mean? Nobody made it seem that way because if people can make it seem that way, then how come there's not a whole bunch of other podcasts out of all the other wrestlers that do podcasts of them making a whole bunch of other shit seem certain ways? There are small instances, sure, but Dax's shit was in the news every week. You know, how much could they make it seem? You sure must be giving a lot of ammunition for them to be making a whole bunch of shit seem. <laughs> you know, and, he, and, and then he basically said, uh, they made it seem like you're such a bad human being. I don't think they made it seem like you're a bad human being. They made it seem like you had a bad opinion. Because it was an unpopular opinion. He wanted to apologize to not only his fans, but he wanted to apologize to the people who already didn't like him and the fans of, for example, the Young Bucks and Kenny, the fans of MJF, or anybody else that he may have upset because he never wanted to, to, them to hate him so much that they would say some of the things that they said to him. Going into a podcast, he never thought that would happen, and he hate that it happens. Well, my friend, Welcome that's the difference. 
Welcome to the podcast internet. There's a big difference to me, and I've said that to you guys a lot. There's a big difference between streaming when we're out here playing our little games. Hey guys, what do you want to play? And we're doing a fucking podcast. You know what I mean? There is a lot of yourself. It's a direct stream of consciousness. It takes a lot more out of me to get this program, destined to get this program, for us to get this all up in the air and get this launched. A podcast is a bigger fucking deal. I've said it a thousand times. I've been streaming now regularly with a camera for about a year and a half. And you know what, man? It's nowhere near as hard as doing the podcast, whether there's a camera on or not, the podcast in general, just the exchange of, of, of thoughts and information organized into what we do here. Once a week is harder than if I was to stream for 10 hours the other six days of the week. God's honest truth. Like if someone told me, hey, we're going to pay you to either do this show once a week or six days a week, do a 10 hour stream. And it's the same price. The 10-hour stream six days a week would be easier than the one day that we endure putting this together. That is a fact. A podcast is a different monster. And that's why not everybody does them. That being said, you know, he never thought that this would happen. But yeah, when you have that much of your opinion going for hours and hours, you're going to get people that love you. You're going to get people that fucking hate you. You're going to get almost an equal amount if you're doing this correctly. And then he goes on to say oh, that he yeah. thought that he was way more mentally tough than he is, but he admits that that he's not, and he doesn't think he can handle some of the things that are said. Yeah, no shit, you know? There's like, I'm glad, this is I'm glad that he's saying. I'm so glad because someone needed to say this. You know, here's the realization of the fucking grind that is this, okay? And he also doesn't want know if he wants his daughter 10 years from now to read some of the things that were said about him, but ultimately he, um, they all wanted to do good for wrestling and... And he doesn't think that the podcast, as much as they tried, as much as as hard as they try, he doesn't think that it's reflecting that for whatever reason. And I agree. I 100% agree. This is a different monster here, man. And I've told you guys before, and that challenge remains. If any of you guys can do our show, you can have it. You know, this is an open challenge. I'm not just saying it as a joke. Like, if any of you guys could do this, I would say even an episode a month. With our structure. You can have it. I'll give it to you. I will bow tight and give it to you. You know, that takes a hell of a lot more uh, than the other stuff. And it's one of those things that when people have tried, including myself, you realize and you go, oh, shit, I didn't think about all the little finer. How, 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 are, how are all of these things happening on a weekly basis? And I think that's ultimately the important part. And you do have to endure a lot because not just the public stuff. We get DM'd all the time about, hey, you said this. Or that. So a lot of it is positive. And I think that's what keeps me coming back every week. You know, especially, you know, people like Willie or Spartan or Cooler or whoever. Hey, man, was listening to the show on demand. And I heard when you said this and this and I laughed. And that's more uplifting than the people who, who don't like it or the people who have randomly come in here and called us radical right Trump loving freaking bigots that are against LGB and racist that sent back the black fucking that said black people ironically with a black hole set black people back hundreds of years and all other crazy shit <laughs> but you're gonna get that now that's what makes me laugh i don't know why <laughs> but you're gonna get that and you know what when i do get that it doesn't change anything it doesn't change my 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 demeanor it doesn't mess up my mood it doesn't throw me off i honestly don't care I know it's going to sound selfish, but it's true. Like, I, I don't give a fuck when those kind of things happen. It's important for you to have a level of 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 not giving a fuck, honestly. Yeah. I'll I keep re- going regardless. I said I, gonna, I said I was going to plug it before. I want to make sure that I get the information right. 
because I'm reading a lot of books all at the same time. I've come to realize that one of my favorite things, I don't know why I didn't do it before, because I used to read like one book and be like done, and then another book and be like done. Why not read them all at the same time? Kind of like the way you go through YouTube. That's way better. But anyway, I started reading this one book by Mark Manson called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. You need to read it, man. I highly recommend it. Seriously, the title? The title of the book is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Great book because it goes into a lot of the stuff that I'm saying and you start to see a lot of the vulnerabilities in yourself and in others. You start to understand why people are doing certain things. And then you come to a realization that it has nothing to do with their numbers, their views, their ratings, their followers, or any of that shit, man. There's something else going on here. And maybe, maybe in the future when we're not so late and we're talking about more than just wrestling, we'll elaborate, you know. But for now, it's a book that I would recommend, you know. And when you're done with that, he has another book. It focuses more on general society, overall society, versus uh, just people as individuals. And that one's called Everything is Fucked. That's also another good one (laughs) that will explain to you just things about your overall people in society. And I'm not kidding when I say this. It may sound funny, but you're going to read and you're going to be like, "This (laughs) this is brilliant shit. You know what the best part is? What? They're both on Audible. Oh, I know they are. They're both on Audible. They're both on ebook. They're both on everything. Those <laughs> two are going on the wish list. I'll be coming for those. <laughs> there are some stories on there that you will hear, man, that are some of the craziest and most interesting things that you could ever possibly come across. But I think that people need that kind of shit in their life, you know? The problem nowadays is that, and I'm not even trying to say this to put us over, this truly is the platform where the heels are all baby faces. But the problem is that a lot of the stuff that we say on here, a decade ago would have been perceived as positive reinforcement and shit that people need to hear. But in this new woke, snowflakey culture that we live in, we're just bad guys that are criticizing everything. You know, because nobody likes to hear anything. Anything worth hearing is usually difficult to hear. Never forget that. Want to chat with the guys? Then be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Talkbrunch.com. Served hot. Bill Goldberg. <sighs> no relation to Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, because Whoopi Goldberg can't do a fucking spear, right? <laughs> no relation to Michael Goldberg, because he can actually talk, right? Oh, man, we haven't used that joke in so long. I missed it. But it's still funny. Like <laughs> It is still funny. It is still really That's funny. That's the best part. It's still funny. So Goldberg was on uh, a podcast with Adam Carricker, and he talked a little bit. I guess he has some sort of an issue with WWE or something in regards to them. Let's let me get to the part here because I actually have a timestamp of whatever the fuck it is that we're supposed to be seeing. Whatever Bill's got his bloomers out a bunch with this week. Let's see what has. Here about what may or may not be true about any of these rumors and innuendo. I'll stop the rumor mill right now. Uh, the 
the reason why these rumors are out there is because Vince McMahon and I had a handshake understanding that, you know, after the Roman Reigns match, I would have a, a proper retirement match. And, you know, that hasn't come to fruition through them. And so therefore, you know, nobody puts a stamp on my career. Um, nobody tells me when I'm done, period, end of story. And when somebody tells me that, you know, uh, I, I kind of like to fight against it. <laughs> I like to do yep. things my own way. And I go out my own way. And I surely don't go out, you know, uh, under Roman Reigns, you know, three weeks after I have COVID and agreed to a match. So um, I'm, if I go on a world tour and promote it myself, you know, that's a possibility. If I, you know, I, hey, I'm a businessman and I'm, Fortunately, you know, in the position, I firmly believe to where I can still make it happen. So, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I, I, I do believe that my character deserves a proper send off. And, um, and until that happens, man, I, I don't I don't believe I'm, I'm hanging them up, you know, so anything and everything is an option. And like I say, I'm, I'm very much leaning towards promoting it myself and doing a, a four, four city world tour. So um, let the rumor mill start up after that. Oh, the rumor mill. Oh, that would not be sweet. Don't kiss his ass just because you're interviewing him. I, I mean, he can do like a four city XPW retirement tour. I'm sorry, that would work out. According to PWInsiderElite.com, they said that WrestleMania week in Los Angeles, Goldberg met with at least one international promoter with the idea of having a farewell celebration show in Israel and perhaps other countries. Um, there's also been discussions of Goldberg versus MJF and AEW. Uh, Tony Khan has apparently seemed open to the idea of Goldberg and AEW, but not Ring of Honor. So, the whole... Pro- the- <laughs> What the fuck? There's so much to unpack here. So much. So much. I mean, that is a, a crazy sense of entitlement. I've never heard anybody in wrestling demand that WWE give them a send-off. That's new, I gotta say. And we've you had your send-off. Your last shitty match you were in. Most people kind of resist the send-off until the bitter end, as a matter of fact, because they don't want to be sent off. You know, but he's like, he really, he's demanding that they throw him like a parade. And it's funny that PW Insider is confirming that uh, he, during WrestleMania week, he met with some international promoter. That means that he was butthurt. Whenever somebody does something during something else, it's usually because they were butthurt. You know, he was butthurt that he wasn't at WrestleMania. Maybe he wanted his send-off to be at this WrestleMania. And they were just like, nah, we're good. And I have heard that WWE... uh isn't talking about Goldberg at all in the creative room. We played that clip of Triple H back on Tough Enough, right? About yeah. when that one when that one person said their favorite person was Goldberg and he buried them. He talked about how Goldberg was somebody who doesn't know the business and all this other shit. I, if, if he's still in charge of creative, which he seems to be, I don't think he's talking about Goldberg. Like, I don't get the impression that they're thinking of a Goldberg storyline right now. We're also hearing that they're well aware of the possibility of him going to AEW. And I'm also hearing that they're just as many fucks given as the fact that he wants to have a send-off match. Like, no one's talking about him showing up. No one 
really cares that he's going to AEW. And if you ask me, man, for me personally, because I know there's fans that are AEW loyalists, if that motherfucker goes to AEW, it'll just prove everything negative that I have ever said about that company. It'll just, it'll save me the trouble of having to watch them anymore, to be honest with you. And it's not just one of those salty Goldberg is here things, so now I won't watch. It's more because they've been doing the Nitro formula for a while now, and I've been ignoring it, even though it feels more and more like Nitro every time I watch. It doesn't feel like Impact. It feels like Nitro. People are like, oh, this feels like Impact. No, it doesn't. Bullshit. This feels like Nitro. I feel like I'm watching the bad Nitros. Go ahead and pull Goldberg and then finish the fucking Magic Formula. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll sit and watch how that turns out. Not only would it say a lot about them as a company, it would it would just show that the tone of wrestling that they were going for, that the original vision of what AEW was supposed to be is all but dead. Because when we thought about AEW... When we envisioned AEW, and when we thought we we always thought of the indie guys, we thought of what it would be like to have tag teams like the Young Bucks on television every week, to have Kenny Omega, you know, to have all of these, to have Samoa Joe and all of these other really cool personalities, these New Japan personalities, being able to have people defend the IWGP Championship on a regular weekday show, to be able to have a crossover with New Japan. These are the things that we were thinking about. We were thinking stylistically about having an indie-style wrestling promotion on during the week. What in the world would Goldberg... To me, Goldberg would show that this is no longer about making a company that hits those New Japan Pro Wrestling Ring of Honor Evolve bullet points. This is no longer a weekly PWG show. That would show me that this is just how can we get over on Vince? How can we fuck with WWE? It's just another It's just another dick measuring contest, which is what WCW became and what TNA became. And you know what it did to both of them? It ruined them. I with, To this day... I've been of the strong belief that if TNA would have stayed the course, we wouldn't have gone through all of the shit that we went through. I remember discovering TNA and being like, oh, shit, this is why. Like, dude, you know how many people that I really got to see work in TNA where it was like, man, you know, this is good, good stuff. And obviously they were in the Indies, but you get them for a little while in the Indies. We got to see teams like the Motor City Machine Guns every single week. We got to see the Young Bucks as Generation Me every single week it was a place for a lot of the ec christopher daniels you know, samojo all these guys every yeah, week every week and i remember seeing them when amazing uh, reds you know, he looks skippers low keys every week james storm robert root when i would tune into impact i wasn't wondering where hogan was you know what i mean or what the fuck sting was doing or what happened with the fucking what that, that team called the millionaires club was it or was that in WCW? I forget if it was. What was it with all the legends in it? It was all the older guys. I know in WCW it was called the Millionaire's Club. And then they did it again in Impact. It had like Booker T. Oh, yeah. There. It was Immortal. No, not Immortal. There was one before Immortal. There was basically. Was it Main Event Mafia? Main Event Mafia. They were basically the fucking Millionaire's Club from WCW, which came after, long after the NWO had died. They had the New Blood and the Millionaire's Club, I believe, was what it was in WCW. And then they did it again on here when you know shit like that just it just doesn't work like the things that kept me interested are like you said a lot of the indie guys the x division i remember i saw the x division i was like holy fuck i can't believe this is i remember like when 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 tna first came to spike tv the thing that don west and mike tenney used to always brag about was that nobody has an x division yeah it it was nobody had anything like the x division yeah, and then eventually they became more and more like WWE, and they started bringing in WWE guys, and it and it just became a lesser WWE because that's all you're ever going to be. You're going to aspire to become a less lesser something that exists. WCW, in a lot of ways, was doing the same shit. 
You know, when you really look at the way that they ended and the way that they went on, the things that they were doing, like towards the end, they, they somehow lost their identity. To me, AEW getting Goldberg would just confirm our fears that this company has lost its direction and they got caught up in the race against WWE. And that's always the trap, man. That's always the trap. When they stop doing your own thing and you get caught up in how you can one up a company that was literally created on the basis of one upping everybody else. It's like business suicide. You know what I mean? This company was designed from the day it was founded in a way to take out other companies that are like it. Do you, are we really thinking about this here? This company was designed, the original design, the blueprint, the first thing Vince probably thought was, I need to make a company that takes out other wrestling companies. Isn't that what happened? Oh, yeah, that was, that was the exact plan. It's what it's fucking designed for. You know, you don't have to go to him. He'll look for you. He took out all the territories, man. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? That's like, this is the all equivocal of, of like an X-Wing looking for the Death Star. Like, where is that motherfucker? Are you kidding? Hello, you better get back. Get back over. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And you know what's so funny? It's funny to make that comparison because the one thing Impact didn't do, of all the things that AEW is doing now, they mm-hmm. can get fucking Goldberg. You know why? Because they know there's no star power there. To me, it just shows that it's, it's not even about Goldberg right. whether he sucks or not. Because I know people be like, oh, you hate Goldberg. Yeah. For sure, but it has nothing. Fucking to do hate with, it has nothing to do with that, though. It's because it, it it's just literally like a clash of styles at this point. What kind of match are we talking about? Goldberg doesn't fit the bill of what an AEW wrestler is. He barely fits the bill of what a WWE wrestler is. We're gonna have to go and have him have a stiff, shitty match with somebody from there. Why? Oh, well, he could fight one and of the old timers like a match. Just his finisher three times, which he can barely even do it anymore, and then they go home. Oh, he has to fight. He can fight an old timer like Jericho, but then we could do that somewhere else. It's not an AEW match. It's completely right. unnecessary. So it's like, and even then, people, you know, let him ride back in the wind. And even then, now I think about it, that even fucks up Jericho because we see Jericho keeping up with the younger guys now. Yeah, so if you had to talk with someone about going to Israel, go to Israel, man. Hey, go there where nobody's going to see you. You can retire peacefully over there. I don't give a fuck. Asalam Alego. Is that over there? No. No, fuck. What's the? <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what they got over there. Ask MJ. Oh fuck! I don't fucking know. Hoyle. Fucking. <laughs> Whatever it is. Farewell. You know, but no, I don't think that he should go there. And then the whole it's thing. Like, that, like and then that sense of entitlement. Will WWE has to give him a proper send off? Is he in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's the send off. That was the send off. That's the send-off. I even you got to be in the Hall of Fame the and then have like eight shitty matches after that. There you go. That was the send-off. You just had like a, you had an epilogue afterwards. You're like the Nick Fury after credits of a Marvel movie. It ended, but there was just a little more. So, you know, you had your send-off. You're like Red Dead Redemption 2, except I found no joy in the epilogue. Who the fuck are we sending him off for? Can't be a shitty kid. <laughs> you know, so he's not going to retire until he has a send-off match. All right. Yeah, well, I guess you go just die in the business then. Fuck it. That's okay. Lots of people have, man. No shame in that. You know? <laughs> Better him than me, because I feel like I would die if I had to watch. What <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. Under no, I don't, I don't give a fuck if anybody's a Goldberg fan. At this point, I feel like if you're a Goldberg fan, you're partially fucking delusional anyway. There's nothing that makes it to where he need, where we need to 
ever see him again. You know why WWE had no interest in talking to him? Because Triple H is running the show, and Triple H ain't giving you no fucking retirement retirement um send off if you ain't if nobody wants to see you. I don't feel like seeing him drop. Good thing about it, if he goes to AEW, what the fuck is he gonna do? Spear Darby Allen one time and then go home? I think fucking not. <laughs> yeah, to me, it would reflect more on the company that picks him than anything else. You know. Like I wouldn't go like, for it, man. Just no, no. Like I'm, I'm gonna just tell you right now. Like he 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 shows up in AEW. I'm gonna just take a piss break when it's time to cover Dynamite and Rampage because uh. That's okay. They only take a few minutes to cover. Yeah. <laughs> I just take one slow pee. It'd be great. No. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I ran, that Rampage segment done yet? I got three more shakes left. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, no. No, Goldberg. I don't want to see Bill and his shitty fucking single leg takedown where when we get to NXT we got fucking Braun Breaker where I'm concerned for people when that motherfucker spears somebody now like like like, like it's kind of funny to think about it. Braun Breaker's spear is as good as Goldberg thinks his is yeah like when you really really think about it like you hear any Goldberg fans hype up Braun, hype up uh, Goldberg Spear? Just show him Braun Breakers, and I was like, "See, that's what you think you see." <laughs> well, I wish us the best, and right. not having to see any more Goldberg. You and Bill, you stay in the home. I couldn't day, motherfucker. You stay away. I kind of like the not knowing. To be completely honest with you, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I've realized in hindsight that I like the not knowing. Because whenever you hear that Goldberg or someone you don't like might be coming back, you know how you kind of go, oh, and then you're like, brace yourself for it. Like, imagine yeah. if you could go back in time to like you 10 years ago and tell yourself, hey, guess what, motherfucker, it's 2023 and we still have a Goldberg. You would be like down for like the rest of your life on wrestling. Like, oh, my, oh my God. God he lasts for, like, <laughs> last for decades? No fucking way. I must, you must be an imposter me. Like, all you I'm know? saying is. WrestleMania 20 is probably one of my top three favorite WrestleManias. There's one match on that match I have to skip every time. Just say it. It's not the triple threat. Hint, hint. That's kind of funny because when I watch WrestleMania 20, there's one match I have to fast forward to most of the time, and that's the one. I just yeah, get a music out of it. I skip that one every time. No, I'm fast forward to it. That is that is my go-to. That's my favorite oh, WrestleMania God. 20 match. I love that match. Are you kidding me? How could you not like that match? That match is a fucking train wreck. That's up there with the Shawn Michaels Hogan match when one of my all time favorite. See, but at least with Hogan like, and Michaels, I laughed. You don't like fucking <laughs> Goldberg versus Brock at the Garden, bro? WrestleMania 20? See, I've never seen anything is, like that before. It's for that match. Two thirds of it. Funny in hell. I've but never then seen that one third. <laughs> Or just like I, either way, like I feel like I get a hernia every time I see it. And I'm like, I love oh. that match, man. I've never seen a New York wrestling crowd so fucking angry before. That the two wrestlers couldn't even. They were so loud that they. I've seen it so loud that you can't even have a promo. But for it to be so loud and, and venomous that you can't even wrestle. And Stone Cold standing there like, <laughs> hey, guys, come on, go ahead, do the wrestling thing. And they're looking at each other like, ugh. <laughs> Yo, they stood, they stood, I, I think I counted it one day They stood in that ring for like the first like 10 minutes And didn't do shit Yeah man <laughs> I guess when you look at it like that I can see that being more enjoyable then Cause me I'm just like oh fucking Goldberg's on my screen At Wrestlemania again They stood there Listen to commentary and you'll enjoy it more 
they stood there so long that eventually commentary just started to shoot. They were just like, yeah, you know, these people are mad because they found out that Brock Lesnar is going to be leaving and this and this is happening. <laughs> they just started to read the dirt sheets. Go back and watch. Yo, now I got to do that again. I, mean, oh, I, I think at that point, Vincent Gorilla must have been like, well, nobody gives a fuck. Everybody here is leaving. Fuck everything. Fuck everything. All of them. Because think about it. They just started shooting. Ah, oh, yeah, they're leaving. When you think about yeah. it, how often in the business has Stone Cold needed to stun somebody out of necessity? Yeah, that was the only thing that was going to get a pop was the ref. The ref was more over than either guy during that. In New York, in Madison Square Garden, at a WrestleMania. There couldn't have been more of a fucking disaster. The only thing that would have made it more of a disaster is if there were fucking terrorists there at the same time. And right after the match, everybody just blew themselves up and everyone had to run through the streets and there was terror in Manhattan. Like, that's the only thing that could have made well, that fucking like night. still more lively than that that's match. That's the only thing than that night that would have made, they would have maybe you ignored the disaster that was that. Think about it. What's the, what else? Has anything worse ever happened in Madison Square Garden than that match? And I'm not just talking wrestling. I'm just talking in general. Has any has anything happened? Where was Tiny Harding when she got when she got kneecapped? She wasn't in the garden, she right? In Madison Square Garden. She wasn't in the garden, right? You know, where was Martin Luther King when he got shot? Wasn't in the garden, right? I don't think it was nah. in the garden. No, he wouldn't have been <laughs> in the garden. Alabama. You know what I mean? Yeah, you see what I mean? Like what fucking worse happened in my neck of the woods in in Madison Square Garden than Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg and all of the fans hating them? There's not a thing. I always go back to that. That's history to me, man. That's probably why we don't have fucking WrestleMania there anymore. When's the last time you've seen a WrestleMania at the Garden? They, they're they're, like, they're loud back. That's what. <laughs> you know. Are they, they, right, you guys want to do it in the Garden? We know you motherfuckers brought the Goldbergers. You don't fucking get to come back. They went to New Jersey and were like, technically, it's New York. That's the closest <laughs> that we ever got. You know, they're like this, we're right across the fucking bridge, guys. You know, make it a little harder for them to reach us. You know, worst case scenario, we can break, we can destroy the bridge. <laughs> you know, no, none of you can. <laughs> no fun, no more. You got to treat that shit like the Last of Us, right? You got to start taking survival horror methods to get rid of the fans. Oh, they, you, you know, no, I love that match. That match to me because it's unbelievable that it happened, and it's also unbelievable to me that they allowed it to happen. Like that, like no one tried to save them. Everybody in the entire company just watched them drown into the middle of the ring you know it's how that was one of those times where nobody said go home nobody, early too like nobody cared no one everyone nobody just called let them like, die out there. Do this, fuck it. <laughs> the ref has a headset on they could have made some sort of a thing the ref also happens to be stone cold so it's a, you know it's not like he's inexperienced in this the commentary could have not talked about what was going on everyone could have improvised nobody did everyone just stood there and just let them die you know what they did and this motherfucker thinks he needs a retirement to match you know, they pulled the Batman Rajah Ghoul, you know, you can't kill me. Yeah, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> and then just fucking battle and then just zip Yo, away. That's what they should do. His retirement, <laughs> his retirement match should be in Madison Square Garden again. Against Brock Lesnar. Nah, put him in there against Omos. No, let me not do that to poor Omos. Absolutely insane, man. Fucking retirement man your bitch ass should be lucky you're still in the game at least you don't suck then that's what it sounds he had a handshake agreement i bet there's a reason why it wasn't a fucking contractual agreement right they've got well, a said, handshake bitch you ain't shake my hand <laughs> it's been said in the business that the only time vince mcmahon has ever been screwed over or done something he regrets is when it was a handshake agreement which is probably why all of the contracts are so ironclad now next to the amount of people who used to take advantage of that. So him giving back the handshake agreement to me is just poetic justice. It's just like, yep, we already know how, how much he values these. 
You know, so whether or not it was there, handshake agreement in 2023, a guy like that that has lawyers and money had a handshake agreement. All right, well, now you see how effective Who's those trusting are. a handshake agreement that much in 2023? Goldberg. Bill Goldberg. I mean, I, 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 I'm talking about persons, not senile old WTW guys. Wrestling aside completely, man, if you asked me if a man with the first name Bill and the last name Goldberg wouldn't have a business fucking contract. <laughs> I would think you're out of your fucking mind. Oh, you're telling you work at a shitty law like, firm. Are you shitting me? A guy named Bill Goldberg wasn't ready legally? Fuck out of here. Not buying it. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't think about that. We're so fucked up, but it's true. Fucking oh. Bill. <laughs> anyway, we got to change the subject. I'm getting hot now. All right. I'm sick of Bill. Bye. That's your retirement tour. That's your retirement message, Bill. Goodbye. <laughs> so Johnny Morrison boxes now, huh? And whoops ass, apparently. Send that motherfucker to the gulag. Like, good lord. <laughs> so, uh, let me see what we got here. So, first of all, Johnny Morrison had a boxing entrance that we got here. Johnny Boxing, right? Let's look at the entrance. Mm, Johnny Bang Bang. He was accompanied by Karrion Cross, L.A. Knight, Scarlet, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Taya Valkyrie, Mojo Riley, Josh Barnett, and Vic Joseph. The people from I'm WWE. The boys out. Yeah, so few people from WWE and AEW came out to support Johnny Boxing. Because guess what, Mark? It's possible to have friends in different companies. Don't let WWE find out. Ain't, I mean, hey, ain't, ain't like Cross got a world title push online or anything. So he like. And apparently, this is the knockout. Yo, Spartan Jesus was right, though. He bullied that poor man. He. You, you know who? And now your watch is over. You know who he reminds me of physique wise, hair wise, posture wise? And everybody, when I look at him in the ring, oh. he look he looks like Bart Gunn. Isn't that great? <laughs> he does. <laughs> it looks like Bart Gunn again. We got Bart Gunn all over again. Bart, Bart Gunn syndrome here, huh? We need to bring back the brawl for all. Where's Butterbean? Yeah, right? Is that the, that's the prize you win, right? That's fucked up of them. Hey, we gave you a prize. You get to fight Butterbean. Bro, I was supposed to be getting a push. What are you send, for the, send for the Butterbean. That is wild, man. John Morrison. Thanks to EB Gamer also for, for sharing that in our Discord. Because I, yeah, cool. I didn't even know this was going on. Very crazy. 
guy he beat was Harley Morenstein. Not that any of you guys really follow boxing like that here, I think. But, you know. Now you know who he is. Damn. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm trying to think about, who to call out? Jake? Logan? No. Jake got beat. Logan got beat by KSI. Which is why I'm going to play KSI on blast right now. All right. Hell yeah. Donnie Let's Marshall go. versus KSI. You better drink some Prime first. Stay winning, motherfucker. Ha-ha. Stay winning. Stay winning, bitch. <laughs> Yo, KSI is one of the few. He was a YouTuber first or something. Yeah, he was, he, was. He, he, yeah he was a YouTuber long before the boxing came around. Yeah, he's one of those YouTube personalities that has ironically grown on me. Like I didn't know who he was, and then I started seeing him, and I was like, I like this guy. I like the, I like that energy. See, that's that's a guy. He has he has a very addictive personality. Yeah, he's fun. He's just fun. That's what I mean. Like, like his, his energy makes you not be able to hate him. Yeah, like if the world has people like that and Logan Paul and shit, why the fuck would anybody possibly want to give Goldberg the time of day? Like, sure, he was a legend in his time. All these people are just better people, though, in general. Like, wouldn't you rather see so a KSI? Really, and let's be real. He, he was only a legend because a because WCW used to put weird shit in his ranks. Okay, people were fools. <laughs> I'd rather see a KSI, man. You know? I'll be looking forward to KSI's retirement tour. Yeah, stay winning, bro. Stay KSI winning. I can hear Spear correctly. Stay winning and also try to get more of the prime energy drinks into like the New York tri state area. I've looked everywhere. I keep finding the regular hydration one. But damn, man. Get us some energy I once they have in New York. It. I think they have them in Atlanta. Question might be able to tell me, but shit, dude. Yeah, come on, guys. Get in there. Still drinking Bang over here. Nothing wrong with Bang, but I want to see how it does against the competition. <sighs> Ric Flair. What do I do with this guy, man? I. I'm telling you, it's like I told you earlier. Just, just take all the socials away, like everything. AOL two in case they make the comeback. Take it all away. I'm not even gonna report this. I'm just gonna show it. That's all I could do. I'll show it, <laughs> and, then, and then everybody can have their own opinion, and then we could discuss it. You know what I mean? Uh, so Ric Flair basically went to visit Steve Mongo McMichael in the hospital. For those of you not keeping up, Mongo McMichael is suffering from ALS. And I mean, we're talking like really, really bad ALS, like where the man's body doesn't move anymore. So Ric Flair, I guess, decided to go with his wife, Wendy, if I'm recognizing her correctly in the picture, and visit Mongo. And he shares this picture. And he says, my friend Mongo is stronger than anyone we know. You know, I'm surprised. Like my wife just gasped. Like she didn't even see it. So I guess that's an immediate reaction. I'm surprised that he, fucking Ric Flair didn't go isn't doing this to fucking Mongo in the picture. Like Rick, <laughs> come on, dude. That's very. That, 
that couldn't be more fucking distasteful. I can't fucking get over. He's so. This is what I'm talking about. People who are not self-aware. Ric Flair probably didn't think he was doing anything wrong, but you couldn't be more fucking. My guy. My guy. Flair, man. Like it. It's just funny how there. It's not that I find it funny. It's just laughing. My my it's defense the, mechanisms. It's I don't laughing know what the at fuck the stupidity. I get it. It's the fucking. But anyway, Misty <laughs> Dave and Paul. Misty Wait, Dave and Paul. Misty Davenport tweets, Steve McMichael cannot use his hands or arms due to ALS, so this is not Mongo, and I formally request that you immediately stop posting about him out of respect for him and his family. If you'd like to mock or post about him after his death, politely wait three years posthumously. <sighs> what is he doing? Sometimes I don't understand people. You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck didn't he think that this would be taken poorly? Why ain't Wendy say something? <laughs> Are you got Wendy? What the fuck, Wendy? Why Wendy. didn't Why didn't somebody say something? Like, do I gotta get fucking Joe out here? Oh, Wendy! Like, fuck. Bitch. And he got, and, and obviously, obviously, Flair got heat. A lot of people on social media said what we're saying. But it's just such like, a horrible thing to do, you know? Like, if I go visit my friend, like, let, 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 let's just say years, 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 hopefully centuries in the future, I go visit Rick. Rick ain't doing so hot. Oh, come on. Why does it have to be me, motherfucker? <laughs> Look, okay, you are one of my closest friends. I had to go to somebody, all right? Fucking nothing. <laughs> if I go see Rick, Rick ain't doing so hot. I'm not about to post no picture talking about some my boy Dara. He's still winning. Like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Years from now, three years from now, respectfully, someone's gonna take that and it's gonna be the new meme. You know that meme that they show of people that the that the guy's standing over the grave, over the over the burial oh, grave, shit. No. <laughs> and like whenever something dies, they make the they make the thing something else, and he's standing over the grave with all his boys. It's gonna be the new thing. Oh god! Because it's just as fucking insensitive as that was. <laughs> you guys know that meme, right? You've seen it before, right? Where the guy's doing peace out. he's doing he's doing the peace out over the fucking person getting buried, and they use it in different things. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody's gonna fucking use that on this now because that's how blatant this is. This is fucking crazy. I thought there's no way you could have thought this was a good idea. And Ric Flair eventually deleted it, but the fact that it exists. <laughs> the fact that you had to say eventually. <laughs> like the fact that it exists is bothersome to me. Like there has to be some sense of decorum here. You know? Come on, man. What the fuck is going on? Is this like, I just can't believe Ric Flair sometimes. And you know we love Ric Flair on here, man, but come on. That's somebody, that's somebody fucking hell, We love Ric Flair enough to be like, yo, what the fuck were you thinking? As much satire Stop and joking that. around as we have on this channel, there's just some lines that I can't believe people fucking with their cross. One of them being your health. Like, hey, you know, like just hanging out there with the guy. Can't, look at how that, I can't even. I have to take it off just because of how upsetting that shit is. And that's what, that's what I call being out of touch. You know what I mean? This guy can't move. 
You know what I mean? Like Mongo is not doing great. Let's just be honest here. He ain't doing good. <laughs> like he's like literally a prisoner in his own mind, and here's Ric Flair. Hey, like come on, dude. <laughs> like, no. You gotta have some respect, man. You can't be in there selfieing with somebody who's paralyzed, essentially. I can't believe I have to tell somebody like. And you're right. Why did his wife do anything? This is the reason why I do not like surrounding myself in any community with either A, a lot of people, or B, a lot of yes men. Because I feel like I I would want my wife to fucking tell me. Not that you that she would have to, but I would want somebody, if I do something that's that thoughtless, to be like, hey, Rick, you know, that might affect this and this and this. At least to give that opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I would want, I like to hear people's opinions that differ from my own so that I have something to sort of play my own off of and just decide whether or not, you know, may objectively have more choices. So it's like, it worries me more that he's with someone who just went along with that shit. And no, and, and Wendy don't sit there and be like, oh, you know, it's just Rick, bitch. That's why you say something because it's just Rick. I'd rather have no friends at all than to have friends that just go along with whatever I say. To me, that's a worse fate than death. You know? It's, it's like, like don't, don't encourage my dumb shit. I guess. Yeah, like there has to be someone who reigns you back in. Like, how, you're in the picture. <laughs> it's not even like you off to the side. You're in the picture. So what if you Rick would have under his arm like it is a wet, like it is a wish you were here for? So it. what if Rick would have done like that and been like, "Come on, Wendy, you do it too." Would you have just gone along? Just <laughs> very disappointed that nobody. Sometimes people are out of touch. You can have a moment of insensitivity. It's not uncommon. But for two people to have a moment of insensitivity together, I consider that group insanity more than a moment of insensitivity <laughs> at that fucking point. And who did take the picture? I guess that they, that they set it up because if there's a third person that's in there taking the fucking picture, that's even worse. That's <laughs> Jesus. I'd rather have no friends and friends take a picture than basically half dead. Yeah. What the fuck, man? That is disgusting. And again, the issue is that the picture is distasteful for various reasons. The positioning also is another reason. You could see a lot from a photo. The fact that him and his wife are there happy. You know, like like if it looks like a party, you know what I mean? It doesn't look like a respectful photo. It looks like he's standing there like if Mongo's standing next to him, you know? Like Stacey said, it could be a picture of hands holding. And even those were a little bit strange, but less strange, you know? There's a little bit more taste to it. It's like when Tamina did like, it. Like, like, at least there's like a level of like sensitivity. Of like this is a tough time where we're trying to stay strong, something. Yeah. Not just sitting over there like a slight distance away. We out here? We out here? Like, no, no. <laughs> like when Tamina did it with Superfly, that was a little bit awkward. I still question that. But it wasn't nowhere near. That's the most we did. It was like, oh, that's a little strange. And we moved on. This is really weird. Not cool. Oh man, Rick fucking Flair. We got to try to bring up the quality of the mood from something that dreadful, right? What do we do next? Oh god. I I wish I could tell you that I have a what the rock do.
There is no rock this week, friend. There Damn is no it, rock. Dwayne. <laughs> the rock can't save you this week. I have something fun for you. It isn't that long, but I have something that's somewhat nice here. Let me see what we got. There's an RVD story and in, in, in a celebration of 420. Oh, shit. It's not that big. I just thought it was amusing. But on Kurt Angle's podcast, he talked about working with Rob Van Dam and about like some of the storylines that they did. And uh, just the, the structuring, the general structuring of how they were put together their angles. And he said, you would go to Rob and say, hey, Rob, we have a match tonight. And he would say, okay, give me five minutes. He would go outside and smoke for five minutes, get as high as a kite, come back in, and he was full of ideas. <laughs> so there you go. Kurt Angle thousand percent believable. <laughs> Kurt Angle explains Rob Van Dam's creative process. Like, all right, motherfucker, this rock and roll, so this is what we go do. All right. <laughs> he would go outside and get high as shit and come back and then come up with storylines. <laughs> and make <laughs> magic. I love that he would basically go, no problem, dude. Give me five minutes. Like that is... Oh my god. <laughs> the motherfucker come out and the motherfucker walk you. Give me five minutes. Come out like day three of Woodstock and be ready to rock and roll. All right, let's do this shit. So this is what we go to. Oh my god. <laughs> so basically, we're going to talk a little bit about Twitch. We haven't talked about Twitch in a long time in regards to how it affects wrestlers. But as you guys know, back in the fall of 2020, they basically decided to get rid of all third party agreements and platforms for WWE talent. So as a result, they could no longer be part of Twitch or a bunch of other things. Uh, and basically, according to Fightful Select, they said that WWE and Twitch reached an agreement to allow wrestlers back onto Twitch with almost no restrictions. There's going to be a three-way split revenue, which the talent will take the majority of, and there's almost no restrictions. Uh, but they're not permitting talent to stream with people from other companies unless it's cleared with them first. So there's the step used to be able to get people like freaking Tyler Breeze and Adam Cole on up, up, down, down. And, and you'd also get the opposite. You know, they'd go on each other's streams and stuff. But uh, it's confirmed that uh, WWE will get uh, their cut of the money is a split between them and Twitch's side, not the talent side. The talent gets their cut of the money and they get their money cut from Twitch. Basically, the WWE execs also went on to say that they negotiated for talent to get a larger cut than other creators on the platform. And it was described as a very talent friendly deal. That's good. I'm not going to lie. This is very good. I like w- that. That, so this is good from the aspect of WWE. WWE is looking out for the other guy. They basically went to Twitch and said, we split their side of the money. And then we also make sure that the people in WWE get a larger cut than other creators on the platform i like how wwe is looking out for the employees the problem here and i do got to call them out is that the reflection to that is that twitch is not looking out for theirs there are two sides to this and i'm gonna just say that there are people who will just to play devil's advocate there are people how can i put this so in wwe there has always been this culture when people like the miz has come in or drew carey or whoever logan paul where they're extra hard on these guys because of the fact that they feel like or even uh, Trish Stratus when she came back as a legend with the Johnny Morrison incident, where people feel like they're taking a paycheck out of somebody else's mouth 
because they're going into a field that's not theirs. Like wrestlers and creative and people within the business used to have the attitude that these celebrities need to get the fuck out of here because they're basically coming into wrestling and they're taking money from other people who are basically designated to these platforms. There's nothing wrong with WWE going in and negotiating a better deal for their talent to be able to get more money than the average creator on Twitch. But on the other hand, Twitch isn't looking out for the average creator because of the fact that the people of Twitch that are streamers that are not wrestlers can also look at it from the same side that the wrestlers look at it from. Here you have wrestlers that are coming onto a platform that's meant for basically the everyman. And they're basically taking a lot of that money. And not only are they taking a lot of that money, but their company, their big corporation, came in here and then bargained for them to get a larger cut of the money on this platform than other creators that are not wrestlers. That's not very fair. you know. And again, it's good for the wrestlers. It's good for WWE. But right now, during a point where there's a lot of controversy going on in Twitch in regards to the amount of the cut is that they give to the creators versus the amount that they keep, it's not a good look that another company, a big corporation can come in here and just bargain for better deals for their people and basically fuck everybody else. So it's almost like someone's still getting fucked we just have to change the direction the dildo was pointed you see what i mean yeah it's a very talent friendly deal but it's not a very streamer friendly deal there's still the cut that can't be negotiated between the average creator you know and i'm glad wwe had that kind of a uh, strong arming that being said it does open up a discussion that's been very common that's been going on about whether or not the fact that the Twitch cut is fair or not. And again, I'm just saying it opens up that discussion. You know, because in wrestling, whenever a celebrity comes and does a few spots, there's always been an internal complaint about the fact that this person came in and because of their position in the acting world and in Hollywood, not only did they come in for less time and have to do less, but they got paid a lot more and it's unfair to the boys in the locker room. Well, I'm just saying that if we're using that logic on everything and every applied career, this is literally an example. And this is an example. WWE's are the celebrities and the average and the average content creator on Twitch is the locker room. See what I mean? Makes sense. This is true. This is 100 percent true. Like I said, just food for thought. You know, whether you agree with it or not, just food for thought, just about the way things are being done. That doesn't mean WWE shouldn't fight for their company. I'm very happy that the wrestlers don't get screwed in this deal. All right, well, we're going to run a weekly. What are we running now? What is the weekly that we are running now? We got Rampage, Roar, NXT. What's in the cards? Rampage. Rampage? Rampage. All right. Episode 90 came to us from Milwaukee, Wisconsin's UWM Panther Arena. They were in no rush to start. They actually took their sweet time. That's a lie. <laughs> I didn't believe it for a second. Nope, everybody's already in the ring. IWGP Tag Team Title Match. Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis defending the championship against the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. These guys are so fun. I like it. I really like the Aussie Aussie Open guys. You know, they are I didn't, fucking great. <laughs> I didn't think that Trent Beretta and fucking Chuck and and uh, Chuck Daler were gonna win at all. They don't even beat the guys here. <laughs> it's it's cool that those titles can be defended outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling, though. You know, very cool match. Glad yeah. to have everybody on board for this. 
And yeah, very solid team. I'm glad these guys are keeping busy. They're in New Japan. They're in Ring of Honor. They're in AEW. They are a busy ass tag team. New Japan strong, like you know. You see how much more spare time you have when you don't have to do a podcast for CM Punk. You know, you get <laughs> you get to go you get to go places like to work. They got they <laughs> they they too busy going to work to try to justify why Phil should come back here. Yeah. Yeah, these guys have nasty shit. You know when you're nasty when oh you have an assortment God. of pile drivers. Good match, though. Oh, it's a hell of a tag team that United Will Ospreys United Empire has turned loose. Let me explain something. You are more alike than you really understand. Fought wars alongside each other and against each other. Check out what I just got for you. Look at this. Look at this shirt. Oh, eight man tag. Complete. Look at this shirt. Oh, eight man tag. Yo, I love how he's in. <laughs> <laughs> they put him on the bottom of the shirt like that. <laughs> it's such a dick. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're like, how fucked is that? Yeah, I'm keeping that as a screenshot. Definitely keeping that as a screenshot. That's so funny. <laughs> like, you're part of the stable, and, and it's the thought that counts. There you go. Look how he's wearing it, man. Damn. For anyone that doesn't know, what show was it that we were watching? I don't remember what show it was, but to explain this, I can't watch that shit with the shirt on screen. But <laughs> that's so funny. It was a show where basically it seemed like Jay Lethal came to Jay Briscoe just to say backstage, you know, we should team up. And then Jay was like, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he said, yeah, he brought in all his buddies. Jay brought on there. They all came in from the other room like, all right, he's with us now. And he was like, wait, no, I didn't mean. And like he sort of wound up in this stable reluctantly. Oh, shit. <laughs> so now he's reluctantly part of it. He just meant he would join Jay, not all of you motherfuckers. Now you're part of TNA. You see how it feels? This is what this is what somebody. That's what it looks like when you when you join TNA. You know, that's the look of a man who's in part of Impact now. <laughs> oh, I gotta get the text off the screen just to get a better look at his, his fucking face. <laughs> see that? That looks. That's what it looks like when you're joining Impact Wrestling. That motherfucker looks like he works in a company where somebody just said Goldberg's having a retirement tour match. There you go. Impact Wrestling. Gentlemen, congratulations, you've earned it once again. Two years and five months. You won these AEW Tag Team titles for the second time. And I have the unfortunate news to tell you all, stuck with FTR for another four years. Aww. So this isn't about what we've done. We have four more years, and when we're done with those, we're done with wrestling. But until then, greatest tag team of all time. So first of all, a lot can happen in four years, so I'm not buying that. I, I recommend a lot of you don't take that to heart. That's too much of a of a jump. F- 
four years from now they could just be like, we resigned. I've seen it happen like right. a thousand times. It's four fucking years. You know what I mean? So I'm not buying that. That's just a dramatic effect, I think. Everybody's been there, but man, you guys ain't supposed to like us. Why do y'all like us? Is it uh, looks? No, well, you know, it. <laughs> and I dug down deep and I started thinking, man, this is our redemption story. We pulled ourselves up and we fought. The only difference between us and all of y'all is y'all. Now it's time for us to repay you. One last ride. And we do it for you. We do it for professional wrestling. And we do it for four years for AEW. Top guys, out. Nearly came off when Jeff Hardy made his return to AEW. What does it feel to be back? Oh man, it feels amazing. Allowed my own personal heaven to collapse. So the last nine months had to do to be where I need to be. Conviction, eye surgery, and my return to AEW. Man, it's good to be back. Already for this match against the firm. Self and private party, we're going to be free of the firm contract. Silicon so All-Star team. And we're going to be taking on the firm. Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Stokely Hathaway. You're going to render the firm obsolete. Deletion! Delete! So, a lot of people are saying Jeff Hardy's come back in in six months. It's only been six months, right? To his defense, I mean, I hope Jeff does good. But but to his defense, WWE's first suspension of the wellness policy is only thirty days. The second suspension is only sixty. You know what I mean? Like we really shouldn't be blaming AW. Yeah, he was gone way longer. It took it AW like. Once again, it's that thing. Don't shit on it just because it's AEW. Yeah, like we're critical of the company, but don't be critical of it for things that make sense, please. Like they kept him away for a long time. They were like, make sure your shit is straight before you walk back in here. Yeah, not for long, I bet you. Jay Lethal, I think you would agree, Calvert, but always with respect for one another. And Jay Lethal. Eight man tag team match. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Mark Briscoe, and Satnam Singh with Sanjay Dutt. Against the Spanish Announced Projects, Angelico, Luther, Serpentico, and Man Scout. What's a shame is that Man Scout in Ring of Honor was like a really technically sound wrestler, but he just nothing here, you know, because this is no longer a technically sound company. It's just basically become a spot fest. Like he's probably, I don't remember who takes the job here, but I, if I had to guess, yeah, I'm going to say Man Scout. Man Scout. There you go. Winners, Team TNA and Mark. Singles match, Emi Sakura versus Taya Valkyrie. Emi Sakura, I have to say, I'm so glad she took off the fucking, uh, the, the queen shit that she was wearing before. Yeah. The, the, you know, like, it looks weird to have a mustache as a chick. I don't care if I get heat for saying that, but it does. If, you don't, <laughs> if, if, if it doesn't bother you and you're, and you're more woke than I am, then you go make out with the motherfucker. I'm not. That being said, you know, I'm glad that Emi Sakura looks looks normal again because people forget that Emi Sakura is a sensei for a lot of these girls. She's like in her, she's almost in her mid-40s. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? She's a lot of person- girls look up to her and are, were trained by her. Yeah, she trained a lot of these women. So it's very cool to see somebody like that and her looking like the way she normally looks. I don't know if she thought that uh, we would get we would all be more over because, oh, we're Americans. We all love Freddie Mercury and now she's dressed like him. That's not how it works. <laughs> Of course, this Taya, was a wonderful match. Though. Everybody did great in this. Of course, Taya's going over because she has all the momentum in the world right now since she's getting into that program with uh, freaking Jay Cargill. 
Oh, here comes a baddie. We're going to sacrifice a baddie every now and then. I like that. You notice it's a, it's a redundant thing? Like, anytime Jade comes, she always sends a baddie in first to die. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's the baddie again. Good job. She used what was left of her life force to try to save Jade. One win for the baddies. Dustin, are you gonna let this lyric play? Jesus, man, like laughing over the fucking audio. I like this hat. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that part. Listen, now forget it. Then they don't give any they're gonna kick their ass. Oh my god, that shit was terrible. I was weak. I couldn't move. They're gonna cut his nipples off. Like the mafia. Sean Spears, longtime oh. friend of MJF, has returned after a long absence. It's to move one step closer to challenging MJF, and I came here tonight prepared for anybody in that locker room. Hey, yeah, 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 I've been gone a long time. I had a baby boy. MJF is your new world champion. Max and I don't talk. We're no longer friends. He and I don't have a problem. But if you think I came back tonight to not throw my name in the championship hat, Jack, you and I are chasing the exact same thing. Right on Rampage, in the main event, it boils down to one thing. Who's the better man, Jack? And with all due respect, night's not your name. Look like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. Yeah. One thing I will say, unfortunately for uh, Sean Spears here, they put him back in the Ty Dillinger Perfect 10 gimmick. I don't even know. So you see what I'm talking about? He had a great thing going as the chairman and uh, the whole dramatic intro. And then they decided, hey, you know what would yeah. be better? That gimmick you couldn't get over in WWE that you don't have the legal rights to, we're just going to make you a 10 guy again. Like, why? Why? What's the point? That's shitty. Didn't need to be, because it just left him good. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. See, perfect 10. Boo. The music doesn't even work as well. Great. At least the music was good in WWE. Sean Spears versus Jack Perry singles meaningless match. Of course, now that he's returned, he loses. Jack Perry goes over. There's no momentum. They don't plan on pushing Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears at all. Thoughts, <sighs> thoughts on this match? I mean, it was a good match. It's just, it, it's hard to get into just because it's like we know what Jungle Boy has been doing the whole time here. He's one of their top guys right now, and Sean Spears just showed back up. Like, yeah, and they never seem to really have anything for him creative-wise. Like, you know what the bad part about it is? I would have been more invested in the match if you would have just been like, okay, Chairman Sean Spears came back. Not Perfect 10, Ty Spears comes back. Ty Spears. So, 
That's all it's like, motherfucker. You're just not Ty Dillinger, but you're hardly Sean Spears. You're like, a, you're you're the fusion dance when it doesn't work. Six hundred thirty-nine thousand viewers with a point twenty-one in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. They were twenty minutes early this week because of the NBA games. They were the highest total viewership since September twenty-fourth of twenty twenty-one, up from the April seventh episode with the four hundred eighty-four thousand viewers with two hundred ten in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. Definitely up from the March 31st episode that had 308,000 viewers. Rampage is doing good. I mean, damn, 639,000 viewers is like fucking gold when you think about Rampage. You know? Shame the collision probably won't even be half of that. Yeah, you know, all they had to do was have Tony Khan not make a big announcement. Go figure. <laughs> That's the trick, right? Yeah, and I agree, Spartan. They Tony Khan's by a big announcement. Well, this episode's screwed. Yeah, and I agree, Spartan. They should have capitalized more on the chairman thing. Uh, I love the intro to the chairman thing. One of my favorite AEW intros. Oh, the intro was awesome. I love heel intros, and I thought that was cool. The way he'd be sitting in the chair with his hood on and shit. And he'd have, like, fucking Tully Blanchard next to him, and then the music would come on, lights would go out and everything. Really dope intro, but, I don't know, I guess they weren't interested in uh, pushing the guy. Shame, one of my favorites. I felt they had potential in WWE, and he definitely has it here. Got a mouthful of something to say? Let the guys know. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. TalkBrunch.com Freaking Jericho still getting tattoos at his age. <laughs> hey man, some people can't let the habit die. I was surprised when I saw it too. I was like, another one, Jericho. This is huge, though, right? Like, what the? We get this. But then again, I think because considering the way it was, I get it. But then they get at Jericho's age, like, damn. I normally don't even cover tattoos on here, but yeah, this is a tattoo. This freaking from David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, He put thanks to amazing FLA. Flaco Martinez 13, my old friend, personal tattoo artist and a damn genius for this new ink. I asked him for Aladdin Sane era David Bowie, and this is what he created. Just a beautiful piece of art. And I'm proud to add it to my collection of Flaco masterpieces that live my body. If you're ever in the Virginia Beach area, check him out at Studio Evolve Tattoo. It's a great tattoo, but holy shit, right? Like, look at the size yeah, of that. That's thing. pretty badass, but. I don't know. If, I mean, I guess you'd have to really be. I mean, and there's nothing wrong. I like David Bowie. Holy I guess shit. it's also with him and Jericho both being in the music industry. I can understand it. I mean, I, I get it. Believe me, you're probably inspiration, but I just can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there's any musician that I would like. The, the size of it is really what throws me off. Like, he has a David Bowie tattoo in his arm, bro. That shit is huge. <laughs> That's a big ass David Bowie tattoo. I do too. <laughs> like, good for him. I'm glad just when I saw the size of it. You know, and he's obviously not old, though, but I'm just saying, like, most people usually have settled into their tattoos by then, I would think, right? Yeah. Jericho, I think Jericho has definitely hit what would usually be the cutoff point for it's like, I need some new ink. Is this going to be like CM Punk's Pepsi tattoo? And, like, we're not, like, there's a copyright. We got to either blur it out or not have it in the games or what? 
No, because Jericho's not fragile. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you think the whole arm on that side is music related? Interesting. I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, I believe the the tattoo right below it is a. Uh, I think it's one of one of the Fozzy album covers. Oh, I mean that I can understand. He is Fozzy, you know, which is a very good man. You know, it's just interesting that like David Boy must have inspired a lot of his stuff, or he must just really dig it. Nothing wrong, or just the size. It's. I mean, to be fair, it's not. It's not Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo, which somebody. I'm not going to put it on here because it's just some mark. But some mark. I don't know how King Quest just mentioned that. <laughs> but some mark at WrestleMania. Did he mention it? Oh, there you go. Look, look, we're all with great minds, man. It's because we all hang out so much together. But yeah, I was just saying, some some mark freaking. Uh, made that gambling bet that Cody Rhodes was going to go over at WrestleMania and if he and if Cody Rhodes didn't go over this is probably why they don't allow gambling so dumb shit like this if it doesn't go over he had to get the Cody Rhodes <laughs> neck tattoo and he did I saw a picture from him and Cody Rhodes both have the big ass thing on his neck the flag good for that, that guy for betting you know what I mean like good for good for you man you bet at WrestleMania you bet on a fictional thing and then you bet like in a really unlikely event too we got the re- three-year streak champion that was in oh the fucking... Like, it was Roman Reigns in the bloodline. You know what I mean? History is not going to serve that man well. When people look back at this era and the momentum of the bloodline and where Roman Reigns' streak is on, and then he has to explain that that was the era that he chose to bet against him is going to just make him look <laughs> like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like... That is, like, a bad situation to be in, man. I would rather get the David Bowie tattoo on my neck. <laughs> At least there's a better story that comes out of that than, yeah, I bet on Cody Rhodes, you know, scripted event against a guy who had been scripted to be freaking Jesus for the past three years. Yeah, pretty much. See, those are the kind of people that make it embarrassed to be a wrestling fan when it's like, dude, did you just bet on wrestling? Yeah, don't bet on wrestling. Don't do that. So I was just thinking the other day. Is is John Wayne Bobbitt in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. Do you remember John Wayne Bobbitt? How many people here remember John Wayne Bobbitt? <sighs> do you, Dustin? I remember John Wayne Bobbitt. What do you remember of him? Oh, God. He picked the wrong wife. Yep. You remember John Wayne Bobbitt. I was That's thinking, why they, John Wayne Bobbitt sound like an episode of Blind Date gone yeah. terribly wrong. So for and King Quest, remember, yes, it's exactly what you think it is. So for anybody that doesn't remember, John Wayne Bobbitt had he cheated on his wife. To my recollection, it was years ago, and then I think there was also some sort of a domestic assault, like he sexually assaulted her. He did something to her. And then went to sleep afterwards. And I guess while he was asleep, she decided to take a knife and basically cut off his guy. He was basically decapitated a little guy. He basically, yep. he cut, off he basically cut off his wang and then kept it like loot in a game. Didn't just cut it <laughs> off and leave it there. Cut it off and retreated with it. She took that shit like if it was a scepter and this was an RPG. I hate the way you described that. <laughs> she pulled that shit out like she was Lincoln. This was the Master Sword. Oh shit! I have the power. <laughs> like she fucking cut off his stuff, and then apparently got in a car and drove away, still with the stuff in hand, like if like an equipped item. If you press start on her inventory, in green was his dick, because she still had it equipped. For whatever reason, I guess she was still traumatized. Whatever, 
And then halfway, I'm just this is straight from memory. I haven't researched this recently, but halfway driving, she realized suddenly that the dick was still equipped, and she threw it out the window and kept driving. So now his penis is just somewhere flaccid on the side of the fucking highway, and this guy is literally missing his dick. This is a real story too. This isn't an angle, my lord. That's the worst part. So then, of course, we have to get the law involved in this. What a great day it is this to earn that oh, pension, huh? What a great day it is to be a cop because they have to send people out to find his dick roadside. Not making this up either. So can you imagine oh, these shit. guys out there? I mean, do you or don't you bring search dogs at that point? Oh, God, no. Right? Oh, God, no. Oh. I don't know if they did. I never looked into it. But at that point, there's some pressure there. Did you find a boy? Did you eat a boy? <laughs> we'll never know. Maybe we just opt not to have search dogs for this. I don't know. It's the, it's the extra shit you throw in that's making it so hard to get through this fucking store. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And with the weird part, I'll be real with you, Dustin. This isn't even on the program. This wasn't planned. I thought about it a second before the last story ended out of nowhere. That I had never thought about this before. You know, I always tell you the worst things is when I just go off script completely. There's no program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself for some reason about John Bobbitt. And uh, I was wondering if he was in the Hall of Fame. I'll continue the story because you might be thinking, how is this dickless wonder going to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, look here. The plot dickens. Essentially, what Stop. winds up happening is they find, they find the member. They find the member and they manage to surgically reattach it to him and repair him. And he's all right now. But you think the story ends there. No, the story does not end there because do you know what he did next? He went on to star. Oh, he he went. He went. He did porn. He went on to do porn. I guess he figured re, he was reinvigorated. It's almost like his penis. If you watch Dragon Ball, his penis got a Zenkai boost. It almost died, and then they brought it back. So now it's way stronger. He is super penita. <laughs> yeah. So serious shit. He went on to do adult movies with his with his freshly repaired penis under the name Mr. Potato Dick. So then. This goes over to Monday Night Raw, the Attitude oh, Era. Quest already figured it out. Oh. <laughs> they put Val Venus in a storyline, right? Against Tyen Kai, which had Mr. Yamaguchi. If you guys remember Mr. Yamaguchi. At the time, Mr. Yamaguchi had a hot Asian wife named Mrs. Yamaguchi. And you know Val Venus, if you've ever watched his angle, his gimmick was he eventually bangs whoever the other team's valet is. They'll, just, they'll bring up on the Tron, there he is, we got her. And this is what happened. Oh. All of a sudden he's like, I have something to show you. And then like he goes to the Tron, and up there, he's in the shower with Mrs. Yamaguchi. No different than when he did Saving Ryan's Privates. And he banged Ryan Shamrock, and he was like, look what I did to your sister and all that shit. Saving Ryan's Privates, get it? That was a great one. But anyway, Val, Val Venus was a way better character when you really think about it in the Attitude Era, just because he was doing that. But anyway, so Kai and Tai is livid. For anyone that doesn't follow this story, it's funny because we should have brought up a clip or something like that. And then Mr. Yamaguchi tells Val Venus that he's going to choppy choppy his pee pee. And they bring him to the back, all the Tai and Kai. And they pull out, they pull down his pants, put him on a chopping block. And then Mr. Yamaguchi has like a katana and he wheels it over his head. And the fucking lights go black and raw ends. And you just, ah! And everybody's like, whoa, shit, they cut off Val Venus's dick. The next week, Val Venus is perfectly fine because what happened was John Wayne Bobbitt ran in and saved him from Tai and Kai. From Kai and Tai. Ran in and saved him. And he's there in at Raw with John Wayne Bobbitt. And he explained 
he basically explains that I'm paraphrasing Valvinus's promo, but he basically says that as the sword came down, thanks to a cold chopping block and some help from a little from a friend, uh, he's all right. Basically saying that there was shrinkage they missed because the, the block that his dick was on was cold. But he said basically thanks to a cold chopping. So basically there was insta shrinkage as the sword came down, which is how he, uh, he must have just barely grazed him, just missed it. And also, for some reason, John Wayne Bobbitt was there. Maybe wherever pe- penises are in danger, he appears. And he just, <laughs> even though he has nothing to do wrong, he just oh. ran and he saved him in the middle. It's cool that John Wayne Bobbitt, not only did he get superpowers as an adult performer where his dick's better now, but he also is like Batman where like the lights cut out and he fucking saved that guy. Can you believe that shit? How cool is that? <laughs> what a storyline to give John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh my god! And fuck, stop it, brain, stop it! Because my head, my my my, my brain immediately thinks kind of like with like Peter pa- Peter Parker, where like you see like the little tingling out of his brain when Valve is in trouble. The tingling starts in his dick. Is it? <laughs> Yo, if only bullet time existed back then, right? For- <laughs> fuck, <man. laughs> that would be a scene. <laughs> Yo, like, how is that not like we've put we put Drew Carey in the Hall of Fame for eliminating himself from the Royal Rumble, you know? Pete Rose isn't he in the Hall of Fame and all he did was take tombstones from Kane? <laughs> Why is John this, Wayne Bobbitt not different? John Wayne, man's dick. John Wayne Bobbitt cut out the lights vigilante style and save Valvinus's dick from like a whole fucking stable. <laughs> yeah, that's like amazing. Isn't it weird that that's never come up in any of the videos, any of the old history? Like, how do I find... Like, no one ever talks about this. It's almost like forgotten history. Like, maybe WWE wants you to forget. You know? Because you never hear them talk about that heroic deed from John Wayne Bobbitt. You know? Or, or just the, the fact that he, he was even there. Can we... I'm going to look on YouTube right now. I'm just going to put Valvina's choppy choppy and see what comes up. God, you know he's got auto-fill it for you. Oh, my God. I didn't even let it. I was just like, I want to type this in. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. Oh my god. <laughs> I see the clip of when they did it. I'm, I want to see if I find the whole thing, though, because that's only 44 seconds. That has to be just the rescue. Oh. Oh, man, I don't know who's ready to press on with this. But, yeah, I was thinking to myself, why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? You would think that we don't have, they were they were running, like, short on content, right? I'm such an idiot that I wouldn't just manifest another segment for us to have to check, have to go through. But here I am. Anyway. Well, is, the John thing, Wayne Bobbitt saving dicks. Yeah, here we go. Man, I haven't seen this since it happened. I mean, who would want to, right?
<laughs> That's good booking, man. Fuck what anybody says. Tell me you didn't want to tune in the next Raw. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I love how they push the ca- I always love how they do this shit when they push the cameraman out like you don't want to see this cameraman go back in. Yeah, I didn't want to see this. Oh my god. I'm looking to see if see it's like hard to find when John Bobbitt came out in the next Raw with Val Venus. But I did find Bischoff talking about it. That's so funny. Three years ago Bischoff talked about this? How fucking crazy. Let's see, I'm curious now. Uh Yamaguchi san, who is the manager of Kai and Tai, had his lovely wife at ringside very recently, and that was the recap we saw to start this match where Val approached a lady in the front row and did all of his gyrating and uh, she had a response and there's going to be a, a receipt for that I don't think it's going to happen on this particular show but eventually I'm sure you heard about this um, there they are Kai and Tai getting their receipt here comes Yamaguchi son and his lovely wife they're going to uh they're gonna get revenge on Val. And they the sure are. That Yamaguchi son really will find satisfactory, and they're gonna take out a samurai sword. They're gonna tie up Val. They're gonna pull his trunks down. They're gonna pull his gimmick out, and they're gonna choppy choppy his PP. You kidding me? Yep. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, they cut Val. This Venus. is new to me. The guys in the this ring right crazy. now is uh, Funaki, uh, Men's Tayout, and Dick To Go. Dick To Go. I never thought about that. There was a guy named literally Dick To Go. No. In the, fuck, in the stable. That, I can't believe that Conrad <laughs> caught that. How did we not catch that one of the fucking guys there was called Dick To Go? Oh, God. <laughs> Again, this goes back into why I'm a God-fearing man. These are the moments that make me believe in God. Not water to wine, you know. Not parting the Red Sea. A guy who shows his wiener in Congress being named Anthony Wiener. A guy who's in a dick-chopping angle called Dick to Go. <laughs> this is money. God, I missed the 90s. You could get away with anything. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think about bringing uh, Dick to go over to WCW? No, no, no. His name, his name is Dick really Togo, is man. I, I've never seen this before. I've never read about this before. I don't remember about hearing about it when it happened. This is crazy. By the way, where's Dustin? <laughs> you love it. Oh, I do love it. I'm sorry. It's a guilty pleasure at the moment. Yeah, I'm digging it. I love that this got the biggest reaction of anything on the whole show for you. Well, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Whack. I mean, fucking bat chip. It's crazy. So his wife didn't get to whack his junk off. <laughs> 
Jeez. Yeah. There's all kinds of ways to go south with this thing. There is. All right. So next up. Oh my God, that is too funny, man. And that wasn't even planned. <laughs> no, I was just wondering why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I'm not able to find the segment because he brings Val out in a wheelchair. Because first they're trying to sell it like they succeeded, and then Val does the whole ha and gets out of the wheelchair, which is kind of funny. We've seen that's the only. How many times could you say something like that when you think about it in life? Like we've we've seen that gimmick done for every other appendage. We've seen people come to the ring in crutches. After the after the heel got the better of them, and then ha ha! I don't really need the cast. I'm perfectly fine, and we're gonna have a match. Ha ha! My arm's not really broken. He literally did it with his dick. Like he came to the ring in a wheelchair with John Bobbitt, and there was ice on his crotch. And then like he did the thing. He went ha ha! And he got up from the wheelchair, and then that's when he explained the chopping block and that John Bobbitt saved him. At first, it seemed like John Bobbitt was coming out with him in the wheelchair because like the two of them almost had like a brotherhood, you know, because they both went through the same shit. Who knows? Oh. Some of those things you don't want to have in common. You you lost yours too, yeah, but they didn't find mine. Yeah, right. Isn't that must be something that he thanks God for every day? <laughs> you know, because I mean, it was out there in the wild by itself. That's like more higher stakes than Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. You know, <laughs> like it's just out there. Anything could have happened. A fucking crow could have came and taken it out. All kinds of shit could have happened to him. You know, a cat person would have found it something. Yeah, he could have found a cat playing with it and shit and pouncing it and rolling around with it. (laughs) 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 That guy is a lucky man. He should be in the Hall of Fame for multiple (laughs) reasons. There's a few Hall of Fames he should be in. Oh, God. All right. All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like it's the cat, it's the cat roller. It's what you said, pouncing that got me. Like, oh my god! Yeah, can you imagine? And then they try to get a hold of it, and the motherfucker runs into the grass. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the tall grass somewhere. Now you're not gonna send out search parties and shit. Oh it's no! Up, at that point, that cat gotta die. Like, what's going on? They're not. They can it still looks like what it starts looking like one of those movies where like a little girl gets kidnapped you know people are out there like it's getting late we're gonna have to start sending people back oh shit you know just rough times right oh that was terrible i remember hearing his story on the news that was the most disturbing thing that was just the regular news it was like oh god is this the news the only thing I could find was this one shot for anyone who wants to. So this is John Bobbitt wheeling him to the ring when we thought that he was ruined. They thought they they they, they chopped his Venus off. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, man? You have to give credit for the effort that went into this fucking storyline, even if you don't like it or whatever. You know the energy that had to go into coming up with all of this and then getting John Bobbitt. What a great angle. That is glorious. But he should be in the Hall of Fame. He rescued Val Venus, you know. He's in the main Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. His penis survived that that uh that whole thing. Is Dick Togo in New Japan? He's somewhere. I know he's still around. All of them are still around. Yeah, he, yeah, he's in New Japan. 
Takamichi Noku is in five in, in 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 just five guys. The stable with uh with Sonata and uh, I forget who everybody who's in the stable, but there are just five guys in it. It's called Just Five Guys, and the last one they recruited was Sonata. And before that, it was called Just Four Guys. Isn't that just very creative on uh, New Japan part? <sighs> Left Los Ingobernables to join Just Five Guys. Some some would say you left Just Five Guys. Five other guys, you know. Anyway, back on track here. <laughs> but ask yourself, why is John Wayne Bobbin not in the Hall of Fame? I think that that's important that we find out. So WWE is hoping to stay with NBC, Universal, and Fox as they're entering this media rights negotiation. Lightshed Partners uh, did an interview with AEW CEO Nick Khan. And he basically was quoted as saying that he loved them, their their relationship with NBC Universal and that they're entering into exclusive negotiation window with them now. In terms of Fox, the Fox platform, uh, their broadcast channel has been tremendous in terms of WWE's growth. So they always look at their uh, incumbent partners first. And obviously, they want the best sized deal possible. They want to manage those costs and they hope to work out a deal with NBC and Fox. And if they can get out of that window, then they think that the marketplace is going to be robust. So you're basically saying that ideally they'd like to stay on the channels they're on and the networks they're on, regardless of, of what merger happens, which I don't really think that the UFC would have a problem with or endeavor rather, because it's like getting television space, especially primetime television space is very challenging. And it's not like UFC hasn't been a part of Fox before. It's very lucrative to be on a channel that's known. I told you before, the reason the SmackDown ratings are so much higher than the Raw is because SmackDown is a common channel. It's Fox. You don't need cable for Fox. It's one of the general channels. NBC, ABC, Fox, UPN, or whatever the hell is going by nowadays, and WB. Those channels are just universal non-cable channels. You get way more exposure if you're on one of those, which is the reason why you hear about so much television there before anywhere else. And it's where most shows will launch before they get syndicated with reruns into cable. So to have a fighting chance, you want to be there. So I really don't see them saying, hey, we don't want to be on Fox. USA Network is a different story. As much as they value their relationship with USA Network, and I feel that's because of the long term they've been with USA for like decades. Uh, USA, I think, in my opinion, is more um, expendable than uh, Fox, even though SmackDown hasn't been around as long as Raw. Raw has proven it when they've gone from USA Network to Spike TV and back to USA Network. We talked about that earlier. Like, basically, they're all cable channels. You know, you get, depending on the cable channel, some they might be more available in some, some cities than in others. But more or less, you're still on cable television. There's less. Not everybody has that. Where it's like, you know, Fox is a big, big deal. Unless, because let's not forget, the USA Network's parent company is NBC themselves. So if NBC was to make the deal, which I don't see them doing, and to say, hey, we're going to give Raw a primetime spot at 8 p.m. on NBC, the station, Channel 4 in New York, that would be incredible. They have, they could do that, but the deal that gives them access to their USA, their cable channel. So I see no reason why they wouldn't want to do it. But... um. Also, in speaking to them, he basically talked about the ring and selling every aspect of it. He said he said that Vince took WrestleMania and such high quality entertainment, and and intentionally didn't sell assets in the ring because if boxing, if you look at at um one match would be Coors Light, one match would be Bud Light. Whoever paid a dollar more would get that center mat exposure, and the UFC really fixed all of that with their long term sponsorships. So they're open for business. The ring mat, the ring apron, the turnbuckles, everything that can be sold. They want to explore selling it. 
and obviously it needs to be the right product. It can't be too distracting, but if it's the right relationship with the right company, they're ready to go. So he's basically saying that, you know, there used to be a point in boxing, which is true, where you would have one sponsor that would be across the whole thing, brought to you by Bud Light, Coors Light, whatever, and you would see that on the ring. It would be everything. It would just be the whole event that's brought to you by that one thing. But then UFC came, and if you look at them, they have all kinds of ads and shit plastered across the apron and across the sides and everything, and it's all different shit that has nothing to do with each other. And as a result of UFC doing that and creating these habits, now Vince McMahon is looking at this and saying, well, we could do the same shit and just have different sponsors and ads and shit splattered across the ring apron, the turnbuckles, the steel stairs, the side, you know what I mean? So that they're looking into doing something like that, which it's not the worst idea. I mean, it's a way to bring in money, but at the same time, you, I hope that they are understand, especially with them, with their quality cameras and quality camera angles, that you don't want to lose your identity because there's so much other shit there. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of places. I hate to point them out, but when you really look at like Lucha, like any Lucha Libra shit, like AAA, you know what I mean? It looks like like a whole ad page just vomited all over the apron. You ever look at the amount of shit everywhere there? Like it's just chaos oh my God, yes. it's just too much i don't like when i see a ring with just a whole bunch of sponsorship and shit everywhere because it is distracting after a while it's not just a few that ufc has a decent way of doing it but if they get out of hand with it and it's just all over the place uh i think it's an issue and to be honest with you wrestlemania to me was already at a le- at a distracting level because they made it like the visible animated graphic for certain matches it was i forget the name of it but the match was like called like whatever the brand was it was brought to you by this match and shit it was just like no nah, i don't really like that you know, I find it to be a bit of a distraction. So, uh, you right about that? Yeah. I mean, AAA, you mentioned AAA. Like, yeah, AAA, you know, to do it on their own Tron. Like, I think we watched, uh, I can't remember what, what the match was. It might even be the Lucha Brothers in the match. But you would even mention, like, is that, like, sponsorship, like, on the Tron? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's there. It's too much. A little too much for me. I mean, if that's the direction that they want to go, but just don't look so damn thirsty. And uh, he also went on to say that... Uh, that Vince McMahon, he said that there was a, in regards to Vince McMahon asking for power to be able to make the sale go through, he said it was a clean process with multiple offers. And at the end of the day, he thinks that the shareholders, the Endeavor Flywood, the international sales and sponsorships marketing subsidizes for, for live events and uh, live programming and all of these things mattered where the final conversation between Vince and him was like, OK, we could do all of these things ourselves, but it would be 10 years and then Endeavor would be 10 years and um, better. And at that point, Vince said vince would have been 87 years old so uh specifically ari asked vince to stay on as an executive chairman it was not an ask from vince just to reclarify because we heard that from ari himself and from vince but yeah once again we have nick Khan reiterating that you know they wanted vince it wasn't the other way around probably for the business aspect there's no question about the fact that he is a smart businessman it's been pointed out that vince mcmahon was one of the first people to see the quality and the value of taking a wrestling and making it nationwide and in doing so, he made himself a millionaire empire. He was also the first person who decided to do WrestleMania and make it a pay-per-view. He saw the quality in pay-per-view before people really saw it. People looked at pay-per-view the way they early on looked at subscription-based programming on Netflix in this generation. And then to further um, elaborate on that, Vince McMahon also had the business mindset to know when to pull out of the pay-per-view business. Remember, he was one of the first people to be in the pay-per-view business, and he was one of the first people to pull out of it and go to subscription-based programming before that had become a thing with anyone else. He is a visionary in the sense that he seems to know 
what's going to be big and he puts his programming on it. That's literally how he won. He realized that national television was a big deal and that with it, he could put his program on everywhere and he did. He realized that pay-per-view was a thing and he realized people would buy, pay for WrestleMania and they did. And then he realized that the network and streaming subscriptions became a thing and pay-per-view was going out of style and he changed it and he did. Which is one of the main reasons, I believe Nick Khan touched upon this in this exact interview. It's one of the main reasons why it's not exactly written in stone just because the UFC is merging with WWE that they would go back to a pay-per-view subscription-based uh, pay option because of the simple fact that he, they were sort of ahead of the curve here and there is a lot of uh, money in the Peacock merger and wherever else they should decide to take that. So he talked about that. He also spoke a little bit about... Uh, He said that there's going to be $50 million in aggressive cuts in WWE, which means they're going to be firing people. We don't know if this includes talent or whatever, but he was quoted as saying that if you look at what Endeavor was able to take out cost-wise from UFC in 2016 or shortly after that deal was done, they have the same expectation there. They think that $50 million is a really conservative number. They have integration teams now. They're going to be getting those in shape. They think that they're going to have a better sense of it in a month or two, but they're going to be pretty aggressive with them to make sure that for the shareholders and for the company that their organization is as lean and mean as possible, and they're going to rely on Endeavor's flywheel to make, to make up the rest. Um, the most important thing is to leave the product untouched. Untouched meaning that if Triple H and Kevin Dunn want to revolve it, great. But in terms of cutbacks, that that's not what they're looking to do. So uh, it sounds like it'll be a lot of corporate cuts. Not that that's good either, but it sounds like there'll be a lot of mergers of, on, on a business. So I don't think they're thinking of doing any talent cuts right now. You know, in yeah, my opinion. Not. Yeah, so I mean, that's the place that the company is right now with this Endeavor deal going through, because I know a lot of people had like a lot of questions um, in regards to that. And Vince hasn't been involved in like the day to day. He wasn't even at like the last Raw. We hear mixed stuff about him managing and micromanaging, but if he's not really there, then he's not really managing. And the quality of the product hasn't really diminished. People act like the guy is completely incompetent, and that's something that I don't think is smart either. It's like, sure, you could disagree with his direction. I mean, think about it. There's tons of directors out there. They make great movies, but you might have like one movie by them that you hate. You know, look at James Cameron. He's a great director. He did Aliens. He did Predator. He did fucking Titanic. He did The Abyss. He did the two Avatar movies. He also did that series Dark Angel. I think that shit sucks. Right. That was the Morgan. I don't think James Cameron sucks. You know, not every you're not going to agree with everyone's ideas, but people are insane. Yeah, we criticize Vince, but to act like Vince doesn't know his elbow from his ass, it, that's what it's sort of becoming. Like, Vince is not... We're talking about Vince McMahon, not Vince Russo. You know what I mean? Like, this is this guy invented fucking Raw and SmackDown and WrestleMania. The things that this entire fucking thing is based on. So to be foolish enough to think that it would get to a disastrous point is a little bit naive. This, this, is, this goes back to the don't count them out yet philosophy I had when AEW first showed up. This guy missed on some ideas, sure. You might like the, the direction that he's going in. But this is the guy who literally created the thing that we're talking about. I'm sure that not every idea he has or every gimmick that he comes up with from now till the day he dies is going to be horseshit. Just like not every idea that Triple H comes up with is going to be great. You know? Which that's one thing that has become very, very annoying ever since Triple H has been in charge. If something doesn't go right, somebody goes, oh, Vince must be back in charge. How many years have I you said that, that even if Vince is the problem, I don't believe that Vince is fully the problem. I believe that it's the people in his ear that are directly underneath him. One of them now being Triple H, worst case scenario. I think it'll be fine. You know, 
So yeah, everything will be good. I think everything is we're we're okay. Let's see what happens. Everybody's everyone's a fucking doomsdayer. Just minus the effort. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is dying. Twitch is dying. Everything's fucking dying, right? The world is dying. Like everybody thinks, oh, everything's going out of business and dying. How many people have said, well, that's the end of WWE? You know, and that's another thing. I'm, I, I almost forgot to mention that. If that was your reaction, go read a book. Just any book. Just a, just a fucking book. You know, educate yourself a little bit, just in life in general, because you lack like common sense. Two companies merged together and became a super company, and someone's first reaction was, "Well, that's the end of WWE." It's such a dumb reaction to have. How the hell do you come to that? What do you think that they are, like? How fucking stupid do you think they are? You know what I mean? Like, it's just the people who don't understand business or the way things work are the only type of people that come up with these conclusions. It's always one extreme or the other. There's never a middle ground in anything. And again, that goes back to earlier in this conversation, in this episode where we were talking about just people and having to live in a world where they're always exposed to extreme positives or extreme negatives through social media. So they're not used to some things just living in perpetual mediocrity, which is where most things land in the middle. The rest of you wind up waiting for an extreme left or an extreme right response and become disappointed when it's in the middle and then try to lean it with your own narrative one way or the other. And it's not good because sometimes it's okay for something to just turn out eh or meh. You know, like perfectly fine. It won't kill you. Everything doesn't have to be catastrophic or anticlimactic. There's always a middle ground and that's where most shit lands. Oh, boy. Oh, Logan Paul, here's something that you might like. I forgot about You already this. said Logan Paul, so I'm sold. Logan Paul shared some pictures of how much his dog has grown. Ooh, puppy. Good God. He said 100 pounds later. Isn't that beautiful? You, you said a dog. I'm going to talk about a bear. What the fuck? Yeah, you know what basically happened, right? Remember the first one got eaten by coyotes. <laughs> Remember? We covered that on here. We had the the video footage. And it was like a little tiny dog that he fell in love with. He was like, fuck that. I'm going to get something that can't be eaten by coyotes this time. Okay. They probably could, so though, right? They're going to be eating people. He'll just put up more of a fight, but I think a coyote will fuck him up. He'll just, he'll just buy him more time for Logan Paul to get home. I mean, these are fucking coyotes. If he wants to, if he wants to solve that problem, either move or tame a coyote. And let that be your get a gun. And let that be your pet. Oh, remember after after he ate the first dog, he was sitting outside all night with his gun. Don't you remember? He was waiting for the coyotes to he was waiting for the coyotes to return like they were ninja. Yeah. Like can you imagine that being the way the coyotes think? Like, yeah, let's go back to that fucking place, Logan's place. Like they're not gonna come back to the same exact like it's it's just an adamant thing, but this is nature is chaos, man. Those motherfuckers aren't coming back, gonna revisit the scene of the crying like a person. But I love that he waited for them. You know, he saw them like the fucking hyenas from Lion King. <laughs> you know, he thought this was going to be like a feud, like an angle and shit. You know, he just wanted revenge. Circle of yeah. life, motherfucker. Yeah, be careful, man. I don't know. I don't know what the win. I don't know what the kill death ratio is of pit, pits to fucking uh, coyote. Thank God that he got he grew a hundred pounds though. If they're still living at the same place where you could be eaten, I would never live in a place where a coyote could eat your animals, right? Yes, yes, not. Mm-mm, that's too much for me. 
Like that's crazy. I feel sometimes unsettled that I see raccoons around where I live. Like, I would just have to carry a gun everywhere I go, and I feel unsettled when I see raccoons around. I'd have to just carry a gun everywhere I go. I don't give a fuck. It's a, it's a coyote, and the, and the odd chance that it gets me, I'm dead. And people would just be like, well, it was one of those rare instances. Fuck that. <laughs> it's a coyote. People be saying that like it makes it better. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, well, good for this dog. I'm glad he made it to be an adult. You know? Let's see how long he goes. I'm hoping a long time. Like, I didn't mean that in a negative way. When you live by coyotes, that's just being realistic. You live or die by the coyotes. Holy shit. All right, what else do we got on this program? Oh, the Rhea Ripley thing, right? Oh, this was great. So Y'all didn't learn. I don't really even need screenshots, but I'll explain it. I thought it was a great story. Rhea Ripley, as you know, there are certain people on social media that like... When you come for them, they usually take you out with one hit. This was another one hit kill. So she puts out this this uh tweet. I'll respectfully not share it here, but it's just a picture of her with her grandmother because her grandmother recently passed away. And it's like a split picture of her and her grandmother's little girl and her and her grandmother's like an old woman. You know, and as and as we are adult. And she basically says that I'll miss you forever. It's just some kind words about her grandmother. And somebody replies to that and they're like, get lost, Rhea. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much like go home, leave WWE, nobody likes you. Like, And then she put, people like this make me regret leaving everything I love behind. I've missed years without people I love to entertain and live my dreams. You're a fucking disgusting human and don't deserve me. But here I am doing my job. Realize what's TV and what's real life. I deserve better. And then I went to look, see this person's situation, which by then had been that he no longer exists. Because he deleted his Twitter account. Nothing to me is more validating or vindicating than when you get somebody to purge their shit. Because they're just completely wrong and they get attacked by everybody who sees how wrong they are. What a fool to do something like that to somebody in the public side. Be careful how you use your social media, man. You'll get jumped out there. It's a cold world. Better zip the fuck up. And your punk ass went out in a wife beater and ripped shorts, so. So it's like, what do you expect to accomplish? What was the goal? All right. I want to cover. It's still real to me, damn it. (laughs) It's still real to me. Well, Taker and Kane aren't brothers and neither of them are dead. So Merry Christmas. That's what Spartan said in chat. It's still real to me, damn it. I hear, I heard it too. That's why I didn't read it. I heard it. We're going to cover NXT because this upcoming next Tuesday is their special NXT spring breaking. And we never get tired of saying it. You know, NXT spring breaking just rolls off the tongue, right? Anyway, (laughs) NXT episode 677 came to us from the Orlando, Florida Performance Center. They need to get out of there already. Those people are going to be exhausted. You know? 
We started straight up with a brawl, right? Chaos ends the show last week. This goes into the NXT Tag Team title triple threat match of Gallus' Mark Coffey and Wolfgang with Joe Coffey defending their titles against the Dyer's Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler with Ava and Joe Gacy against the Creed Brothers, Brutus and Julius with Ivy Nile. Oh, oh this was great. Yeah, it was good. Gallus retains. It's just kind of like they keep teasing that this team's going to lose it. This team's clearly not going to lose it, so I don't know why even show us. Right, don't, like, Gall when Gallus were NXT UK Tag Champions, they held them things forever and a day. Ain't nobody getting their belts off them no time soon. <laughs> yeah, clearly, man. I'm starting to realize that. Don't even that. pretend like it's going to happen. I'm starting to realize that, man. Trust me. Like, I've seen it. It's a little bit ridiculous. I don't dislike them. You know, I was just hoping that, uh, I don't know. Just hoping maybe a different team would have would have come up by now. Especially yeah. the Creed brothers, because the Creed, Creed brothers are excellent. The only thing that was ever shitty about them was that whole early Diamond Mine era that they went through. You know? Right. But yeah, overall, really it. Once it became just them and Ivy, things were great. Yeah. And then these other guys, the Diet guys, asked for their releases. See, I heard, I, I remember hearing that they asked for releases. I heard they got them, and then it was like they showed up, and I'm like, clearly they didn't get them. Yeah, I wonder if they ever even asked for them, but if they did, it sucks to have to still be there. You know, they clearly don't like what's being done. They can only stand being ungrizzled for so long. Yeah, man, how do you ungrizzle these guys? <laughs> you tried to take <laughs> You tried to take away Venus's dick and you took my grizzle. That's nice. Freaking Julius is ridiculous. Very strong. That all looked terrible. Everything, everything, everything. That looks like it sucks. It does suck. <laughs> you got that high knee into a spinning flapjack. That's fucked up. Raw or SmackDown one hard justice. They know where to find me. Ilya Dragunov was the most feared man in NXT. Just answered your question. Does that what the hell's your problem, man? It's completely unnecessary. Yo, are you okay? Can't you see? He's just doing his job. Why don't you worry about yourself and stay out of my way? I'm in your way right now. I see what this is. The draft's coming up. Apollo wants to show up and show out. Let's go tonight. <laughs> my schedule's wide open. Yeah, like it's any of the three brands at least that's what i'm hearing and i mean the fact that they're see, bringing up the draft on this show tells me that that's true see i like it that way just because i don't want the draft to just be another way just to call people up from nxt have it the way people can get sent to nxt too Being handed out. no mdar supernova 11 and the heritage cup champion mm -hmm. against miles born who the fuck's that Probably somebody from Level Up. I watch Level Up. I've never seen this man before. <laughs> I never said he was featured on Level Up. I just think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good to see Noam Dark back. It is. I liked his old look and music, but either way, he's still a good wrestler. So this is what they did. Just I forgot. This is what they did with the NXT. Uh, 
UK Championship. Apparently, they turned it into this. I forget what it's called now. Oh, oh no, no. See what this is. Um, this was uh, act. This was basically NXT's mid card title. Well, NXT UK's mid card title. Um, I think A Kid was the first champion. Tyler Bates won it, and uh, no, and Noam Dar was the last one before they uh, merged the two. Yeah, and I hear they turned it into that trophy now, right? It used to be a belt or something. Oh no, no, this didn't used to be a belt. This has always been a trophy. There was something that they turned into a into a, a thing, you know. I don't remember. Uh, they, they merged the uh, the UK and the NXT titles, but yeah, no, the Heritage Cup's always been a trophy. Let me see if I could find it. I'll bring it. I wasn't planning on talking my site and having it in front of me. It basically, it was reported on Ringside that NXT um, and the April 18th edition of NXT, the holder of the NXT UK Championship, Noam Dar, was introduced with a new name for the championship. On commentary during his ring interest, Dar referred to the NXT Heritage Cup champion, dropping the NXT UK designation. The change in the name suggests that the Heritage Cup will remain in place, and it marks the latest development in the championship's evolution since its introduction in NXT UK. So, oh yeah. yeah, so they just so they, they they just took the UK off of it. Okay, that makes sense. Like, well, they're basically saying the NXT UK Championship became the NXT Heritage Cup champion. I guess. Or whatever. Yeah. What was that? Cool that you got to bring that over though, because I I wondered what was going to happen to it after uh, after the two brands merged. Actually, I have more than a minute since I'm not a champion anymore, thanks to you. Can you just talk to Brooks for me? Josh, I'm sorry, but he's not going to go for it. Whatever's going on, can't end like this. I need you. Where do you see him? All of that. I fall. Oh. <laughs> please talk to Brooks. They let you in oh, God. You break in again. Hey, uh, Josh, I th- think you should probably go now. Fallon and I, we... Breaks! We are not family. The Kiana, she treats me like a man. And I... And making the decision right now for you to leave. Should have never came, man. Oh, baby. BB Coon. Yo, he's speared. Now he acts like a oh. Steiner. Now he acts and talks like a Steiner. Notice that? It's great. Yeah, we love Andre Chase. Not as much as we love ourselves because we fucking ran when you showed up last time. We were, we were Audi 500. <laughs> yeah, he was gone, man. He was spring running. <laughs> I mean, spring broke out. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Andre. 
one week since you cut down the top stars of the women's division. Do you regret any of those comments? What type of a question is that? Last week, I was being nice. The only thing I regret is that Lyra had to come in and interrupt me before I could even get to the rest of the locker room. There was a lot more I could have said about a lot more people. Cora, Cora, you showcase the displacement of your anger. And I learned to channel my anger and displacement by taking out on people in the ring. Because this big Instagram famous ass is going to kick yours tonight. What are you looking at? Well, it was an interview. It's supposed to look at you. <laughs> Singles match Roxanne Perez against Zoe Stark. So these guys are only getting beat by everybody now. What the fuck? Yeah, kind of sucks because she's. I mean, she hasn't gone over. She she went over uh, Solo Ruka, and uh, on a previous episode of NXT. Yeah, yeah, to qualify for the ladder match. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's hard to push these girls, man. They're all so talented. It's the opposite of like the way um, it used to be years ago, where it was just like, or it's the, actually it's the opposite. It's the opposite of AEW currently, where it's kind of like there's not that many gr girls you can really push. Everybody's really competent in this locker room, man. Like Soul, yeah, Soul, I guess it, it, Soul Ruka is, is like one of my favorites right now. Like that girl's gonna be amazing, and freaking all of these girls, all of them. You know, when you look at uh, yeah. when, when you look at uh, Zoe Stark, she's incredible. Yeah, I guess it makes sense in this case because like it's not like she's not being pushed because she's not good. It's just there's so many girls that you can push at once. It's hard to push everybody. Exactly. They're not really pushing Roxanne right now. She lost the title. Goes over with Pop Rocks. Good for her. You're my friend inside and outside of this ring. Bring break in, you're on. What a matchup. What a sh Did I go blind or something? Another woman getting a title match instead of me? You barely climbed up that ladder. I don't know if you remember, you would have beat me to win the breakout tournament. Do not spin this on me. We all know you're just excited to face the most beatable champion. Yeah, enough. You keep saying unbeatable. I don't care if you're a former champion or a bimbo who thinks she has my number. At spring breaking, I'll prove I'm worthy by beating both of you. Triple threat. I don't know why they did that, but I mean, I guess, again, we have so many girls who are trying to put it. Tiffany Stratton, another girl who's really solid right now. Like, what are you going to leave her out of it? Yeah. yeah, it makes sense in this case. In an unsanctioned match. Official, unrecognized, but I will translate it into American for you since you don't understand Australian. The match did not happen. That's racist. I like Mello. And he's better than Mello right now. I know one guy. I'm going to turn to his face. I'm taking it. We'll physically take that championship from him. And Mackenzie, that's not a prediction. That, the Grayson Waller. The Golden Shoe. Let's go. Come on. Bon, no, I'm ready. You know what? Why are you ready now? Because you lost the match or you're finally going to open no, up? I'm ready to open up. I don't believe you. My name is Von Wagner and I always wanted to be in the WWE because this is in my blood. My dad was a Beverly brother. That's a good start. Let's go. No, it isn't. Stop lying to that poor kid. What was good about that start? It was a horse shit start. Anyway, singles match. Gigi Dolan against Cora Jade. What were your thoughts in regards to this match? Oh, this was good. 
I, I, I finally got over my hatred for Cora J, so I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than I usually would have. Cora J's coming to home. Very athletic, good sound, yeah. nice story. She's getting a lot better. Gigi Dolan with the Bronco Buster. Interesting that they would give her like a move like that, right? Of all things. Yeah. Especially yeah. because it's supposed to be, what was she just like Instagram, most famous ass or something like that? Like, yeah. yeah, I guess so. She hits you with the most famous ass. I like that lung blower that they did right there. Rising knee. Really solid, you know? No complaints here. Beautiful roundhouse. Yeah, good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the girls' division is so solid right now, you know? There's just so much going on. Very active. Oh, fucking Booker this is T. One of those. Look at that shit. Booker T has to take a bump. Poor Again. Booker. Poor Booker. They keep using Booker as the bump man, man. And he's too old for that shit. Another rising knee right there <laughs> into that DDT. And that is a wrap. After she See, called everybody on the, the locker only, room. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the only division where you could understand if there was like battle royales and four ways and shit like that because all the girls are so good. Yeah, everybody's qualified and it became credible that way. That's why the, the, the girls' matches are hardest to call. I'm so soaking it in that I'm even here. Me too. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. I was about to ask you. I didn't oh, know you do. Unfortunately, not. Nope. Run the blank. Don't know what's happening here. When I left my home to see if I could make it, I traveled all around this country. I slept on dusty gym floors and in warehouses. I slept in my car. And every day for eight years, I focused on enhancing my skill set, making sure that I was more than prepared for this opportunity when it came. My Cidanella, proud. When people think of Native Americans, they have these stereotypical images built in their minds. But I'm here now. Wow, just powerful speech, Eddie. That wasn't a speech. Hey, easy with the tone. I was just watching you from afar, like how I was doing last week. You know, just checking out the new guy, seeing what all the buzz is about. Oh, so, so you're giving me a look. I was very impressed. Keep up the good work, kid. You might have something. Yeah, and lose the outfit. If you lose the attire, I'll like you even better. Anyway, that brings All us right, to right. a singles match. Apollo Crews versus Jack. I love how fast these things culminate into matches. It's becoming like Rampage. We had a match. Is that Tanaka-san? Quest? Really? Interesting. I don't know. I don't, you better be joking. I think you're joking, right? Can't be Tanaka-san. Please, please be joking. There's no way. Anyway. Yes, like I was saying, it's funny how these things have culminated. Like, the storyline has basically become, like, rampage. They have a backstage stage encounter, and then that leads into, like, a match. I don't really like that formula too much. I guess they were just hotshot booking a lot of this NXT. Usually things have more long-term planning. But, uh, you know, whatever. It's still a good match between them. I'm glad they're giving Dijak something to do here. It feels like we're here for fucking Apollo Crews to be fed to everybody. That's all he is. He's putting everybody over. You know? I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Like, he, this match is def to defend the honor of a fucking cameraman, so... <laughs> You, it, when that's your motivation, you getting your ass whipped. When that's the storyline they put you in, with the feather in the honor of the cameraman. Love the feast your eyes move, man. Any move that has that sequence to it, right there, really knocks your lights out. Anyway, that guy goes over. It's cool because like they, I, we haven't really seen anybody he can't hit that move on. Yeah, no, we haven't at all. And here comes Dragon. I love his headbutt. So one thing we didn't um we didn't talk about last week that I love is uh when they had that that small interaction in the ring, Dijak told him pain makes you feel alive. Well, I'll make you feel immortal. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, <laughs> he has he's good good promo. And here we got uh 
It's supposed to be Wesley versus Charlie Dempsey, but before the match even starts, Drew Gulak softens him up, and this leads to an NXT North American title match. Wesley defending. Yo, Dempsey's fucking good. <laughs> Dempsey's excellent. Wesley's better. Dempsey still has a long way to go. Yeah. You know? It's again, it's I still find it funny that we have Drew Gulak here giving mentorship, like if he's some sort of a legend. And we know he's solid, but he's never been portrayed that way. Something that we've talked about on here many a time before. They, they GT this whole main roster run. Mm -hmm. Nice dragon screw leg whip there. But yeah, nice deadlift German suplex. The kid is good. Oh yeah, that's Regal's kid in every way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. This is a great division. It's a shame that NXT doesn't have the momentum that I feel it should for the quality matches they're putting. Right. Wesley goes over. And after Drew Gulak, salty. Can't say I hate it. It's fun. Oh, but Femi, who's that? He's Oba Femi. All right, let's go, Oba. <laughs> Welcome to the Grayson Waller Effect, ladies and gentlemen. Get that GWE TV camera on me right now. I challenge the NXT title, the NXT champion, Carmelo Hayes. I can only imagine. Hey, Welcome, Big Melo Gang. Welcome to the show. You feel it? Like, what you mean? You uh, feel really. Right. Everyone loves Carmelo Hayes, right? Grayson, you know, it's funny. I got to give you some credit, man. Despite all the losses that you take, you somehow find yourself in the main event spot every time. But look, this is man, true. Listen, you got so many bricks at this point, yo. You could build an apartment complex outside the PC. We all know. We hear it every week. You say the same thing. In the past 18 months, I've become as big a star without a title. Which, which tells me... Oh, isn't, that, isn't that say that? I'm oh, a... it don't matter. It doesn't matter what you said. When you say you are him, what do you mean by that? I actually thought this too. Is it he is mediocre? Don't you stop hating on Trick Williams. Hey, you the hater. He is him. Look at Twitter. He's saying my name, and if that ain't him, I don't know what else is. Let's talk about it. Yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. Come on. We know his playbook, man. We know how he gets down, man. You stole every single opportunity you've ever had. And something that I think we need to face, Grayson, is you just might not be that guy. You just might not be built for this championship lifestyle, and, and you have to face that. Actually, you know what? Hold on real quick. Let's go ahead and uh, let's pull up Grayson's accomplishments, y'all. Put him up, put him up, put him up. Let's see him. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, wait. Burn. You don't have any. How about we talk about stand and deliver? You were made, finally won the NXT title. The main event happened before your music even hit. Six out of ten. That's still three more points than any girl you've ever been with. Let's talk about. Oh. Let's talk about next week. I'm going to carry that NXT title in one hand, and I'm about to do a golden shoe over your prone body and new 
How you gonna do a shoey over my body and I put your shoes in the power lines? And wow, that's ghetto. That's what I'm saying. And there you have it. NXT did 565,000 viewers with a point fourteen in the 18 to 49 demo. Up from last week's 528,000 viewers with the point thirteen. They're only down by a point in the previous week. They were point thirteen the previous week before that as well. With only 10,000 less than they were this week. That was episode 677 of NXT. We get to talk about the spring break and special. Are we supposed to make a big deal of it? I don't really think so. It just feels like one of those like extra special editions of NXT. Agreed. But we can talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good, good, good hell of an event. All right, let me bring up the card here real quick. Okay, so we got Pretty Deadly versus Tony D'Angelo and Stax. I mean, there's nothing on the line here. It's just it's probably going to be on the kickoff if they're smart about it. You know, do you have anybody particularly for this match? Um, I could see, I could see Stacks and D'Angelo winning this one. I think it said it's supposed to be something like a trunk match. I think I think I heard him saying that promo. Which I have no idea what that's going to be. Weird. Yeah, I think that um. Uh, Probably pretty deadly. I mean, they're pushing those guys clearly. Who else are they going to put in here? Next, Lyra Valkyria versus Cora Jade. I think Cora's taking this one because it's her first match back. So, well, her first like big match back. So it makes sense for her to get the win. Cora Jade. Yeah, like Val- Val- Valkyria is still kind of on the climb up. So, Braun Breaker versus Andre Chase. Ooh, Breaker, go kill that baby. Yeah, I think so, too. Remember, <laughs> this isn't a pay-per-view or anything. This is the next week's t- NXT. They just added Spring Breaking to the name. NXT yeah, it's just a special edition of NXT. Yeah. NXT Women's Title, Indy Hartwell versus Roxanne Perez versus Tiffany Stratton. I think just because Indy's title run just started, they're going to let her keep this one for a little bit. Even though her run did just come like out of nowhere, but I don't know. To be honest with you, yeah, this one. Mm. I'm gonna put a wild card in here, man. I say somehow Tiffany Stratton fucks everybody over and becomes the new women's champion. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think that's where we're going with that. Then I would figure maybe after that, uh, Tiffany and Indy would be uh, would feud, I would guess. Indy and Roxanne would make boring champions. They'd be better with chasing. Tiffany Stratton as a heel with that title would be fucking perfect right now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's such a bitch. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I want, I, I want Stratton for this. Not only do I believe it, it's going to be her, but I want it to be her. So here's crossing my fingers. It's the best result out of the three for sure. Yeah. NXT title, Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. Hayes is too good to lose this on defense one. Man, I do feel like Grayson Waller is going to be the one, though, to win the next champion. I just don't know if it's yet, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, fun. Ironically, that was the end shot, but yeah. I, I guess it's I guess it's for me. It's because like he's challenged for it at takeovers, 
would they really have him win on just a special episode of NXT? Yeah. And I also wouldn't want somebody like Carmelo Hayes to become a transitional champion right now. Oh, yeah. That dude's too good. He's too good to lose it on the first offense. I could see it maybe being Grayson loses this time, and then somewhere down the road, they cross paths again. Because, like I said, I mean, I heard this comparison actually kind of cool the other day. Grayson Waller's like a Chael's son in the, of NXT. You keep beating him, but he keeps finding his way back to that championship. Yeah. Yeah. I say that it should stay with him for now. Grayson Waller will eventually get it, you know? I wish oh, he yeah. He, his day is going to come. Just, you know, not quite yet. He, he's going to be one of those constant threats when you're NXT champion because he's always in the picture. Yeah, I kind of hope that, uh, that they stop having him challenge for it if he's not going to get it because it doesn't make him start to look weak to an extent if it keeps happening, you know? Yeah. Let there be like a long gap where he doesn't even like, where he's not even in the conversation. So then when he comes back, it's like, it's all fuck you again. Yeah, exactly. Not everybody's going to win it though. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody doesn't, if he doesn't and he's just called up or something. He's good enough to where honestly I don't even know if he a hundred percent would like need need it. Like it's not like I'm, I don't feel I don't feel like it's a make or break thing for him. But I do think the NXT title would do wonders for him. But, but as good as he's been so far, not winning the NXT title wouldn't hurt him. Yeah, exactly. So Johnny Gargano is injured again. Sean yeah, Sapp- I believe it's a shoulder injury came back to bite him. Yeah, he said he's suffering from the shoulder injury, the one that he reaggravated. At stand and deliver, so uh, this was what sidelined him for January, and he had a couple of matches in his first few weeks back, and uh, he ended up wrestling a dozen matches after March fourth, and the injury got worse after the Royal Rumble return, and by the time of the NXT match with Grayson Waller, he was severely hampered using one arm. So now they're trying to get him back with physical therapy as opposed to surgery. I think it's a f- terrible red flag that he had that injury came back from injury and then just completely re-aggravated the injury again man that's not a good sign at all and i mean even yeah that's he could, not like cause that tells me he wasn't healthy enough when he came back almost or either he was he- wasn't healthy enough or he went way too hard or he's just injury prone right now he's just in some people become injury prone and unfortunately even if we don't believe that that's how it looks and these are the things that factor into them pushing you putting a title on you featuring you in storylines making long-term plans with you they have to look objectively at you on paper and see how often you get injured what the injury is if it was the same injury and then that's going to factor into a decision it sucks to say this but the reality is that if they ever have to put johnny gargano up against somebody and i'm not talking in the ring but just as far as who they're going to push and it's really close they're going to factor in the fact that one person got injured and gets injured more than somebody who's like regularly healthy. When when people are injury prone, just history also dictates that they stop pushing them. You know, and he's, he's, he's got benched a couple of times, man. You know, I hope that yeah, that's I right. hope the best for him. That fucking sucks. One of the better guys, too, man. Hopefully we're dead wrong and they just can look past that and give him another shot. But. It it looks rough, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping it just they look at like how often he's been injured his entire time in WWE, which is very rarely. 
and hope that kind of plays a little bit of a factor into it. But yeah, hopefully this doesn't become like a regular thing. <laughs> yeah, wishing him the best. So at Impact Rebellion, Tommy Dreamer uh, had a hardcore match uh, against Team Bully. He had his own yeah, team. Yeah, hardcore war to be specific. Yeah. I don't even know who was on Tommy's team and who was on Bully's team, but they had some sort of a hardcore war match. And then afterwards, uh, let me try to find this real quick. Mine's bad. He put out this. This is what he said. just started training he came up with killer kowalski and he got in the ring and years later we joked about it where he was like this was the greatest experience and the scariest experience of my life tonight was a pure example of what i love about professional wrestling it's an escape it's an escape for me there's no other place i wanted to be than in the middle of that ring tonight i have received so much love from the professional wrestling community i just got to say thank you um i'm gonna go away for a while Mentally, I'm not here, and I gotta get better. Cause somebody else needs my love. <sighs> Yuya, Pinder, Killer Kelly, Frankie. I wish the world always sees through my eyes. When I walk out there, I see a whole mass of people from different countries, races, creeds, all showing their love for one thing, and that's professional wrestling. It's a beautiful world that I've lived in, and it's going to be the hardest one that I have to leave. But again, for tonight, I just want to say thank you for everything you've ever done for me. I've literally wrestled in front of billions of people. Thank you for today, and thank you for everything. I love you guys. Hmm. Wonder what happened, right? Um, I believe from what I've heard, I believe uh, his mom is really sick. I definitely wish him well. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Definitely. That's the wish of the Tommy Dreamer. I didn't know what that was about. I didn't know if it was going to be an angle or not. Clearly, it isn't. Hmm. Yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers. Whatever you want, oh, sure. I want him to make it through it. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side. So uh, Kevin Owens was at a house show in Texas, apparently, which was a state he was highly offending when he was, <laughs> I heard about this. When he was in his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he went back there to make amends, according to what we have here. I spent a little bit of time saying certain things about Texas. <laughs> the people that live in Texas. And, uh, of course. It's all in an attempt to lure one Stone Cold Steve Austin back into the ring. But when I'm back, what's I succeeded at? Then you should help me thanking me, okay? But, uh, you know, since I said a lot of bad things, and uh, I'd love to make it up to you all. All right. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. Okay. 
I love how he jumped through the table and then sold, and then Cody and Riddle came looking concerned. Yeah, he put himself through the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I give him credit for getting up high enough at the table, bro. <laughs> he put himself through the fucking table. That's something you'll see every day. So Dark Side of the Ring is coming back with eight more episodes. And these episodes, I felt like they didn't we already have things they, they did a, they're doing Abdullah the Butcher. Didn't somebody already do Abdullah the Butcher? Uh not to my memory. Why do I feel like I've seen an Abdullah the Butcher Dark Side of the Ring thing? What is this? It might be one of those like biography things from like way back, but not in like recent memory. Cause I mean, it's like, I think every now and then you see like those standalone ones. Like I know they've done one for Andre. They've done one for other people, but not anybody that I remember doing Abdullah. Gotcha. Well, you're getting that one. I'm not too excited for that one, to be honest. I mean, there's some interesting stuff there, but whatever. There's certain things I remember hearing about Abdullah the Butcher that makes me interested in that one. Didn't people get like some sort of blood blood transfused diseased blood blood transmitted disease yeah there's um a guy he wrestled because i think for i can't i don't know if it was the last eight years of his career or what but he was like knowingly blading knowing that he had like hep c and just not telling anybody jesus oh yeah he got like a ton of heat for it (laughs) there's a guy i think he wrestled like he straight up got it from him Well, I'm sure that'll be in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Then we get Mike Awesome. Oh, joy. Oh, that one's going to be ECW, crazy. Because you ECW know what's going to pop up in that one is the whole freaking ECW, WCW drama. Exactly. The late Mike Awesome. Joey Styles hated his guts for that. He basically pulled like a Luger in a sense, right? Like he kind of just peaced out on them and wound up in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, just to... With the ECW championship. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, another late person. There's some interesting stories there. There's going to be some... I guess that's why it's called Dark Side. I was about to say there's going to be some dark shit in these. But I just realized there's Dark Side of the Ring. It's not like the A&E stuff where I'm just going to talk about it. Like, this shit is designed to be dark. I was thinking, huh, these are going to all be be (laughs) a little bit dark. They're very choosy with these. (laughs) So you got Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, a good story. Great ECW career, mediocre WWE career, ends in tragedy. Oh, good Lord. Chris Candido. You already know where this one's going by me saying that. Oh, yeah, this one's going. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. And Tammy fucking Sitch. The body donners. Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. It, his is gonna end in tragedy and then it keeps going with hers because I kind of feel like honestly I don't even feel comfortable talking about it just because how strongly I believe it but I truly believe to this day that losing him is what spiraled her whole fucking life man you know what I mean they're gonna talk about it 
Mark my words. Oh, yeah. They're going to be on there. That, that one, that, that's going like, to be yeah, like... They, 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 there was a bit of a self-destructive relationship there, but at the end of the day, I really feel like that's where shit falls apart. Because like, every, every I've noticed every Dark Side of the Rings season has that one where it's like, ooh, that's going to be the rough one. Candido's going to be the rough one this season. Yeah, like, he's never really gotten over his passing. I think that shit will fuck you up, man. You know, that's the reason why I try not to be too hard when I hear her stories. Like, yeah, it gets outrageous when she's just driving through the streets like in GTA. I'll curse her out on here. Fuck it. But uh, for the most part, unless it's something to the extreme threat of lives of others, you'll notice I'm not really always super judgmental on her because of the fact that, like, yeah, she had, like, like that is a rough thing, man. That'll fuck you up. You know? I'll spare you the details, and I'm sure they'll go into it, because we've heard a lot of different things on here, but at least a lot of will get clarified. Maybe it won't, though, because sometimes this show portrays things in a darker light than it needs to. I don't know how we should take it. You know? That's true. Marty Gennetti. I mean, he's still alive, right? (laughs) You know, it's just the tragedy is that he keeps tweeting. (laughs) Magnum TA. Well, you know, he has the he had the car accident thing and everything, right? Which fucks up his career, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. That's um Tesla's grandfather, I believe. Is it? It might be. I forget the the lineage there. I know know he, Tully, and Tesla Blanchard are all related. I can't remember her what her her relation to his though. The Sandman. That one That's like, going to be an intriguing one. I mean, that one's going to be kind of fun. I wonder where the dark's going to be in that. There's a particular New Jack story. I wonder, even though obviously, unfortunately, you can't get New Jack for it, but you can get ECW guys for it. I wonder if there's a particular New Jack story that might pop up. And then Adrian Adonis is the last one on this list. Huh. That one I feel like I'm going to watch just because I'm wondering what might get told because I've never really heard too much about him. I'm at least not to him my up right now because I don't really remember Adrian Adonis. Like that, it's one, weird because it's one of those names where it's like I've heard it and I'm like I should know who you are. No, I don't know. But I can't put like a clue. face to a name. I mean this was very very long ago man. Like damn, he's a New York wrestler. He debuted in nineteen seventy four. Like even the wrestling shots on here in black and white. Like Jesus. you're not gonna fucking the name wrong about, but we're not gonna know the specifics. Right. Okay. Like I was like, I know that name, I just don't know where from. He feuded with Junkyard Dog, George the Animal Steel. He challenged Hulk Hogan for the title on multiple occasions, apparently. So this definitely sounds like one of those guys where it's like it's going to be more like if you were like a wrestling fan way back in the day, you'll know some of these stories. They were like, and it basically says that in May 1986, during Piper's five month hiatus from WWF, Adonis with Hart debuted on their own talk segment, The Flower Shop. I do remember that. It's weird how these are segmented memories. I guess that's what being a kid is like. But these segments were the primary backdrop for Paul Londorf's slow building heel turn against his friend Hulk Hogan, which Adonis relentlessly, needlessly needing need, needing Ondorf about living in Hogan's shadow. 
So yeah, I guess yeah, this was this was an old school. Oh, here you'll know more about it by the time it comes out, right? At least you know the dark side of it. Yeah, there's gonna be darkness. Mm-hmm. You know they guarantee that. It'd be disappointing if you watch Dark Side of the Ring and it just stayed bright the whole time. We'd be like, "What? <laughs> Where was the dark this side?" This is just the side of the ring. Oh boy. All right, I'm cherry picking these stories now to see what else. Hornswoggle's son, Swoggle Junior. That's what he's gone by in the ring. No, he isn't. I was about to say, please don't tell me it's really his name. But he he hits a frog splash at a match. And, uh, you know, he was just being featured kind of like the way they do with Hornswoggle, where he just comes in and does a spot and that's it. You know, they did a thing like that with him, so I figured we would take a look. Yeah, nah, he was in the match. But for anyone listening on just the podcast, I bet you all were expecting there to be a new little person that jumped off the ropes. You stupid fucks! You ignorant fucks! <laughs> you ignorant, close-minded fucks! You look, you you visualize a different colored little person in your little in your little cartoon brain. You just visualize someone in a in an alternate hornswoggle attire diving off the ropes. You fucks, right? Isn't that what you thought? You thought I'm not gonna even gonna lie, I did it too. <laughs> You just thought that, just because because that's how it works, right? This is like that's fucking. That's my brain this, immediately went. This shit is like Dungeons and Dragons. They're just they're they're, they're a race, right? They're a race of I people. I just expected a small little person. <laughs> you just oh thought for some reason. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that so many of you. I'm sure thought that there was gonna be a different little person up there. Oh Horn my god! If you said no, you're a liar. See, that goes to show. The, we have wrestling fans that just watch too much Monday Night Raw. See, you know what that is? No, the, in my case, that's somebody who watches way too much TLC. Yeah. Because that's a big... <laughs> you guys just thought that he had a little son because he's a little guy himself and that that's all that was going to be to it. <laughs> oh Where, my god, everybody went the forest go route. Is he like me? Yeah. Well, no, he was in that match. He wasn't just featured like Hornswoggle. He got a pretty decent frog splash, you His son's name is Landon. Well, good on you, Landon. And he's proper sized. I like, too, that, like, he didn't, like, half-ass the landing. Like, you see some people who've never been in the ring, like, he ate that shit. And that's freaking Brian Myers that did the three count, apparently. Brian Myers used to be Kurt Hawkins, right? Yeah, no, Chad Hawkins, yeah. It doesn't look like him. He looks completely different now. Like. That's weird as shit, man. I didn't even know that, that was him. But yeah, uh, Hornswoggle's son, well, I'm sorry, Hornswoggle tweeted, proving more and more how much cooler he is than me already. You see that? That is pretty cool. But I love that some yeah, of you guys awesome. just expected there to be another little person here. I mean, does it happen, though? I mean, it could happen. It, it, it's possible. It That's the thing about it. It's possible. Because wasn't there that show, Little People something? Yeah, like it was on little TLC. Little. You and see my children, justification. <laughs> and, and the children were born little, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it could happen. It's just like a chance. It's a dice roll, man. That's the ultimate fucking high stakes game right there. 
when you really think about it. Like, oh my God, I bet you missed that mark. How do they know? Do you think they know when you're first born? They probably do, right? There's a way that they could tell. I think they. I think it takes time to figure it out. Yeah. Remember that episode of Different Strokes where Arnold realized he wasn't going to grow? I love that they incorporated what fucking actual <laughs> Gary Coleman was going through in real life into the show. I mean, I guess you couldn't ignore it if you wanted the show to run. After a while, people would have been like, what is he, a fucking vampire? Like, what's happening here? Right. This show is about a cute little kid for 20 years. <laughs> Don't nobody stay cute that damn long. Yeah, after a while, it was a little bit strange, right? Because Arnold got darker over time. He looks real cute in the early episodes, but later on, it's like, geez, he is just a grown-ass man. A man, baby. <laughs> Why? Why are you a man, baby? <laughs> hey, man, gotta be real sometimes. Sometimes, hey, man, sometimes you draw a man, baby. Nah. I know some people hate Gary Coleman. He was kind of not fun to... to to listen to to be honest with you i'm gonna be real like if you look up his stuff he's an unpleasant person it's the total opposite of the character he portrayed like he's pretty much a fucking drag man right i'm dead serious like i don't know why we're talking about gary coleman but since we are you know he was a drag man he was the pooper of the party he really was okay I wouldn't even be trying to be funny. Like, I was just like, yeah, that's what it was. I remember one time, I think it was on the Howard Stern show, where somebody interviewed him. And I don't remember what they were talking about or how he segued into this. But he was, like, very proud and boastful about the fact that he never... I mean, look, everybody teaches on. I'm going to open here. Okay. I don't even know how to enter this properly. We're just going in. But he was very boastful about the fact that he'd never given, like, the opposite gender any kind of head basically like that was like his his thing wait a minute <laughs> hold on let me finish he was very proud of this though it's not just that he said it like it was kind of like but and i only seen this interview once but it stayed with me why wouldn't it right listen to arnold talk about giving head you don't anyway, forget some shit like that anyway he basically was saying that you know he doesn't because he's educated and like he knows how he knows biology and he understands how the anatomy down there works. So he's not going to do anything like that. You know? I just thought it was a really <laughs> weird conversation for Gary Coleman to be having. Let alone his take right. on it. But yeah, his take on it was that he never had and never will because he knows what goes on. Like, he re- he knows he reads books and he's educated in biology and, I guess, physiology and shit. And, you know, he knows what goes on down there. So he ain't doing that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Gary Coleman, you folks. Know, like, just remember, the world don't move to the beat of just one drama. Might be right for you, may not be right for some. Like it's 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 like the previous version of freaking when Ben Shapiro said he never made his wife wet. Like, did he really? He, oh, you've never heard that story? Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> What? So, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to tell the story the best I remember it. Try to tell it the cleanest you remember it. <sighs> I'll try. I don't, see <laughs> <how you> forget- <laughs> I don't know where this is going. What when, the fuck? Um, Did you say Ben Shapiro? Everybody remembers when. Um, Did you say, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Did you say Ben Shapiro? Yes. What a weird thing for him to. You see how it's a strange. It's always just someone who you wouldn't. Have- like Gary Coleman and now Ben Shapiro. 
ain't that some shit? But like, you remember when uh, well, you wouldn't you don't listen, you usually listen to her. But when Cardi B came out with a song called WAP, if you want to know what it means, just look it up. And Ben Shapiro, I I guess I don't know if he pulled a Hogan and didn't realize what he said. But he basically said on along the lines of, oh, yeah, I've, uh, I've never done that to my wife before. And the internet went apeshit. Yeah, jeez. I guess he maybe he didn't know what <laughs> whapping was. He might have been too scared to find out what whapping was. He was like, I don't know what this whapping is, but I'm not doing it. I don't know. I don't know what this whap is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, dude, it happens. <laughs> I'm gonna try to go to bat for him and hope that he he just didn't understand the terminology rather than he's a, 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 a you know what I mean? You hope so, right? Like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna definitely hope that, you know. I mean sometimes you're not familiar with the term. Dude, I I mean here's my H one, but I remember before the word twerking was invented. Like I remember the day of the word and I remember thinking <laughs> I remember thinking I can't even say what I remember hoping that it wasn't that I was just hoping it wasn't anything negative as, as much as I'm gonna say but I was just thinking when people first told me about it, I was like nope don't want to know not interested I'm not gonna be a part of whatever it is because remember we grew up with a culture that just became more progressively stupid so I just automatically assumed whatever's gonna happen I don't want to and then I finally stumbled across and I was like oh well that's nice <laughs> <laughs> Here I was thinking that I was going to be offended in some way. You guys, oh, you guys, come in, this bring it in, awesome. bring it in, bring it in, everybody. My bad, my bad. I was being, I was just stupid. I was just stupid. I don't know what the fuck. I was just stupid. Like, I just, the whole thing changed, you know? But I remember in the beginning, I first I was like, nope, don't care about these new terms. Don't give a fuck what you're trying to show me. Don't want to eat oh, it. Don't want to, don't want to watch it. And then I saw, I was like, oh, okay. Every now and then, you know, maybe he heard fap and he was like, ah, oh. you know, I thought it was just something. I don't know what he thought it was. I'll have to figure this one out. We'll bring it up for next week. I'll do some research and tell you and oh, find out whether or not Ben. All I gotta do is send you the song, and you'll see how bad it was. Yeah, I'm not running the song out here. Not out <laughs> here. Oh no, 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 no! This will be from behind the scenes. Oh god. Oh god, I'm not excited. <laughs> you no, shouldn't much be. Like, much like Ben, <laughs> much like Ben Shapiro's wife. Apparently, I'm just not excited right now. I guess according to according to legend, according to strange legend and myth. Oh god! Holy shit! Tell you, it's like, it's like you said earlier. The most fun stuff is the stuff we don't plan. <laughs> okay, raw or dynamite. <laughs> Fuck it, we over here talking about WAP raw. <laughs> I like that play on words. That was great. That turned out. I better. saw it. I couldn't resist. It turned out better than anyone would have expected I suppose. oh so, yeah raw came to us from arkansas north little rock arkansas simon's bank arena these places get so many new names that sometimes i don't know where we are on the planet <laughs> right like where like everything has like new- 10 places all these arenas are always changing the bloodlines here in your house Is about to unfold. Damian Priest, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor. They're so well dressed. Fancy. 
sir. Hit him up. Your tribal chief didn't want anyone except for Solo. E even, even Mr. Balor, from what I understand. But Mr. Balor is going to put aside his deep personal feelings about us. And Solo is an expert at assuaging concerns. Would you please switch with Solo? Just hang with me. Thank you. Getting to the point that... Is everything okay here? For now. The Judgment Day needs something taken care of. We have a Sami Zayn problem. We have a riddle to solve. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Riddle six-man tag team match against the Judgment Day. It sure is. Solo Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio. And the draft is one week from Friday on SmackDown and continues on, on Raw. It's the last SmackDown of this month and the first Raw of next month, May 1st. For anyone who's wondering. Good match here with Solo Sokoa and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio looks like he's going back in time. Crazy. You know? Like, he really has had like a second career. It's quite outstanding to see he, he moves like the like the right like the left knee bit never happened didn't this all start because he did a cameo at raw 1000 or something if i recall i believe so yeah i think it was uh, something that happened with raw 1000 he just started feeling good again yeah he was just supposed to be there just for that and look at how well it turned out you know how many times have we heard that though in the wrestling business where it's like somebody was just supposed to be here for one thing and then they start feeling like themselves again like that was the case with Shawn michaels when he came back in 2002. that street fight with triple h and SummerSlam was supposed to be it and then he started feeling like himself again yeah but this is on a whole different he's a total respect to sean ray's a whole different beast his return was row 1000 this is row 1560. <laughs> and it's every week <laughs> you know what I like? The holy shit. Like, boy, was he ready to return. Solo goes over. This monster of a push for Solo continues. Good, he deserves it, man. Oh, yeah. Dude's been great. Dakota Kai against Bianca Belair. You can sense the tension in WWE draft stars. Spare that poor baby to the wolves. But she did good though. Uh, you know, it wasn't a squash match, but come on. It was one of those things where it's like you know she ain't gonna win. <laughs> yeah. They should have just made it a title match, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, at least give her something then. I guess just because she didn't really earn it. Last week against EO Sky was a title match, though, you know? Right. It's almost like they just make it feel that you would think, just to make it even between all the girls in that stable, it would now be this week a title match against the other girl. Not just, oh, but you suck, so we're not even going to make a title match like we did for EO. You're just going to get killed for a regular <laughs> match. Now, fuck you, bye. You know? <laughs> Which is what it felt like, more or less. You know? 
Why not two title matches? Then it would have made perfect sense. But whatever. You don't need to be Bad Bunny's friend. Just like I don't need Rey Mysterio to be my father. But watching Solo until there isn't any more Rey Mysterio. Satisfied? Ben, what do you think? Eh. Eh? He wrote him a check. Eh. So you a blank check. With your tribal chief. That sounds like an issue between Roman and the Usos. No, I don't think he wrote him a check, did he? Judgment day goes, we handle our business. Bipolar. Call Roman Reigns. For some reason, that scene, it like reminds me of like, the, it's like the IRL version of in South Park when one of the regular kids goes up to the emo group in the neighborhood and they're like, ah, fuck, we have to deal with these motherfuckers now. Right? Isn't that what it looks like? See, <laughs> and I'm so mad at you now because now all I see is them doing the dance the golf kids always doing. <laughs> you know my brain goes down to dumb shit like that. You don't do that to me. Like you went to their neighborhood. I'm telling you. <laughs> Come to the ring, Brock Lesnar. I appreciate the spirit. I appreciate what you're trying to do. Listen to me for a second. You can't do it. You are not medically cleared to be here tonight. We all respect the spirit that is Cody Rhodes. Please leave the ring. You're not medically cleared to be here tonight. Just like that. Thank you for the respect. I'm going to leave. Oh, Cody, what are you doing? Cody? Gentlemen, please come help Cody Rhodes leave the ring tonight. Ah, oh, and here come the gentlemen. Think about this, please. Look at Brock rocking that attire there. Huh? Red Dead Brock over here. Yeah, looks like a badass. This company, that's one of the changes that I've seen that's really made a big difference that no one gives them enough credit for. Everyone not always wearing, like, their own shirt or their own, like, WWE in-ring attire during segments and situations changes everything. Like, look at how much more impactful this is because of the way it was shot and the fact that Brock wasn't out there in his fucking trunks. You know what I mean? It, this is the way it, it used to be, you know? I always wondered why people don't come in dressed from outside. Cowboy, you are a coward. Cody Rhodes just called the beast incarnate. Seth freaking Rollins taking on the Miz, and it's coming up next on Raw. Oh, yeah, that's Brock backstage looking all dangerous. The fucking The Miz versus Seth Rollins. Match of the fucking night. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people spoke highly of this match. This was actually a regular, a very solid match. I went back and actually watched it in its entirety. Here is the link for anybody that would like to see from the official WWE YouTube. This match has been praised across the board, backstage, online. Like, they really put their heart and soul into it. I like when there's a workhorse match in the middle of Raw. And two guys just really go at it and do their best. And this was that. You know? Oh, yeah. Miz they wrestled like they were headline a pay-per-view. Miz was always, always able to go. I feel like every generation, people forget that Miz is able to go, and then he goes, and they're like, oh, shit, Miz is able to go. Do you guys see him? Yeah. It's like it's each time like, this yeah, happens. We, you know? we saw it every other time before this. <laughs> this you know? is nothing new. You know, this was really good. 
you know? He's, I mean, he's really technically sound in the ring. I don't know how people don't give him credit for that. You know, people don't like to give people credit for stuff nowadays. And obviously, Rollins and him are going to put on a good match. There's a reason we have the roster we do, believe it or not, guys. It's like people just don't get it. They don't understand the structure of this company. They're capable of doing this kind of shit all the time. You know, I told you guys before. They don't do it all the time, so they don't ruin it. I told you guys before, the WWE style, when executed perfectly, is the superior style by far. Bobby Lashley against Austin Theory. Oh, a great match is always between these two. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, damn, is this feud long? Like this feud took a pause and then started back again. This is like one of the longest feuds in history. Yeah. Oh my God. But hey, any excuse to see Austin Theory out there, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, he's getting good experience facing Bobby Lashley. No question about that. Yeah, a long-term guy. So I mean, it's definitely it's benefiting him in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to get comfortable with somebody who's been at it as long as Bobby has. That is wild. God, he got him alive. I don't like his dominator though. He goes to the side like that. We always said that about him. God. What the fuck? There's not many moves in the business where I feel like you have to dread knowing you're taking the job because you gotta take that shit. But that's fucking one of them. But listen to the ring. That's the springs not giving. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Fuck that. What the <laughs> fuck? That is fucked up. His gravity is amazing, right? It's like he has his own gravity that he brought from home. 
to the WWE, women's wrestling was a joke. I was the trailblazer. Without me, there would be no women's revolution and certainly no women in the main event of WrestleMania. You guys were chanting, this is awesome. Does she actually believe her own hype? Did Becky say thank you for opening the door for me? Everything, I would be nothing without you. Trish Stratus is nobody's sidekick. This, not a sidekick. I took out Lita, yeah. And the reason I needed Lita out of the picture, that the person who screwed Becky Lynch out of her titles was me. I wasn't about to let Becky Lynch or any of you rewrite history. I am the greatest of all time, and I'm here to make sure none of you forget it. Uh, damn, well, nobody ever questioned that shit. Last week, right? I challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at Backlash. Are you satisfied that he accepted that match tonight? I'm satisfied, of course. I'm ecstatic that I'm wrestling Brock Lesnar at Backlash in Puerto Rico in three weeks. I lost at WrestleMania. Not only that, but tonight I'm held back. Brock Lesnar turns his back and walks out on me. I mean, I'm sure there'll be reprisals from that. I lost my temper. We have backed the beast into a corner, and the only way out is for him to win. But everything I know and everything that I have been through, I just can't allow it. Thank you, Kevin. That brings us to a tag team match. Candice LeRae and Meechin against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. These tag teams are this this tag team division is, is completely terrible. Like I I can't decide what team sucks more. They're all such terrible shitty teams that I don't care who wins. I hope they all lose. <laughs> like look at these thrown together fucking teams there's not a team there's nothing here i don't know how how do we wind up in this situation it's just random tag teams like not for nothing the only real team it seems like in this division isn't here right now because ronda's still injured this is terrible no one has any kind of chemistry with one another here well, they just exist this is the worst thing right now in the company. Yeah. Worse. Draft one week from Friday on SmackDown. Champions can switch brands and don't forget, tag teams can get split up. Nah. Yeah. Well, let's go talk to Adam Pierce, man. Let's yeah. Go. I'm probably gonna go first in the draft. And I know that gives you a lot of anxiety. But you come with oh, me. Thank you, you so much. Thank so is this storyline going where it's like Boogs is gonna get recruited first because he's more over, and then poor Elias is gonna not be, you know? I can yeah, I can see whichever whenever they get drafted, it's probably gonna be Boogs getting drafted first. Uh, they should give Elias, if they're not doing it, because it almost reminds me of it, they should give Elias the Yamcha freaking Universal Tournament gimmick. Oh, man, I know these guys are going to be coming to recruit me soon. Yep. Any day now. I know Goku and are going to be here to recruit me. Yeah, man, they're going on that Universal Tournament. It's really dangerous, poor So It's only a matter of time until they come to get us. And then they just never did. <laughs> See, what you do, what you do, if you do it for Elias, you go full, full bore. Every draft pick cut to Elias. Man, right, wouldn't next. be this time, but I know it's coming. Just with every number, he'll start to stand up, right? Oh, <laughs> 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 
the worst part about this, no matter how many picks, it'll never stop being funny. Nope. It could be a hundred picks in the same night, still funny. Yeah, big star. Yeah, baby. last pick in the draft. That's fucked up. It's killed. Oh. What is it? How come Tazawa was such a savage? <laughs> Look what he did here. He left like a, but this was worse. Listen to his delivery. Nobody wants you. You suck. Nobody wants you. Oh he did that shit where he didn't even wait to come down from the laugh before he told him. Anyway, we'll skip all of the pageantries here because next is a six-man tag team match. Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn against the Judgment Days. Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor with Rhea Ripley at ringside. Oh, this is a lovely six-way. Totally. There's so many people here from the Indies, it's not even funny. I think, yeah, Dominic's the only one that's not from some kind of indie. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Goes to show that their system works in the center. Oh, I got turned inside yeah. out there. But I feel like the right people wound up in the in the best positions in this company, you know? Like it's, and Dominic, really Dominic too, hanging in there with all these people who all came from the indies. It's turned out really good, man. I have to say, the restructuring has been really excellent. So, yeah, this is this has been beautiful. Oh God, on the apron! That is rough for you. Riddle's also a bump machine. They don't give him enough credit for that. He takes some crazy shit. He takes some ass kickings. Hot tag to Zane, of course. Get in there. Oh, crotched. Poor Sami Zayn. Get out of here. The quality of matches has gone up across the board in modern-day WWE, man. Oh, my God. Tenfold. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They finally have that perfect harmony with everything that's going on. Riddle got him. Floating bro. Followed by ass weapons. It's the LWO. Look at that. We have stables again. When was the last time you had stable warfare in WWE? You got three stables out there. You got the Judgment Day. You got the Bloodline. You got the LWO. Like if it wasn't for the fact that we already had a War Games match this year, this would have been it for me. Look at how great that is. That is, that is a Raw. That's how you do a proper Raw. That's how you go home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
And then this is what happened after the cameras turned off. Poor Dominic was left alone. I guess everybody peaced out. He got the Triple H after all spot. Stunned. Yeah. That big baby face celebration. I like how some people are already leaving. Those are the same motherfuckers who walk out while the credits are rolling in Marvel and then not understand how the phases connect. <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, if you hadn't have left. You know, you can't just sit through the credits and just talk about the movie a little bit. Like, what are you in a rush? You so busy? Like, worse, you'll never see me do. I'll stand up and, like, stretch, but I'll freaking still watch for the credits. Hell yeah. Now, and same thing with when I go to these roles. I'm still here during this. What kind of a fool would leave? Well, you, you don't know what's going to happen afterwards. Sometimes stuff does. The parents don't give a fuck. No fucks are giving the people who are there just to bring, to bring the kids. They're like, all right, let's go. You got to see your show. Let's take your punk ass to bed. See, they got an excuse. They got... Oh, good old Raw. Yeah, but I feel like they have a very established landscape here. Yeah, they literally just need to fix the women's tag division and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm right there with you when it comes to that. Everything else, though, great. They did 1,815,000 viewers with a point fifty eight in the 18 to 49 demographic. There's 3,000 smaller than the April 10th episode with the rating down 2%, or a little bit less than 2%. As far as overall, Raw's up 10% in viewers, 22% in the 18 to 49 demographic, and 34% in the 18 to 34 since this same week last year. So they're up across the board. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Let me see if there's any news because I know we're running late. Let's see if there's any news worth talking about that we could skip until next week before we talk about Raw. I mean, Dynamite. Why did I say Raw? We just talked about Raw. We could talk Raw twice. No, No, we can't. (laughs) No, we really can't, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Effie? Isn't he some guy off the indies? Is that who he is? Must be off the deep indies because I've never seen him before. No, must be. I, I, just, I feel like I've heard that name in like the deep indies. Like, gotcha. So Effie apparently. According to according to this report, Gabe Zapowski, if you guys don't remember him, 
he's creative he's uh he's the creator of ring of honor he's one of the former bookers i forget if he's the creator of ring of honor and evolve but i know he's one of the head bookers in both we've talked about his lineage on here before but he's been doing seminars and he's been using effie as an example of how to brand yourself because it's reported that effie is amazing at branding and has made a lot of money uh So this is what the seminars have been about, apparently. But Effie had this to say, which he put on social media. Hi, this is Effie. I'm a world-traveled independent professional wrestler. And recently, some things have been brought to my attention that sound complimentary, but I take a little issue with them. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky, you've been holding seminars online and discussing things about how Effie is wonderful at branding and selling myself and making money. And of fucking course I am. But I politely ask that you keep my name out of your fucking mouth because you're the problem with the entire industry today. For years that evolved because you did something good with CM Punk at Ring of Honor, you could manipulate and gaslight and carrot dangle and underpay and lie to people about pay and give them t-shirts or let them set up your ring for two years and then never really give them opportunities. And most egregiously of all, uh, making more money on seminars than any of those shows ever actually drew on their own ticket making foundation. You, sir, are the problem with what's holding indie wrestling down. You, sir, are the creative control that keeps people from having agency over themselves. Of course I'm successful because I never listened to you. You tried to stop me from doing things that said would get me blackballed and I only got bigger and better. And I know you had to run away to sell NFTs when you got fired for a minute, but now that Triple H has you back, everyone seems to have fucking forgotten that you are a fraud, a fool. And beyond all the pay issues, I've heard all the stories of you yelling and screaming and acting like a petulant child in an environment that should be wonderful, nourishing, and uplifting to those that are there. So uh, if you'd like to hear a real seminar, you can come talk to me. I'm happy to do it. But I imagine that listening to Gabe at this point is probably not your best bet. I'm sorry to go off on a rant, but I had to say something because this is the ninth time someone has brought up that Gabe said, Effie doesn't like me, but look how good he is. Well, a fucking course. <coughs> I'm not wasting a whole video on him. Tonight at 8 p.m., we will celebrate indie wrestling with positivity, with fair pay, with agency over creative control on Monday Not Raw. Twitch.tv slash Effie Lives, 8 p.m. I'll see you all there. Hi, this is Effie. Oh, there you have Effie. Damn. I'm so not Effie, you. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe replied and said, actually, Effie, this is the gaslighting, lies, and great exaggerations. You could have asked me this in person when you waved at me at GCW and I was standing next to you in the backstage instead of using me for tribalism marketing now. I give my heart slash soul to Indies and will always help. And then he deleted this. And that's the last of that story. Hmm. I don't know what's happening there, you know. I mean. Dreamer. Yeah, that's rough. If you're putting somebody over in your seminars and they're like, fuck you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely insane. But uh, yeah, Gabe was good and creative. You know, he's he's very influential. He's had like a big oh for sure. Freaking, he's like a big influence on the business. So yeah, apparently some people think otherwise, and it's amazing with the internet. Everybody's just allowed to just call each other out under all circumstances, no matter what. You know, with no fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. What else do we got going on here? 
I think we're good. We should just jump into dynamite to wrap this up since it's long and then call it. So Dino- into that. Yeah, so Dynamite 185 came to us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's Peterson Events Center. Jungle Boy. That is Jack Perry to you, sir. Okay, do another thing again. Yeah. You know, we've all been with Straight out of Raw, right? This segment feels like it was made <laughs> by someone who watched too much Raw. Come on, this is made by somebody who watched way too much Monday Night Raw booking. From, from perspective people view you as a follower not a champion if you want to become world champion you're gonna to have to do it on your own because i think chris jericho is holding you back jack perry whatever you go by nowadays is it jack all right that's jack it's jack perry my bad you're a hand picked because you're a part of this california click nothing about you intimidating me yeah you know i'm standing here Looking at that pain all over your face. You're rude to everybody that back there who you think isn't cool enough for you. You're only here because you didn't make it as a skateboarder. And you, an immense challenge to come up with a new way to describe what a dirtbag you are. With Sammy Guevara, what you see is exactly what you get. You put your body, your life, your future on the line. You are still a scumbag piece of shit. Oh, you wasted a shit. You hate MJF so much, but in reality, you are just like him. We will do whatever it takes to make it. We will risk our lives. We'll do whatever crazy thing we got to do to make it, and we did. And honestly, Darby, I have to thank you because you gave me hope in this place. You were the first pillar to win a championship here, but I'm going to do it better, and I did three times. Now it's your turn. Sit back and watch me as I, World Heavyweight Champion. I and the next AEW World Champion. But I'm not just going to do it for me. I'm going to do it for every single person who has supported me since day one. Make music, cut my music. Oh no, Pittsburgh, you don't like me, huh? You actually think Britt Baker is talented. Stop fighting over me. You're making me blush. Oh my God. There is going to be a Pillars Tournament. Can I get a hat, please, real quick, with all their names in it? The person getting a bye in round one is... Darby Allen. In round one, Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy, a night player. Wow. Good luck beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. Hey, man, sorry, hit my music. I don't want to look at these schmucks a second longer. So leave without the music. <laughs> you don't have to leave the style, sir. Yeah, exactly. Well, there we go, the Four Pillars Tournament. Woohoo! Anyway, tag team match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter against the Outcast, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm. Saray always plays so nicely with the fans, right? I believe that was actually Britt's mom, too. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Mama Baker got a grip. You don't play. 
Alright, we're not even waiting. We're coming straight up the ramp for them. That's some hatred right there. Look at cameraman in the way of the other cameraman. How unprofessional of him. Gotta get out of the shot. Of the shot. Oh, this was good stuff. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, hey, it's nice to see women tag teams that are actually tag teams. Well, Sarah running around the ring like a freaking lunatic. <laughs> she <felt> like <laughs> Nasty. Hot tag. My good old Brett. Yeah, this is her hometown, right? We're in Pittsburgh. Of course, you got to have Brett out there. Oh, yeah. Can't not do it. Ah, break the count with a body. Jamie, Jamie Hayter hit so fucking hard. Yep. Strong striker. Strike strong and true. Beautiful. Yeah, everything's a false finish here. There's that lockjaw. I said hometown celebration. Not going to miss out, are we? for the TNT Championship. Marshall was pretty effective uh, ringside. I uh, sure do. You see, it wasn't too long ago I had uh, a horseman ringside with me evening the playing field. I decided to reach out to another horseman to even the odds tonight. Arn Anderson, so great to see you back. You may have always liked you. Let me get this right. Let me run the laundry list. Took your cash, took your credit cards, hung it out the window, kid stuff. Then they took your championship. You want to do uh, kind of what I used to do or try to do some of that kind of stuff? Because Billy Blanchard was a smart guy. Probably taught you how to be the best checkers player in the entire AEW. But telling you, starting tonight, everybody get ready. We'll start playing chess. That's serious business right there. Kansas. Such a cool intro, right? It never gets old. It's so good. I hope they keep it forever. I don't think anybody else could have pulled it off but them. You sent my uncle to the hospital, you sent my friends and ambulances with him. Taking that screwdriver out of the turnbuckle and plunging it into your face, John Moxley. The purpose of us being out here is an invitation. Blackpool Combat Club, let's squash the beef once and for all. Wow, they're getting called out here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys have interview time and you come out saying, I don't have much to say? Uh-oh. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, it was oh my God! Look at Nick go! It was a great setup, but I'll tell you what—the elite has 
Damn, right by the steps too. Don't face plant into those steps, homie. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Northern lights on the outside. That's pretty rough. Two of them. I like the feud with all of these guys. Yeah, this is a very even playing field. Three, six guys who don't have a problem getting very violent. God. Don was like, fuck that, I tried. <laughs> but then he's like, I'm going to have to come back with something bigger. Ah! I love how Takeshita <laughs> has no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> he knew he had to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> and probably some eliminations. <laughs> Join the elite. There you go. We got to re re recruit Takeshita. Good stuff. Yeah, we got a TNT championship match. Powerhouse Hobbs defending his championship, being accompanied by Harley Cameron and QT Marshall against Wardlow with Arn Anderson. Big old Haas fight. Yeah, big heavy hitting fight here. Yeah, this has been a long term feud, boy. I gotta tell you that much. Oh, yeah, they've been going for a minute. Like, I love how they take the tour of the crowd and then come right back into the ring afterwards. Like, hey, why not? Oh. The Wardle Swanton is gorgeous. Yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs has everything that he needs, and I kind of feel like putting him in that TMZ ripoff gimmick works because now he gets the valet and. The distraction, all that other shit, it all comes together pretty yeah. well for him. Because he had like nothing going on before. Beautiful spine buster there, by the way. That's gonna that's gonna work a long, long, long term for him for sure. Yeah, and it gives QT Marshall something to do that makes him less annoying. It actually fits the persona of QT Marshall. He dropped the Glock. <laughs> oh, that's right. Arn's gonna shoot you. They damn forgot about that DDT. Look at that. I love how the refs just looking right at all this shit happening. <laughs> it has lost control of everything. And Wardlow with the upset. I didn't expect him to lose. I didn't expect Powerhouse Hops to lose the title on fucking random episode of Dynamite, huh? Right. Like, holy shit. I love how somebody was immediately prepared to challenge him. Christian with Luchasaurus. How do you feel about tonight's main event? Sammy G, the Spanish God! Arriba! We're not friends. What do you want? Okay, first of all, harsh. Second of all, listen, man, I feel like me and you, for whatever reason, we've just gotten off on the wrong foot ever since the Inner Circle days. I don't even mind the fact that you stick your tongue out more than Gene Simmons on meth. I don't. Ah. What do you want, Max? Get okay. to the point. Okay. I believe that I have an agreement that would behoove both of us. I'm offering you a guaranteed spot in the main event of Double or Nothing for the AEW World Championship. All you have to do is just lay down. And there oh. it is. Of course, of course. Run, so it's gotta be 
going to beat Jungle Boy tonight, then I'm going to beat Darby, and then I'm going to beat you and become the world champion. I think you're better than, than, than Darby and Jungle Boy combined. Not just one pillar, not two, but three pillars, and when one of them is a generational talent, shaky, shaky, slim to none. I'm also offering you a blank check. You write down any number you want, any number you want, and I know you're not going to hold me over a barrel. He said crease, he said crease, didn't he? It's okay. Crease that expensive? Okay. Oh, okay. Is this seriously your price, ma'am? That's my price. Got yourself a deal. Max. Oh, wow. Shake hands. Friends, hug. Oh, friends for money. Like a fair price for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. Just... It's capitalism at its best, friend. Merc. Singles match, Jay White's debut match being accompanied by Juice Robinson against Commander. Look at that. We're, we have a full-fledged Bullet Club invasion going on here, right? It's every member of Bullet Club. <laughs> I guess. Oh, God. You know, this was a fun the, match. This is entertaining. We got the B-Lit Club because the real Bullet Club is over in New Japan being led by Finley. And this, you, this commander is fucking terrible, man. I give up. Look at some of this bullshit. Jay White has he to. He was doing way too much. Like, first of all, Jay White has to lean into all of his spots because he's always off. You know, like he just. Ugh. It, this is the guy. This is the same one, right? The wee that guy. Like it's just. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> that guy, man. It's just a little too much. It's a little too much. His stuff is a little Forget too cool. flippy. He's a star. Poor monkey, Jay bro. had to make sure this man didn't die all match. Whee! Look at this <laughs> shit, man. He's a, like, I, I like high sequences, but man, he is a spot monkey. There's no, there's no ground psychology whatsoever. Like at least with like El Hilo de Vite, the uh, Kingo, like there's stuff in between with him. It's just ropes, then ropes, then more ropes. Then a little bit of ropes, then a whole lot of ropes, then ropes. <laughs> Look at that, it's good old Ricky Starks. It's supposed to be about your tag titles, but I do need you to know that Mark Briscoe is currently being tended to by the medical staff. Uh-oh. Oh, he got attacked. I'm ready to roll right now. Tell we got it. Man, I'm fine, man. I'm a pro dad, man. Come on. We got this. We got this. No, no, no. We got this. Wait, 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 wait. You two and you two. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't want to team with them. Come on, man. For my friend. For my friend. We'll lead the way for Mark. Follow us. Boo. Adam Cole hit you, Shivani? No. No, I, I beat him in other video games. Sounds like you love Adam Cole in Pittsburgh tonight, right? Chris Jericho. I know how much I, I studied and idolized you. My catchphrase was inspired by Chris Jericho. Someday, I want to be like Chris Jericho. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho in the ring for the first time ever. I do have a ton of respect for you. Adam Cole, baby! I really 
want to say from the bottom of my heart that I have absolutely zero respect for you. Wow. Okay. Aww. In fact, I think you're kind of an arrogant son of a bitch. Okay. He can be at times. Lucky I don't slap your dumb face right here, right now. Uh, because me and a lot of people here in Pittsburgh, lately we think you've been a real jag off. Aww. That's allowed. <laughs> That's allowed. I'll allow it. Jericho <laughs> is an insecure, fickle, stupid idiot. Oh. You my attention, and you've got it. So now what? Oh. First of all, I am not a jag off. You don't impress me, Cole. You don't want to have anything to do with me. The ring that Jericho built right here, right effing now. Uh, you wonder what I'm gonna do about it? How about this? Oh, Adam Cole! So much for that being a respectful. You know what they say: never meet your heroes. Right. Brute with the run, and occasionally she runs in for freaking Adam Cole. Look at that. Gonna defend her, man. I love this setup. This was great. Got ya. Gear accepted. Piece of shit chance and everything. <laughs> no, bad. You guys need to get pizza shit chance. Six-man tag team match. The acclaimed Anthony Bones and Morris against the Jericho Appreciated Society's Angela Parker, Jake Hager, and and Hager's hat. And Hager's hat. The wrestles and doesn't lose the hat. It's crazy. This feud has is all about hat. That's that's what this hats is Hats and oh shit. That's where our values are. That's what we do it. The good match though. Yeah, Russian society, it's such a shitty name. You know? I guess yeah. that's the point, though. They're supposed to... Yeah, you're not supposed to like the name. Look at that. Over. Over against Jack Perry. <laughs> nice Frothberry flop there. Crazy for... Spanish fly. And, high above and look, the thing is Darby above everything. Ring is good though too, you know, we could focus on that. But yeah, obviously. It's yeah, supposed to be I like good. I like the whole concept of this. Like it's got been here since the beginning. I love this spot. I don't even know what the fuck to like 
It's almost like somehow into a fucking uh, Canadian destroyer. He hooked it like a DDT. That's the crazy part. Beautiful. He hit like three moves all in the same shot. Yeah. Oh, ho, ho. that is. I can't remember the name of the guy, but apparently that's that's an old New Japan. Rana there, yeah. Maybe he's got another pain, man. Snare trap results in a rope break. What's supposed to happen there? I feel the center of that table. That couldn't have gone worse, oh. man. I am the the right side of the table. I like, what the fuck was that supposed to be? Positioned uh, in a way where he could have done that though. Whatever it was. JF making sure that his that his chosen pillar goes through. Friends now because of the money and the greed. There you have it. 830,000 viewers with a point twenty-eight in the eight graphic. Down from last week viewers in the exact same demographic. Go figure. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has. Nope, it definitely isn't. She might make it worse. <laughs> that folks, we are wrapping up here. That is it for everybody who hung out. Thank you to those of you that are going to listen to this across all platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Player FM, other places popular podcasts are found, as well as the live audience, and also those that are going to catch the, the Twitch channel. Don't forget, this is not the end. It's on this channel throughout the rest of the week. So if you're into streaming and hang out, otherwise, we will catch you next week. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to 271, hosted by your truly Rick Dare, K. Captain Brunch, from my stint soul glow, Frasier. We're out of here. Hey, everybody. Shut it down.